warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 250. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's make it clean, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Joker here, the clown prince of crime, and you're listening to my least favorite podcast, Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. Yeah, just us this week, Jake. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, you know, so... I don't know, man. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm hype. I missed last week, so I'm excited to talk to you. I mean, we've talked through, like, the text and shit, but yeah. it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, because we usually sext each other through the texting, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a different experience. <laughs> hey, Jake, what are you wearing right now, you know? You're, yeah, you're, sometimes we'll FaceTime, and that's cool, and you're twirling your beard, and, like, you know, it's cute, and... And, uh, whatever, but you know, it's not, it's never the same as like when we get on the show. Yeah. And then it makes it real <laughs> awkward when like, we're talking about like Captain Marvel or Joker news in there. Like I like to keep that separate. It was hard to do that last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, no, this is like, um, you know, like it feels like we've had kids in the house for years. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, mommy and daddy, like, you know, we had the kids in the house. We did, we did a lot of raising and, you know, we, we had, we had like this, this, this flurried romance at the beginning. And then all of a sudden, then the kids come and then, you know, we're paying attention to the kids. We got, we're starting the college funds. The kids are out of the house and like, Jake, what do we talk about? This is a real true test for our relationship. Like, are we the same people that we used to be or have we changed? I don't even know if I know you anymore. Yeah, I think it's impossible that we haven't changed, at least in some ways. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be lots of rediscovery, I imagine. Lots of rediscovery. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I, I can't, uh, I, I can't uh, yell at the kids anymore, you know, for the dishwasher. Now I'm yelling at you, you know. I'm yelling. <laughs> and the pets. And the pets, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, <laughs> <it's a> weird <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that was. 
fun, but it was it wasn't quite a plus. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I was trying to go somewhere with it, kind of hit a brick wall there, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> let's regain our composure and move on." Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, want to let let everybody know I was on uh, uh, yesterday. I recorded. Got off work early and uh, recorded uh, episode 100 with the uh, Supercast, our buddies over there, uh, Joe Vitale, Jordan Leakin, and uh, David Isaac. So I was there for most of the episode. It was it was a lot of fun. I had a blast, Jake. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Those guys got to be freaking out about this DC streaming, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They had a lot of lots to say. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time with the app myself. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but... Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, so definitely download episode 100 of the Supercast. If you're a pop culture leftovers completist, then you've got to listen to every <laughs> fucking little bit of bullshit that comes out of my mouth. So enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of podcast, right? Not as much as late, I guess. No, no, I've kind of slowed down, you know? I ha- I'm just doing this one and the comic book one. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta work on getting to know each other. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm scared about this episode, you know? I'm scared. Like, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, always with these guests, we I, don't ever talk one on one anymore. I feel like I'm just, I feel like I'm in my podcasting zone with a complete stranger. This is just so <laughs> weird. <laughs> we'll get through. We'll get through. We can take as many breaks as we need. Oh God. Yeah, there's gonna be a multitude of Jake breaks this episode. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Supercast one hundred. Check it out. I had a fuck ton of fun, people. Uh we're gonna move on into our iTunes reviews. It's one star Every once in a while, like when I'm recording, I'll double check like like my little – I got a little portable recorder here that I record the episodes on. And every once in a while, I'll check just to make sure I'm recording. Like this time, I was actually kind of like hoping that I hadn't hit record. Oh, no. Yeah. I was, <laughs> that we just flubbed it. We had to start over. We can start over if you want. No, no, no. That was that was more for comedic effect. Again, again, maybe I should hit stop on this one. I'm just no. I was I knew it was for comedy. I was I was playing the straight guy there. Okay, all right, yeah. Um, here, you know what, what little self confidence I have is just fluttering away. It's just like Thanos snapped his fingers, and my self confidence is just one hundred percent gone. You know? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the paranoia and shame seem to stay. Oh, Jake, the, one of the funniest things that I saw on this week, and I saw it on Reddit, was um, <laughs> was uh, um, it was somebody had posted a picture. Uh, no, it was a video. It was a video of the new Spider-Man video game, and they opened up the video game case, and inside the case was Ash. Like no, there was uh-huh. no, there was no game. <laughs> Oh man, those things are like sixty bucks too. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, sixty bucks. They, I, I, uh, I pre-ordered it the day before, and uh, they gave me a, a, the Destiny Two game. So, really, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's a, that's kind of an odd. Uh, are they both made by Activision or whatever? I, I, uh, Sony makes the PlayStation. Is it Sony Entertainment that makes the the, the Spider-Man game? 
Oh, I didn't know it was an in-house product. I'm I'm woefully out of the loop when it comes to it. I don't know. I'm not a video game guy. You know this. This is the first game I've ever bought for the PS4, so... The only other game that I own for the PS4, like, uh, you know, uh, Greg Alenti sent me the Star Wars Battlefront, and then uh, I own the Batman uh, Arkham game. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's and, wild. I mean, you get a lot of use out of that thing, though, beyond a video game machine. Oh, I know. I, I, I uh, use it as a, uh, as a stand for my penis. I just, <laughs> I just prop my penis on it. Do you have it, like, laying down or sitting up when you're using it? <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. You, 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 <laughs> I'm going to say, it depends if I'm on my knees or not, you know? So, yeah. hey, Jake, I That's had why a, it's better than Xbox. It's versatile like that. I had I had a little, <laughs> I was in the shower. I always think weird things in the shower, and I was in the shower just thinking to myself, and I was like, I wonder if people find this funny. Um, and it, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a picture of me and, uh, I've got my penis resting on a, uh, on a tricycle and, and, and the, and the top of the picture just says trisexual. <laughs> <laughs> is that funny? It is funny. I, I don't know if the picture makes it more funny or not though. <laughs> I don't know if my reaction would be laughter accompanied with the picture. <laughs> It's pretty funny without though. I don't know how else you get the joke across without the picture. Yeah, I mean, being descriptive like that kind of kind of ruins it as like a meme or an internet virus sensation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, why. I don't know why I was thinking that. <laughs> it's such, such a weird random thought that popped in my head, and I I was no, that's good. That's that's a funny plan words. It's like it's one of those things where how hasn't someone made that joke like any time in the last fifteen years? Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, you know, but you know, I'm definitely not gonna like take this as, as inspiration to like, you know, you know, fire up the fire up the digital camera and <laughs> snap that photo. So I know talking about this part on a podcast probably isn't a good idea, but yeah. maybe you should just do it like anonymously, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. How, how do you? Well, I mean, how, how, so I cut off my head in the picture. <laughs> oh, I mean. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't know your face or head had to be in the picture. Or are we talking about a different head? I, you know, I, I want the full tricycle in the shot, Jake. That's my. I'm Spielberg, and that's my vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that presents a problem when it comes to doing it uh, anonymously. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brian De Palma on that shit. I am not sacrificing any inch of my vision here. You like, like my play on words there? All right. Um, I did, I did. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah uh, we got iTunes reviews. Um, this first one is, uh, he's got, it's titled, and it's got quotations around it, it uh, this first part. It's uh, quotations, PLC quotation, best podcast ever. So yeah, we talked about the one listener that did the uh that made the mistake, the PLC. I don't. I don't think he's changed it. I don't know. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, you know what did happen though? Remember the uh, uh, the iTunes guy that uh, used the entire word "pussies" in the iTunes yes. review. The iTunes police were on it. It's gone. Oh, yep. we called that. Mm-hmm. They were slacking. We immortalized them on the show before that happened. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. So your iTunes review, it uh, Thanos snapped and it's gone. So, yeah. uh, This one comes from Marky eleven oh three. Jake, this is. I don't know about this episode. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought you were getting ready to say you didn't know about Mark. Yet. I didn't know the episode was getting attacked. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, no, it's um, Mark. Remember Marky Post? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, from Night Court. Yeah, Marky Post. I I do now. I like. I was like smacking my head to make that come to my brain. There. She, she was one of the the first women back in like the eighties that had that uh, that mullet cut. You know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah, the she mullet. The she mullet. Yeah, she was rocking the she mullet. She looked like she had like a, like a porcupine on the front of her head, and then then the rest was like it was like Uncle Jesse from Early Full House in the back, right? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. She'd make a great Uncle Jesse for Halloween for sure. She was uh she was in an episode of uh Cheers when I did my Cheers rewatch, Marky Post. Ah, yeah. I believe it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was even playing the same damn character from Night Court, right? She was not. No, it wasn't oh. yeah, because Harry Anderson also from Night Court played Harry in, in, in Cheers. Yeah, and I believe that's the same character. Uh, no. No, because he, he's like a drunk and he's like scamming people. Scamming like. people, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, um, <laughs> this episode, wow, <laughs> we're talking about Marky Post. <laughs> How come Night Court's so hard, damn hard to watch anymore? Why don't they have that on Hulu? They had to get the whole TGIF Friday night lineup on there, but they can't get fucking Night Court? Yeah, I haven't seen an episode of that shit for like 15 years. Yeah, I love that. Oh my god, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan, the the, yeah. the one attorney. What's his real name? I can't remember. John Larroquette. John Larroquette. Thank you, John Larroquette. I always get John Larroquette and uh, <laughs> the guy who played Balky. What are the? Yeah. What's his oh, name? Um, oh, I can't remember. Bronson that Pinchot. Name. Bronson there Pinchot. Yeah, this is our best episode ever, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Larry Cat show up on something like some modern comedy show I watched. I forget yeah. what it was, but he did not look great. Oh, that's sad. I, he always reminded me of like the evil version of Alan Thicke. Oh, I could see that. You know, <laughs> like the super like horny lecherous version. Yes, yes. God, rest in peace, Alan Thicke. I love that guy. That was my that was my TV dad growing up. Oh yeah, but I I keep thinking about Dan. That character would not be cool. No, in 2018. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, not he is definitely not uh, 2018 approved. Like he was literally like humping everything on that show. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm pretty sure they showed him like drugging women on that show. <laughs> Even. <laughs> Do you think you think that's where Bill Cosby got his inspiration? <laughs> Night Court. Night Court. Yeah, maybe. 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 Yeah. Both NBC probably yeah. was on set. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, Marky, 1103, sends us an iTunes oh, review. Yeah. He goes, yo, greatest podcast. <laughs> I am butchering this. Yo, greatest podcast ever. The two to four hour long episodes are heaven sent for an introvert at work. Frickin' hilarious rants and tangents. This is my source for news and movies, comics, Netflix, Hulu, etc. Keep up the good work. And then he put, after work, he put a space in between it and then put two exclamation points right next to each other. Hmm. Yeah, get out the red pen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's a, that's a little suspect there, buddy. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything like really scathing to say about that review, but uh, uh, I don't know. Didn't do much for me. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's fine. He, yeah. he didn't really need to get us our attention at the beginning there. Yo, like, you know? Yeah, we're here. <laughs> I'm really pulling at straws, though. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's not not much. 
<laughs> you not did, much to say here. Pretty vanilla. You did a fine job, Marky1103. Thank you. <coughs> Man. Jeez. No Marky Post, though. No Marky Post. Nobody could ever stand up to Marky Post. She was just amazing. Uh, this one uh, comes from Metal Myers, and it's uh, titled Great Snoochy Boochies. And uh, it goes on to say, sitting on the toilet at 6 a.m. with a crying baby. And PCL crosses my mind because you guys take me away to another world while on my journey to work. I love you guys. Thank you for giving me an enjoyable morning. Great reviews that has gotten me into a lot of shows and movies. It's like I'm with a bunch of friends every morning and afternoon. I don't, I don't want to be with you when you're sitting on the toilet at 6 a.m. with a crying baby. Like, that's. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that, this review really scared me. I don't want to be like responsible if something were to happen to the baby. You know, he's not paying. He's going to another world while he's trying to take care of his kid. That just sounds like an accident waiting to happen. Oh God! Oh Jake, you took it real dark. <laughs> like I don't, I don't even want to go where my mind's going right now. I know. I don't want to be responsible for any of that. No, that'll eat. That'll eat at my conscience. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, do do not listen to PCL and take care of your child. Yeah. If this guy like edits his iTunes review, I strongly suggest you don't read it. Oh, oh, no, I will not. I will not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, what's worse? Like letting, you know, listening to PCL on the toilet with your baby or like what they did back in like the 40s and, and, and like the 30s and 40s when they had like kids working at coal mines. Uh, you see those like old man. pictures? You see like those old pictures of like 11 year olds working at the coal mines and shit? Yeah, oh, I remember that. I'm struggling to decide which is worse. I know. It's like almost those, those pictures are actually kind of cute compared to the visual that I have about this guy sitting on his toilet rocking his baby to sleep while he's listening to PCL. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the million ways that could end up badly. I know. These kids These kids dying a black lung by the time they're 15 is like a little bit more, I don't know, it's more heartwarming than this story. Yeah. It's like a vacation getaway. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Those kids, you know, they were earning an honest buck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they could have been bored at home. Yeah, I know. Now kids are just sitting around playing Fortnite and saying "fuck you" over the PS4 and all this shit, right? <laughs> yeah, is Fortnite that's the big one? I don't know. Is it Fortnite? <laughs> I they, think so. They kids, think kids, so. What do they play? Minesweeper. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you were so hip, and then it just like all like one eighty there. I still don't get Minesweeper. I still don't. I get. I play. I know how to play it, but I still don't get it. Like why people play it? I guess because it was just loaded on there, right? Yeah, I guess. I, I'm a nerd. I like probability, and it's basically a game based around that. So it's fun in that way. Yeah, I know. I I can't lie. I used to play that in Spider Solitaire and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's too, I remember the first time I saw Minesweeper, though. It, it made, like, for the first, like, ten minutes, it made absolutely no sense why anyone would be playing this dumb shit at all. When I went to pick up my Spider-Man game, I actually I, I started, like, this whole argument. Like, I ordered Spider-Solitaire. <laughs> like, what is this shit? <laughs> so <I> was, <laughs> <laughs> they looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I saw um, a cool video for that game today where it was someone was showing an Easter egg where uh -huh. they swung all the way out to the ocean they got on this boat and then the people on the boat were the same models from the original playstation one spider-man 2 game oh that's cool so they had like you know their 
heads were like completely blocked and squared off and yeah just, they just look terrible yeah it's a fun little easter egg though yeah it, it is neat and it there were a lot of idiots that were like oh they couldn't afford to you know make these guys look good and stuff in the comments and i found that pretty it was almost like kind of a trolley easter egg yeah for the people that didn't realize they were the models from spider-man 2 did you see that they used uh on uh, you know and you know in front i think is it like in front of like oh well, you know on wall street where they have like the statue of the bull you know mm-hmm. instead of the bull it's lockjaw oh wow yeah yeah lockjaw from the inhumans that's a that's a neat little yeah, yeah i've seen tons of just because of that snapshot mode i've just seen pictures all my facebook's just dominated by spider-man mm-hmm. the last like eight days i feel like did you see the one where spider-man is resting his penis on a tricycle <laughs> 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 the spicicle <laughs> he's spicexual yeah, yeah that, was, that was good that was good Ooh, this episode just picked up Jake <laughs> Ooh, thanks Sony <laughs> thank you Sony alright uh, what, what are we doing here uh, yeah, those are the iTunes reviews thank you very much people we had two in two weeks so thank you <laughs> yeah yeah big thanks to everyone yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do want to thank uh, I want to thank a listener, Paul West. Uh, he he uh, sent me uh, something for the GoFundMe, and I didn't get to thank you last week, but I want to thank you this week. So thank you, Paul West. Yeah, good job, West, not West. No, Paul West. It was Paul West. W E S. Okay. okay, okay. I was just curious. Yeah. I didn't know if it was another West. No, no, um, not another West. We don't have another West. All right, good deal. Yeah. Uh, Jake, got a question for you. Yeah, I'm well, kind of curious. Uh, hopefully it's, I just destroyed the episode, so help me out here. How did you destroy the episode? <laughs> that stupid West joke. Oh, I don't know, man. That was <laughs> that was a stroke of brilliance. Um, all right, all right, all right. Never mind. <laughs> I saw the beauty in it, man. That was like, you know, that part in American Beauty where that kid's like looking at that fucking bullshit paper bag flying around? That was your joke, man. I saw it. You know, I saw it for what it was. It was beautiful. It was white paper yeah. sack. Your joke is the equivalent of that white paper sack in American Beauty. All right, I'll take it. All right. Uh, if you had to be trapped, we're gonna get we're gonna get to all the content, people. I swear, we're gonna get to it. I just want to know this: if you had to be trapped in an elevator for a minimum of eight hours, but you got to be alone with any celebrity. For the entire duration of this tra- trapped in an elevator moment, who would you choose and why? Oh, man, that's it's an on the spot question, but I'm just going to say the first thing that pops into my head. Yes. You know, if I got 10 more minutes to think about this, if the answer might change. Yeah. But for me, right away, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is Sam Raimi. Um, he's my favorite filmmaker. He's responsible for a ton of my favorite things. And I would just like to talk to him about like a lot of his experiences on set and, you know, a little bit of, I'm very curious about the future of Sam Raimi too. Do you think he'd be like the entire time? He'd be like, shut the fuck up and leave me alone. We're trapped in an elevator. Do you think like that would happen? Like as you, as you're trying to pick in his brain? Oh, I forgot about the uh, the drama side of it. That's a good point. That's a yeah. good point. And, I don't know. And, if and I here, and here's here's super fan Jake. Fucking just won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now I feel sorry for him, and I'm the fucking super fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would you who would you pick? Have you thought about this a bit? Already? Oh yeah, yeah, Drew Barrymore in a heartbeat. 
Oh, there you go. Drew Barrymore. I think, like, honestly, I feel like, you know, we'd freak out a little bit at first, and then it would, it would just come down to, like, me and her just being best friends by the end of it. I, she is just so, I, I think she's just so amazing and down to earth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great to, that there's, like, a you know, someone that started as young as she did mm-hmm. that isn't just a complete, you know, train wreck now. Yeah. At, at her age. Yeah. She just seems so fun. I saw, I actually just, you know, watched her get interviewed this week on a show, which I'll talk about later, but I've been a big fan of hers for a long time. And like, I always thought like, just like her, like her energy level, like I feed off of other people's energy, which is like why this episode's terrible. Cause like, you're not bringing it. I'm kidding, Jake. That's a joke. I feed off. No. I do. I feed off of other people's energy and like if other people are energetic, then I started, ah, you know, and then I get crazier. The crazier other people get, the crazier I get. And, uh, she is just, she is just, uh, I don't know. She's just got this spark to her. So it'd have to be Drew Barrymore. I'm definitely not picking somebody like, uh, you know, I would, you know, I'd love to talk to some people, um, you know, but I'm definitely, and I'm not picking somebody like a really old celebrity, like somebody really, really elderly because oh yeah they could literally go, they could expire at any time so like basically like like four hours into your being trapped into an elevator you you might be staring at like a dead betty white by the end of this thing you know what i mean <laughs> man i love how every everything we've done this episode just turns dark real fast <laughs> i don't know it's like it's like i don't want to i don't want to be talking to you know stan lee about like yeah. how he came up with the idea of like spider-man and then all of a sudden like I'm watching rigor mortis happen in front of me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyone who's ever had a photo op with Stan Lee has seen rigor mortis happen in front of him. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. I, I want to apologize to uh, Brooke Doherty <laughs> for the uh, Betty White joke. So she loves the Golden Girls. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that is that is crazy. I never thought about, like, for some reason I instantly forgot about the elevator side of this, of this question. And it was just like, oh, who do I want to talk to? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to die in an elevator with Stan Lee. I don't want to die in an elevator with me. I the last person I would ever want to be stuck with in an elevator would be Steven Tyler because I know what he does in those things. No, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like there's like a pole in that elevator. Yeah, you're the, in trouble. No shit. And it's like, yeah, what, what how did you spend Saturday? Oh, I got fucked by the human scarf, you know? <laughs> <laughs> The fucking Grim Reaper himself. He looks like, you know, like the, you ever watch like the Muppets take Manhattan? <laughs> he looks, doesn't he look like one of like the band members come to life, right? I think you're specifically talking about Janice. Yes, he totally looks like, yeah, Janice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely, the lips are very similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, Steven Tyler. He oof, he is not aging gracefully, at least oh, in my man. opinion. Yeah. Oh my my. The women still love him. My joke for years. I just thought I was so hilarious. I don't even know if I was the first to tell it, but I thought I was. But it was, uh, you know, the best thing to come out of out of Aerosmith in the last twenty years, Liv Tyler. That was my joke. <laughs> that was my joke. I thought I was so funny with that. Yeah. It's not so much funny now as it is, like, painfully true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's my reaction to that joke. <laughs> mm. All right, let's see here. Let's jump into, uh, let's jump into the episode. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna do it like we do regular episodes, Jake. We're not doing good pop, bad pop first. Because I want us to start off talking about this whole Henry Cavill situation. 
All right. Sounds good. I don't have a Superman bumper. But, uh, yeah. That's a shame. I I'd want... love to hear what a Superman bumper would sound like if we had a Superman bumper. I don't know. It'd pro- <laughs> it would probably, I don't know, probably just the John Williams score if I'm being serious, you know? Yeah. You know it. <laughs> and then nothing funny at the end of it all? No, no, I'll keep it classy. <laughs> I'm not a fan. No, you got me on the spot. You know what I mean? I can't think yeah. of anything funny right now. John Williams is another guy you don't want to be in the elevator with. He might die, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he is someone that I would really love to talk to. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, fucking. Oh, God. I I even, I, even putting this guy in an elevator might kill him. Kirk Douglas, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, he, shit, he might even push like the button for like the fifth floor and die. You know, he's a hundred and one, Jake. He'll be, he'll turn a hundred and two this December. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh man, is there is I, he's probably the oldest actor there's ever been, right? Has like, I, I that's probably not a stat people can't keep. You know. <laughs> no, hold on, let me let me check my list uh, here. Let me I, Google. Yeah, I, I mean, I, he's he's old as hell. I mean, he's really old. He's, I, I don't know if, and I, 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 he hasn't acted in anything in a while. It's been a while, you, you know. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you play at that age? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing respectable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hmm. yeah, all right, Superman. So we're gonna start off talking about the. Uh, the big Superman news, this big crazy shit that went on this week. Regular DC news is going to happen later in the podcast, just like regular, but uh, I wanted to talk about what's going on here with Henry Cavill. Uh, Henry Cavill, this was reported by uh, THR. They reported Henry Cavill out as Superman amid Warner Brothers DC uh, universe shakeup. Talks broke down for a cameo in Shazam due to scheduling conflicts, and the door is now closing on other potential appearances for the actor. Uh, the DC Cinematic Universe appears to be losing its man steel. Henry Cavill, who has played Superman in three films, is parting way with, parting ways with Warner Brothers, sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. The British actor who first donned the blue suit for the 2013's Man of Steel and then starred in 2016's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and last year's Justice League is said to be hanging up the red cape. Yeah, so it basically talks about how contract talks between Cavill's uh, reps and the studio broke down and the doors closing on other potential Superman appearances. Uh, that's because Warners has shifted its focus to a Supergirl movie, which will be an origin story featuring a teen superheroine. This effectively removes an actor of Cavill's age from the storyline equation, given that Superman, a.k.a. Kal-El, would be an infant, according to DC lore. So, I, I, I don't know. Well, I, I want to talk more about the Supergirl thing here in a second, but uh, Jay- yeah, yeah, the Cavill stuff is so weird. Like, um, when I when this story first broke, before all the like weird stuff happened afterwards, yeah, um, I, I really thought at first glance that maybe DC was just butthurt over the scheduling conflicts and not being able to fit him into Shazam. And maybe they were just like, well, if you can't make time for us to put you in this movie, why are we making time to do any more with you in the first place? But I, I've kind of since backed away from thinking that may have happened mm-hmm. just with kind of the weirdness of the reporting that came afterwards with like none of this is concrete yet. And yeah. it's just been so bizarre. Uh, Cavill's Instagram video or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, we'll talk super about bizarre. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like w- would 
Warner Brothers be butthurt like that and be like, okay, you don't have time for Shazam because of your Witcher show or whatever, then fuck it. We don't have time for you. It, it, it's all got to come down to money, right? I mean, you know, when, when you think about it, because like, uh, think about it this way. Here's, here's the thing. You know, Warner Brothers is looking at it like, hey, um, you know, you've done three movies. Uh, these three movies have not been the successful box office hits that we've wanted them to be. They haven't been revered as much as like the fans have revered you know, some of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the majority of the Marvel films. And yeah, so or even the majority of the Batman movies, to be honest. Agreed. So here we are. Here we are. We've got Henry Cavill, who's played this character and had less than amazing results doing so. And I, I I'm not going to blame Cavill. I'm not going to blame him. I'm going to blame, you know, the direction and things like that, that they, and, and what they, they've given him. Okay. I think Cavill could, possibly who knows under under like you know we talked in the past about like matthew vaughn taking over like a superman movie and like how different that would be maybe under matthew vaughn's direction henry cavill could give us like a better superman a a more lighthearted and hopeful superman that we've kind of been wanting craving for and i know they kind of like tried to set that up at the end of justice league but by that time didn't it just feel creepy and weird yeah, and, and I agree with you, Brian. I, I think the proof is in the pudding. Like, we've seen three different movies with Cavill as yeah. Superman, and all three very seemingly have subtly different character directions. So yeah. that kind of thing really makes you say, okay, it's not Cavill. It's like they, they don't have, like, they're not nailed down on, yeah. like, the character direction. Mm-hmm. Well, see, here's the thing. When I, I was, I, t- I actually talked about this on the Supercast. Um, when Cavill first did the Man of Steel, you know, fans were split. A lot of fans did like him, and a lot, so a lot of fans did not. So, uh, but he was the face of DC Warner Brothers for years because we hadn't gotten that. Uh, you know, it would be four years later before we get the Wonder Woman uh, Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot. So he was the face of Warner Brothers. So, like any time. Uh, people were speculating about things or, or Warner Brothers wanted to get kind of like a, um, uh, t- to test the waters on like what fans were thinking. They, Henry Cavill would be the guy that would tweet something and like that's where they would get like the audience reaction from like Twitter and Instagram and all these things. It was coming from Henry Cavill. Like he was the face of the new DC universe. And so uh, he built himself up a quite a big fan base on Twitter and on Instagram and all these social media platforms. And so like here we are in this situation where Warner Brothers is basically looking at the numbers, the dollars and what these movies have done. And they're basically saying, okay, we understand why Robert Downey Jr. got the deal that he got. You're not doing Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man numbers. You're doing this and this is what you're worth. And so now Cavill, like the same power that DC gave him, with the fans, and they wanted this. I mean, they they did. Like, if you go back, like he would he would tweet a lot of stuff, and they were trying to feel out fans what they wanted and stuff. Now those same fans that he's kind of like built up are now like now with this rumor of him leaving from THR. These same fans that you, you saw the outcry this week on Twitter, man, for like the diehards mm-hmm. that love Cavill. I'm not saying everybody did, but the, a lot of them came out of the woodwork, man. When this shit was going on, and they were like propping him up and saying, "Oh, we Cavill's got to come back. This is bullshit. DC's falling apart. You got to keep this guy." And blah blah blah. He's using those same fans to show them how much he's worth now. And so I, I just feel like this is just 
tactics from like him and his agent and then Warner Brothers and they're both coming at it from different sides and they've got to kind of like find some kind of like commonplace some somewhere in the middle man yeah it's 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 really interesting and it's like it's not Cavill that's kind of spoiled the brand of his you know portrayal of Superman in my opinion it's it's definitely Warner Brothers and their vision mm-hmm. and so but it's like I don't know at this point as much as I feel for Cavill and, you know, whether I like him or don't like him, you know, I respect the passion of his fans and his supporters. Yeah. Like maybe it, maybe it is time to move on. Like it almost, even if he does it perfect, it's like, okay, here's a fourth version of Cavill Superman. Mm. At, at this point, like maybe we should just like erase the board and start over, I think. And it's not even anything personal against Cavill. Yeah. So what does this, what does this do then for Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman and, other movies that they have in the pipe as far as like, you know, Wonder Woman 1984, like, is this going to get a rewrite? Because like, we don't know how connected, I know it's taking place in the eighties, but we don't know if this has any connection to any other future DC films. And, you know, and, honestly, and, and, think, and we have Aquaman coming out, which is already in the can. I mean, like it, it's not, it's not a, a locked film yet. Okay. There's still like, I'm sure they're editing and, and doing some special effects. It's not locked yet, but it's, we're, Beyond the point of retro, I completely, I completely agree, and I'm not suggesting that we wipe the board of the DCEU. I'm just suggesting we wipe the board of Cavill as Superman, mm. and that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be more acceptable of a fourth interpretation of how Superman's supposed to be if it's played by a different actor at this point. And I think I can totally get behind that happening within the DCEU. I mean, if it's done well, no one's going to blink an eye, right? We're only going to complain about a shifting actor if it downgrades. Yeah. So if they make the right choice and they get someone good and they actually have a good vision of how the character should be and portray it that way in a movie instead of trying to ham fist him into a fucking Shazam movie or like Wonder Woman part three or some bullshit and we get a proper, you know, Superman fucking movie. And I'm not saying by proper it has to be like to the page by the comic book, but Mm. fucking invoke the feelings and emotions that a Superman movie should rather than kind of what we've been getting. And even objectively, like even if I liked what we've been getting, we've did it. Let's not do it again. We don't need to, you know, let's Mm -hmm. not just spin the wheel around and do the same thing over again. I think people would eat up of, you know, a hopeful vision of Superman in the in the DCEU just fucking start over with just superman and i'd be fine with that it, he's very james bondish to me where i'm not going to blink an eye if you uh change the actor and i'll completely accept this new person as the superman in this universe have we ever seen an actor come back do a, do one movie and then come back and then be more beloved in a future version of that like a, like a sequel like now I like him even more or like now the kid, you know, I don't know. Have we, have we seen that or is it just like we love them from the get go and we can't wait to see him again for the sequel? Cause like you, you got Christopher Reeve coming in there, you know, back in 78 and doing the role and everybody loved him from the start. And you know, like we, some people even forgive, uh, you know, Superman three and four because they love Christopher Reeve so much. It's, it's, um, I, I don't know if I can ever think of a time where somebody has played a comic book character in a role that n- not everyone loved, but then it comes back and does it a second time and then is like basically ma- the majority accepts them now. Like now they are that character. They embody that character. It's always. I feel like 
I feel like that's slightly happened to a few second tier characters in the MCU, like like an Ant Man or a Doctor Strange. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I like that. Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah, because I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the first Ant-Man film. And then, you know, I saw him in Civil War and it warmed me up to him. And then, and then I did enjoy him a lot more in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And same thing goes with Doctor Strange. I loved him out of the gate, but. Oh, me too. I know. Other fans, there was a lot of people that didn't like him. And then, of course, you know, we, you know, you see what he did in, uh, Infinity War and a lot of people really loved that. And so now, now more people are excited for like Doctor Strange 2. So. Yeah, and even if you don't love it, you can't argue that it's one of the biggest talking points out of Avengers Infinity War, yeah. trying to like kind of foresee what's going to happen next. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what they need to do with Superman, right? It needs to be more than a cameo. They really need to like integrate him into the story as kind of the figurehead that he should be. Like, like DC had it right by making Cavill kind of like the head. Like, no matter who plays Batman, right? Like, mm-hmm. Affleck's not going to work, right? I mean, right. we've seen the you know, Simon and Garfunkel Affleck shit. We know he's not the greatest with the fans and the public. And I'm not taking that against him. Sure. The Batman actor shouldn't be the fucking DC face on Twitter and social media. That's getting everyone riled up. Like that's exactly what the Superman character and the actor should be doing. So Mm -hmm. DC had that part, right? They just didn't kind of follow through with what they were doing with his future appearances and like character evolution with that, you know? Mm Yeah. Yeah. I think it all just goes back to I mean I mean we all kind of uh, when 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 the DCEU started it wasn't really even the DCEU it was just the Man of Steel movie like this was not supposed to originally be a shared universe and then all of a sudden they like Warner Brothers went back on that and said no we've always had this set up we've always had it set up that it's going to be a shared universe and Zack Snyder, Zach Snyder's recently come out since like he's not even like doing anything with them. They might give him executive producer credit on like Wonder Woman 84 because she first appeared in his movie. So he'll probably get an executive producer credit, but he's, his, his influence is not going to be taking place in that Patty Jenkins film. Um, but yeah. he's come out. That's on, so he, interesting. The whole Man of Steel, whether or not it was meant to be like the, the spearhead movie is, is fascinating to me because I dislike Snyder, but I don't think he's dumb by any means. And I think had Snyder have known that Man of Steel was part one of the entire DCEU, he wouldn't have given us that. That's a vision of Superman that you give. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. isolated fucking Superman movie, right? It is. It is. And he's come out on Vero and said, like, it was not supposed to be a shared universe. And, like, some people will say, well, yeah, they had, like, uh, some Lex Luthor Easter eggs and they had the Wayne satellite. Those are exactly what they are. It, 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 it was, it, those were just Easter eggs for the fans. Like he, he's, Snyder loves comics and he did that for the fans. It wasn't supposed to be like this satellite is going to set up a whole fucking universe where we're going to have like Batman come in here. It was just kind of like a wink and a nod to the fans. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. E- even the sequel doesn't very much seem like other than the really shoehorny stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like the Justice League stuff, even that seems very much like it should be just, in its own little bubble, right? Mm-hmm. With its vision of Batman. Like, who starts a brand new DCEU with Batman in that state? That's yeah. the first movie we see. You right. know? It works perfectly fine in its own, like, bubble, like, yeah. trilogy of movies. But that's not that's not where you fucking start Batman, where you're creating, like... A whole universe. The, the mirror to the Marvel, you know, sure. cinematic universe. That's fucking ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's a bad... Like, oh, it is a bad movie. But it could be a good movie. Like, that's... DC's always been great at the Elseworlds stuff, but it seems like they're doing Elseworlds stuff 
and they're trying to say that that is their DCEU. And that's where everything's getting all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. I want we'll talk more about the Superman stuff. I want to talk a little bit about the the news of this Supergirl movie, which I think the Supergirl – do you think the Supergirl movie tactic is kind of like a, another thing that they're using to upset Cavill and, like, drive down his price and say, like, well, fine, you know, we'll we'll focus more. You know, Wonder Woman did great for us, so we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, go with the daughter of Krypton instead of the son of Krypton, and, and that, that'll be our focal point going forward. Like, yeah. do you think they I use it that- – that goes back to the we're pissy at you because you can't make time for us attitude. And I could totally see that being true. So here we go. This uh, The rumor actually came out of THR about the Supergirl movie first. But the, the playlist had a source that kind of elaborated on this a little bit more. And their source said about this about the Supergirl movie. A source today, right after today's news broke, echoed the same sentiment that Warner Brothers would shift focus to Supergirl and that movie, movie likely a period piece set in the 1970s. Though this could change with the young Kryptonian as a teenager would knock Cavill out of the running for appearing in that particular time period. He'd still be a child then, so the actor could stick around. But if Supergirl were to go first, and with no Man of Steel 2 film in development, it's very conceivable that Cavill could not turn up as Superman again for several, several years. Hence, everyone kind of walking away for now, but keeping the door open. Um... So when I first wow, that seems kind of petty to set, make it a period piece just to not have Cavill in it. Well, yeah, and well, hold on. Here's the thing: if it, okay, if it's if it's part of like uh, the DC universe, the shared universe that they have, then I mean, uh, first off, I, I love the idea of it being set in the '70s, like originally, kind of like when the Reeves Superman films were set. I kind of like love that because I love those Superman movies and like I love time period pieces. Like like with the Wonder Woman stuff, they did such a great job with World War One, and now we're going to go into the eighties. And I'm looking forward to that. I love period pieces. The thing yeah, is, it works good with comics. Who first strike did it great. Yeah. The thing is though, like she's going to arrive before Kal El, and in the comics, she's older on Krypton, but she didn't find her way to Earth until. Like long after Kyle L had already become Superman, so like this doesn't work in the current DC EU because like if it's set in the seventies, that means Clark is not the first introduction to a Kryptonian or, or a super person, um, and and uh, also she can't use the the S symbol, right? I mean, yeah, it feels like it has to be its own isolated thing. I think you've brought up a lot of things that would contradict each other. Like she can't ever come out in the media, basically. Right. Period piece. This would have she to be yeah. S symbol. Right. She'd have to be like in a in a very isolated area doing small things. It's not like she, she couldn't be like a worldwide phenomenon like Superman was. Like they built statues of this guy by like Batman v Superman. You know, like people, yeah. people were lighting candles all over the world when he died. You know, it's like what the fuck? Like you can't. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of thing works for like a street level character, you know, like mm-hmm. where you do a movie where they're not in costume or whatever. But it's fucking Supergirl, right? You got to go big and bold. You can't do yeah. two hours of Supergirl yeah. and she's wearing street clothes for fucking 120 minutes. They're gonna scrap this uh, 70s timeline when they do the Supergirl movie. They got to scrap it, you know. But yeah. On the flip side, it's like, how can you do a Supergirl movie and then not have her cousin? 
eventually kind of like make an appearance or show up or, or talk. I don't know. I, I guess they would have to, right? I mean, I guess they could do it. You could do it. Yeah, kind of the fun of it, though, is the interactions and the mingling between all the characters. Yeah. And it's like, why why are they making it so they can't do any of that? Yeah. It's almost like they're, like, preventing they're, – they're saying it's part of the DCEU, but they're doing everything they can to make it a one-shot movie and not contradict anything else. Um, so why not just do what, like, the Joker movie is doing and just make a one-shot Supergirl movie at boom, this point? Boom. Yeah. Then you got nothing else. You don't have to worry about anything else. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. They, Not it, that the Joker movie is a good idea. But, no, you know. but it, but, but it's like, if the Joker movie fails, it's not going to affect every other movie that's come out. Right. You know, so yeah, exactly, exactly. The whole, like everything's not resting on its back. So yeah. Um, we also had that, uh, sticking with Supergirl here. Uh, we also had that rumor about a handmaid's tale director, Reed Morano directing Supergirl and Reed mm. Morano. She's responded to this a couple times she first talked to the observer and she said it's weird we've gotten no calls someone made it up um she goes on to say but l meaning l fanning who she did a movie with she goes but l would be an awesome supergirl it would be a really fucked up supergirl and really cool and then i got another quote from her about this from another uh news outlet which i don't know who it was from but i did see the quote she did say Actually, it's funny. Someone brought it to my attention, and a couple friends of mine were like, are you doing Supergirl? And I said, what are you talking about? I asked my agent, what the hell is this? And they said, it's nothing. Ignore it. So, I mean, they're, they're basically, she's saying that, um, you know, before, after the first quote, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, maybe talks are taking place, and she can't even, she can't even respond to it. Now she's actually bringing up her agent. And her agent's telling her it's nothing. Ignore it. So I don't. I don't think that any talks have taken place at this point with Reed Morano about doing a Supergirl movie. I agree. One of like the clickbait sites probably got this fucking tidal wave going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird because like after the first quote, I was thinking, okay, if 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 they had been contacted, she's gonna, you know. But here she's actually bringing up her agent into this and, and quoting her agent. So I'm like, this is not happening. Like, I love Reed Murano. I, I think a, a Reed Murano Supergirl would be interesting. She's not my first choice for director. You know, I was, I was, uh, thinking like, I was thinking, you know, more mainstream, like Elizabeth Banks or something, but, you know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it, those, those two different directors kind of invoke two different movies though, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. I'm not saying like Reed Morano can just do like dour shit, like fucking Handmaid's Tale. I'm sure she's got some range, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, when I think of a Supergirl movie, I don't necessarily go right to Reed Morano, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would be cool, though. I, I would love to see, like, where she would take it. Sure. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure it would be pretty dark and pretty fucked up. I, Jake, I was thinking about this this week. I actually texted uh, Rebecca Daling about this, and she was like, oh, my God, I had the same thought. It's fucking crazy. I, I, I know I suggested Britt Marling to play Supergirl a couple weeks ago, but if they go with this teenage Supergirl that they're talking about, um, what about casting Eliza Scanlon? She was the younger sister from Sharp Objects to play Teenage Supergirl. Oh, yeah. She's great. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, pa- paired with the uh, director. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I like that too. Are you talking about Reed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they'd go. Yeah, Reed Morano and, uh, and Eliza Scanlon would be a great team up. That'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I feel like the two of those would, they would really play off of each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, wow. I'm excited to see where, um, what's the young actress from Sharp Objects? What's her name? Eliza Scanlon. Yeah, I'm excited to see what is next for her. Yeah, I know. Probably another, they'll probably try Tomb Raider again, right? Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) She's, she's gonna be our third, uh, Laura Craft, right? Oh, no. Yeah, please not. Is that continuing forward? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard. Nobody's talking about it, man. Tomorrow they're going to announce the sequel. Nobody's talking about the, the second Tomb Raider. I, even uh, Angelina Jolie, she got two. She got two movies. Yeah. Yeah, that was shocking. God. I never even bothered with the second one. I didn't eat, I didn't watch the second one either. <laughs> the Cradle of Life. Is that what it's called? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a, like a title that you'd get a, like on a, on a title generator online, right? Yes, it sounds bad. It sounds like Laura Croft is having a baby. The Cradle of Life, yeah, it does. Laura <laughs> Croft going into motherhood, you know her, you know she's breasts are producing milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to make sure that really is the title. Now I have to know. And <laughs> driving you crazy. Yeah, I don't want to be making jokes like this. Well, you don't, really you, don't, you don't want to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And like all of a sudden, like you got your choices A, B, C, and D, and Cradle of Life is up there, and you think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. You want to take a stab at yeah. the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie? Well, hold on. You don't want to use your 50-50 on that question if you can just look it up right now, right? Yeah, uh, what's the rate? I'm saying, I'm saying 24%. Ooh, so close. Man, I, I'm giving you full points for that. It's 25%. Are you shitting me? No. Oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear, I do not even have my phone out. I swear. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I believe you. I believe you. Because that, that was a pretty quick guess, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it was hard to, to Google it. That's what took me so long because there's so Tomb Raider's got all the games and there's the yeah. movies. So yeah, and you, you had no about it that fast. Yeah, exactly. I, I was not. I'm not like quick draw McGraw on that fucking you know Laura Croft. I didn't even know if it was called Cradle of Life till you told me. You're right. You know, twenty five percent. Twenty. I was one percent off. Holy shit! Should we just end the episode now? Like I feel like I'm. Yeah, I, I feel like George Costanza when I tell my first joke and everybody laughs and I walk out of the room. You know, I was going to make a Seinfeld reference too. I was going to say, well, like Seinfeld, we should end on top. There you go. There you go. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah. How about the first? Oh, that's not the first two Raider. I was trying to see what it was rated, but that's, I, I keep finding the new one. Man. Uh, it's got to be higher for them to make a sequel, right? People have to, had to have actually liked the first one. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think it was, uh, it was back in the day where people would just watch stupid shit. <laughs> yeah that's true it, I mean, we have more shit than we used to well, but here's nothing the thing. is ever like quite as stupid as the stuff we used to have i think a lot of movies that got sequels back in the day that shouldn't have got sequels um got sequels because of uh dvd and home release right that, they, but you're <clears> still making a lot of money on the dvd and the home release you know so like if if they didn't make it in the theater, and I'm sure that movie made it in the theater because it was Laura Croft, and you know, people were like, "Oh my god!" 
You know, ah, Angelina Jolie. And so, like, it probably – how much money did it make? What was the budget? How much did it make? The uh, the new one or the first one? first one. I want to see, oh, like, shit. why the studio was so confident. But, see, even back then, it's like Hellboy 2 was made because the first one wasn't, like, a huge thing. But it, they made the sequel because of the uh, the DVD and and the and the VHS and all that stuff for the the release of that Jesus, stuff. Jesus, Tomb Raider made so much money. Are in the you box shitting off. me? Two How much? Two hundred and seventy four million. Holy fuck! I never, never would have guessed. That's crazy. Yeah, no wonder they made a fucking sequel. I it's got to be like repeat viewings from like slobs in their basement jerking off to Laura Croft, right? Oh my god! It was a budget. It was a hundred and fifteen million budget. They more than doubled their budget. Wow, that's and insane. that's already a huge budget for a movie back in like two thousand one. Yeah, that, that's a big budget. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred seventy four billion. Rotten Tomatoes score for the first Tomb Raider. I got it. Yeah, what is it? Twenty. Twenty percent. Yeah, they, those older movies though, you can't really judge. Rotten Tomatoes kind of doesn't work. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not as many critics. It's like 13 critics or some shit, you know, in 2001 yeah. registers Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, you so. got to you gotta go to Roger, RogerEbert.com for those, right? Yeah, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is kind of really only in the last 10 years. It yeah. actually is accurate. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, Warner Brothers came out with a statement. Oh, here, oh, oh yeah, Cavill. We're talking about Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. <laughs> let's talk, let's go back to the THR article. Anyway, the article says, uh, according to another source, Superman is like James Bond, and after a certain run, you have to look at new actors, says a studio source. As such, Cavill will join Ben Affleck, who isn't expected to reprise his role for director Matt Reeves' forthcoming Batman standalone film as a hero on the way out. That sounds right, man, because, like, I was reading an article this week. They were looking at, you know, like, in the past, they were looking at Jack Houston. They were looking at Jake Gyllenhaal. And I heard recently they were looking at Kit Harington to play oh. this Batman in the Matt Reeves movie. And if you look at those guys, they all kind of, like, have, like, the, uh, the similar kind of look and build. They're all around 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, and, it you know, it, where there's a smoke, there's a fire. So it doesn't look like Affleck's going to be doing matt reeves batman film so you know take you know take that as what you will but uh anyway warner brothers came out with a statement saying uh we have a great relationship and great respect for henry cavill that continues to remain unchanged additionally we have made no current decisions regarding any upcoming superman films and um that was uh, a statement from a warner brothers spokesperson after the initial publication of the story so um, a Warner's source says the Shazam deal fell apart because of scheduling conflicts, and that is backed up by the fact that Cavill recently signed on to star in the Netflix series The Witcher. However, another source says that The Witcher commitment came after the Warner Brothers impasse, suggesting a change in the studio's strategy. And then uh, a studio insider said there's a recognition that some parts of the previous movies didn't work, Another source says Warners is trying to hit a reset button with the DC universe, steering its ship slowly into another direction. Jake, it's it's crazy. Like I, I mean, the, the reset button sounds great to me. It really does, and it sounds great to a lot of fans. I know it sounds great to you, but on the flip side, it's like here's the one problem with the reset button: you've got Aquaman in the can, you've got Shazam in the can. And then you've got Wonder Woman coming out with a sequel. And what's fucked up about this Henry Cavill thing is the fact that Henry Cavill hasn't gotten a sequel for a Superman movie. 
like a legit Superman number two, Man of Steel number two, whatever you want to call it, and Wonder Woman has already. And it's not fucked up because Wonder Woman was such a great movie and it did so well in the box office. But yeah, you fast track that. You know what you're doing. Yeah, you got a you yeah. got a director with a vision and exactly. you move forward. Exactly. Exactly. Is it is it is, can we go back to the Cavill thing? I know like how you're talking about how, you know, yeah, just start over with a new actor. And we see this happen a lot of time in sports, you know, like a team a team is not doing well and so what do you do? You either trade a player or you get a new coach in there. And then of course like, you know, that sparks the team up a little bit and the, but you still got the same shitty team, you know? Um, yeah, you might win yeah. a game or two, but you still got the same shitty team and then they go back to losing or whatever. Here's the thing. It, I don't know. It's like, do you get a new director in there with a new vision? Do you think, you know, like, well, you have to at this point, right? We're not Snyder isn't moving forward with any of this. Here's my thing. I loved here. Here. here let me let me say this. I loved I love Chris Hemsworth. I think he's fantastic. I, I I don't think he's the best actor. I think he's getting better though, and I think like uh, he he he's been inspired by some of these roles that he's gotten, like the comedy stuff, and like I think he's just getting better. He's really working at it. It's really amazing. It's really amazing to see him grow. I've kind of like done a a one eighty on like how I feel about Hemsworth, and it, yeah. So I'm excited to watch you know Bad Times of the El Royale. Here's the thing though, uh, he did he did two Thor movies that weren't amazing they were they were okay like the first one was good and the second one's fine for what it is but then he does thor ragnarok with a new director taika watiti and it every like we all love thor like the whole world loves thor can henry cavill who i loved i absolutely loved henry cavill in mission impossible fallout i thought he was fan-fucking-tastic can they get a new director in there like a matthew vaughn or somebody like that and and right the wrong steer the ship in a completely new direction with the same actor. Do you think it's? Do you think that he can pull a Hemsworth here? I'm not saying like Hemsworth was terrible, and neither was Cavill. Cavill wasn't terrible, but um, I don't know. And, I, yeah, I mean, I think it can. Like, I I don't know. I just don't want it at this point. It's just if we were removed, if Justice League hadn't come out, you know, I'd be a little bit more all about this. But yeah. I just feel like so much time has passed between Man of Steel one and what would be Man of Steel two. Mm. That what's what's the point of doing a fourth interpretation of Cavill Superman? It, I think it just makes him look stupid at this point, almost even. Mm. Yeah, it's you know they didn't give him man the, the amount of, they didn't give him shit to do in Batman v Superman. No, it's kind of it kind of Warner Brothers is almost in like a weird meta way admitting to a mistake. I think mm. too if they make a fourth Superman solo movie with Cavill. Where he's almost a completely different interpretation of himself. Well, I, I, I think see- honestly, I think I think Henry Cavill should be pushing for right now. Like, if he's looking out for himself, while his stock is high after this Mission Impossible Fallout, and hopefully this Witcher thing is, is good. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with the Witcher at all, but hopefully it's good. It's a, based on a video game, so track record for that kind of stuff usually isn't great. But hopefully he can get a stock high up enough. I know he wants to be the next James Bond. And it, yeah, that it, would be good. That would be good. I'm not – and in my answer to your question, Brian, mm-hmm. I'm not taking away from Cavill's ability. Yes. Like, can Cavill be a Superman that's more acceptable to the masses? 100% yes mm-hmm. under the right director and writer. I, I completely agree that it's definitely the direction of the creators that's the biggest problem here. Yeah. But it's just like I said. It's just – 
once you've like used the same piece of paper so many times and erased the mark over and over again, there's just so much residue left over that you just need to get a new piece of paper. I think Cavill needs to do the, you know, I'm just thinking about Cavill right now. I'm not thinking about him as Superman. I think like Cavill, the actor, Henry Cavill, the actor just needs to kind of like do what Army Hammer did. Army Hammer didn't get that Batman role that he was promised when he was going to do the George Miller Justice League. I mean, they had taken cast photos for that, dude. Fucking was it common as Green Lantern and, you know, like, you know, the cast photos were fucking taken. You know, they were getting ready to roll on that shit, dude. And uh, it didn't happen. It didn't happen for Army Hammer. And, like, Army Hammer also did The Lone Ranger, which, like, I enjoyed. Jake never watched, which is hilarious. I still fucking love that. But, <laughs> you know, we did a review on it. <laughs> Jake never watched it. it was fucking amazing. Anyway, um, no, Steve Steve Miller, one of our listeners, uh, sit, actually sent me a DVD copy of it. Yes, yes. And I, I still have not watched it. Yes, <laughs> but, I'm willing to review it again now. But I think I think like I think like Cavill needs to do what Army Hammer's kind of done recently. Army Hammer was like going for like these big, huge blockbusters, trying to find like one of these roles, like you know. Uh, where he could jump in there and like this role would be the role that would support him. Like he was trying to be like the Chris Evans, the Chris Hemsworth, the, the Chris Pratt's that like get one of these huge roles and like now they're set. But it didn't work. Like Lone Ranger didn't work. Uh, he, it, he never got to be Batman. But like what's he done? He's reinvented himself. He was in, uh, Call Me By Your Name, which, you know, uh, indie film, highly regarded, you know, uh, Oscar nominated, just huge fucking movie. And, and like most recently he was in, um, sorry to bother you, which like, you know, critically acclaimed people loved that movie. And, uh, he, he was really good in that movie. See, that's, I think Cavill needs to do that. Cavill needs to kind of say, okay, I'm going to do a little bit more serious stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put my name out there and do like a serious role. Yeah, I agree with that. I honestly, I think the Witcher thing is is not good. Mm-hmm. If I'm his agent, I'm I'm saying no on that. I, I just don't see how. Um, it's one of those roles, right, where not much like charisma is going to shine through. Yeah. It's like it's going to stifle his charisma. I feel like. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I've I've seen not a single trailer, know anything about this, but you know, it's a video game fucking television show. Yeah. We know what the main character looks like. We know it's going to be heavily reliant on makeup and costume. And that kind of stuff, you know, can stifle an actor. And I don't see how we're going to see much of Henry Cavill, like, shining through and we're all in love with him again after a 12-episode Witcher Netflix series. I feel like that's going to lower his stock more likely than raise it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't know anything about The Witcher, but I know it's based on a video game. I know people are, like, raving, saying he looks like this character that he's portraying, like, when they showed, like, I think maybe Boss Logic did, like, one of these, you know, like... Ah, yeah, here, that, that's here's all what, I'm going yeah, by, is the yeah. Boss Logic. Yeah, here's what Henry Cavill would look like as so-and-so, and it's like, okay, cool, you know, I don't know. That doesn't make this whole project <laughs> a success. Yeah. He looks very much like Old Man Hawkeye from the Old Man Logan series. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, it feels like any actor could play that role. Like, it's not this thing where it's like, it's not like, oh, they cast Robert Downey Jr. as uh, Iron Man or something. It's like, oh, they cast Henry Cavill as the main guy in the Witcher video game show. I, I'm kind of who gives a fuck. All right. I, maybe I'm pissing off giant Witcher fans, yeah. but I feel like that's not a huge... <laughs> a huge group. Yeah, and who gives a fuck what they think, right? Yeah, yeah, fuck The Witcher. 
I know nothing about The Witcher. I mean, for all you people that enjoy it, have fun. Knock yourselves out. All right. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jake, if you had the DC reset button in front of you, this big red button, and you could just hit the reset button, just pound that fucker. Like, like how, how, how many seconds would it? I'm not asking you if you would put, touch it. I'm asking you how many seconds it would take for you to hit that button. I don't know. I, I'm willing to let this ride out, honestly. I, I, I kind of like the idea of the soft reset. Mm-hmm. And only, only like, lightly pressing the button. Okay. I, yeah, keep the good stuff. And I think DC's always kind of, even on the comic book level, I think DC's been good at that, right? That's kind of basically what the new 52 was. Sure. Where, I yeah. mean, they reset everything. They, no, well, they, 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 just, they, they, they reset everything except for some of the Batman stuff and some of the Green Lantern stuff. And, and, yeah, they, and they, Flash, they kept right? Worked and they kept what they liked. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I, I see no problem doing the same thing here, and I think the fans would accept that too. Okay. No one wants to see Gal go away as Wonder Woman. Oh hell no! But we all want to see a more cohesive, like comic book movie universe that like works together. Yeah. So Cavill's agent got on Twitter after this whole debacle and said, <laughs> uh, "Be peaceful. The cape is still in the closet. Warner Brothers Pictures has been and continues to be our partners as they evolve the DC universe. Anticipate a Warner Brothers." statement later today which they did while no decisions this is what warner brothers said while no decisions have been made regarding any upcoming superman films we've always had great respect for and a great relationship with henry cavill and that remains unchanged and then deadline reported uh the word has been out that warner this this gets fucking everything just gets crazy jake like within these past like it's like it was like it felt like a, in a day in one day it's like everything got reported it was like S- supergirl rumors and like cavill's out now he's in it's cr- it was just it was just like you don't get this kind of like craziness with like marvel like we're like we're anticipating a new Captain Marvel trailer. Like, that's what we're looking forward to. We're not hearing about, like, oh, you know, is is Benedict Cumberbatch coming back as Doctor Strange? Like, we're not getting this drama. <laughs> What's the next major upheaval that's getting ready to happen? In except, for, except for the whole James Gunn thing. But, I'm, you know, I mean, that's a completely different thing. But Yeah, no one was waiting for that and or expecting it. Right, right. Deadline reported the word has been out. That Warner Brothers has been mulling a completely different direction with its Superman canon for some time, even considering casting Michael B. Jordan in the role down the road. But at the present moment, a Supergirl movie is the studio's priority, as Deadline exclusively broke back in August. Uh, Oren Uziel is working on the Supergirl script. So, yeah. Um, talking, What's his credits? Any idea off the top of your head? I looked. I actually looked what he was doing um he did uh he, he was a writer for 22 jump street i believe uh he was a writer for um oh oh, oh uh, he did uh the, the the cloverfield paradox he was a writer on that Ooh, okay. so yeah yeah um <laughs> sounds like they just if, if anything i mean they'll probably do rewrites of this thing they just want to mock up they need something to go from, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a feel for kind of thematics and what they're going for. Yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan as I, – and I was like – at first I was just like, oh, my God, Michael B. Jordan. And then I was thinking about like – I was actually thinking about Michael B. Jordan as Superman, and I was like, oh, my God, I can kind of see him in the suit, you know? 
I can kind of yeah. I can kind of see him filling out that suit nicely and being yeah. very charismatic and a different kind of like Clark Kent that we've ever seen before. So I don't know. Like part of me was like, man, I I don't know. I'm I wouldn't be opposed to Michael B. Jordan as being Superman. But it might be kind of no. Cool. There's something to, there's something to be said for that. I, I agree with it too. It's like um the casting of Superman itself has almost become a little bit self parody, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, we're looking for a guy that looks like Christopher Reeve. And I think until we, we have the balls to break that mold, we're always going to be stuck in this rut of like, it's Superman supposed to be like this and he's supposed to be like that. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. biggest way to change fans' perception is to break the mold completely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that would be fantastic. I mean, it's like every fucking Superman doesn't need to be uh, Christopher Reeve clone with it's, curly Q hair. For me to get, I'm a huge Michael B. Jordan fan. I like, I, he's one of the, the actors like from Friday Night Nights that, uh, that kind of blew me away. And I was like, man, I can see big things for this guy, you know? And, um, for me to be a Michael B. Jordan fan and be like, oh, well, I love Michael B. Jordan, but I don't want to see him as Superman. That's kind of fucked up because I love Michael B. Jordan and yeah, I, I, the more I thought about it, I was like, holy shit, man. I kind of want to see him in the suit, you know? Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but on the flip side, I was like, man, Michael B. Jordan in the suit, wearing like the symbol? Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can, I kind of want to see that. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't think anything's going to come of that, but I, I think, uh, it got me thinking and, uh, it actually kind of got me excited, you know? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not opposed to that at all. I would, I would be excited for that movie too. I mean, fuck yeah, Michael B. Jordan. If anyone could, could make something out of that, it would be him. And yeah, yeah, I have no problem with fucking making a drastic change to fucking aesthetically who Superman is supposed to be. In fact, I think that's really what the franchise probably needs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Cavill uh, responded on Instagram. You could, you alluded to this earlier with this cryptic video. And a screen rant set of the video. Cavill posted a video on his Instagram just moments ago that held the caption, Today was exciting. Hashtag Superman. The video itself, which you can see, uh, shows him wearing a shirt that reads Krypton Lifting Team as he slowly holds up an action figure of him as Superman. All the Superman references and the excitement Cavill has after a long day may just point to his future as Superman significantly, uh, significantly changing. Um, it's it's hard to imagine like that this was his way of saying like you know I'm done with Superman I'm done that's it I'm done yeah that's not what he would have done no that's what he was saying I don't think I think he was just looking for the fan support and it, Krypt, Krypton lifting team I think it was kind of like he's wanting the fans to lift him up at this point and yeah and he was raising. I don't think he was just like, hey, buy this new Superman toy that looks like me. He's basically saying, <coughs> excuse me, he wants the fans to lift him up. He wants the fans to raise their voice and let Warner Brothers know that he's important um, to the future of the DCEU, which – which um that, that that's what I got out of it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I kind of thought maybe even he was just simply saying that he enjoys being yeah. Superman. That- sure. And through all of this weird news and all of these, you know, weird reports that at the end of the day, portraying Superman is something he still respects and would like yeah. to do. Well, he's still contracted for one more movie. His original contract was for four movies. 
So Warner Brothers doesn't have to have him for the fourth movie. I don't know how the contract's arranged. They could basically just pay him out on whatever his contract is and say we're done with you and then get another actor. Mm-hmm. But they have him for another movie. So they get Cavill for one more movie if they if they want to. So, you know. What year did Man of Steel come out? 2013. Yeah, it's so bizarre that we haven't given that another shot yet. Or yeah. just a solo Superman movie. It's very bizarre. Well, Cavill himself was actually hoping for a different feel and tone in in a sequel. And he, he actually said to the L.A. Times at one point, I think this was back in November of last year, he said, there's a wonderful opportunity to tell the Superman story. Now there is a fantastic chance to show Superman in his full colors and tell a very complex character-driven movie that is based on story and have that wonderful sensation of hope and happiness, a feel-good movie with lessons laced in there as well. That's from Cavill himself. Yeah. Cavill yeah, I mean, wants to play. He knows the character and what it should be, it sounds like. Yes. That's what Cavill wants to do. Like, Cavill's not, Cavill's not saying, like, oh, I want to play this dark and brooding Superman, and I think that that's going to be more of a challenge. Cavill's actually saying, like, hey... Yeah, I want to play the uh hopeful and happy Clark Kent. And he can't even play at this stage in the game, Jake, he can't even play Clark Kent cuz Clark Kent died <laughs> in Batman v Superman, right? This is fu- Hold on, this is fucked up. How Clark Kent to the world is dead. Superman came yeah. back, but Clark Kent is dead. I don't know, man. Like, you know, like his, we saw his fucking obituary in <laughs> Batman v Superman. Yeah, it's, and we, we saw people at the funeral. Like it was, it was a very public funeral at that too. Well, and if he comes back, if they don't reset this universe, if they're not really going to do like a flashpoint thing and like use flashpoint to reset everything, then if Clark Kent comes back, everybody's going to be like, okay, well, you're fucking Superman. You're back from the dead. Like, it, you know, it just doesn't – it's a clusterfuck of what's kind of happened here with with the with the original vision that they had with the Snyder films and what they've kind of like turned this into with, you know – now that Joss Whedon took over, you know, the Justice League and then, of course, the wonderful stuff that Patty Jenkins has done with the franchise with 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 Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, the Flash thing, I hate that idea so much. The more and more I've thought about it over like the last year, dude, I, I like, we, to waste the character yes. as the reset button. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. I know. It's so gross. It is. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. The directors um, for the Flash uh, originally it was it was called Flashpoint, and then they kind of pulled back on that recently. And it's yeah, like you know, like now it's just going to be a Flash movie, and they're talking about filming possibly sometime in 2019. Who knows? But like. Yeah. I- Starting Flashpoint as the first Flash movie is like the only thing that could be dumber with doing Death of Superman in the second Superman movie, right? You right. Know? Like, jeez. Well, and then it's like you know, and then you got Snyder coming out on Vero and saying, "Oh, that Doomsday—that's not the original Doomsday." 
We got on that, and then and then and then they shot their. It didn't matter what he says. The yeah. one shot. Yeah, I know. I get it. And like everybody, like okay, this is fucked up. The 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 pod in the scout ship in the original Man of Steel when it was opened, that was revealed in a canon prequel comic to be Supergirl's pod. Now they're saying that wasn't Supergirl's pod. So. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's not like I got it. You know, fuck that comic book, right? I mean, it was a Walmart. Oh, yeah, it was That's what a Warner Brothers. You're saying <laughs> it was a it was a it was a Walmart exclusive comic. <laughs> like like a, like I'm going to take that as the Bible. But anyway, you know, so I, people do though. People I get know. fucking their fucking hair stand up over shit like that. Yeah, it's true. There's more to the soap opera. We're gonna we're gonna take a break after this, though, Jake. Don't worry. I know we've been going on a little long here, but this was huge news this week, man. It was fucking insane. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It takes a lot for me to enjoy talking about Henry Cavill for over an hour, and we're there. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm no, trying to- no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> See, that's the thing. You know, people. People. Some people say that you're just a yes man. You agree with everything I fucking say, Jake. I think it's a little bit of both. I think like the longer that me and you have kind of hung out, like the more you hang out with somebody, there's kind of like this symbiotic fucking thing that happens where you kind of like <laughs> start thinking like the other person. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. It's like you, your brain just starts to it starts to get rewired a little bit. And like like um you know, I don't know. We we agree a lot more. Like at first we were button heads. And when we first started this, I love when I look at the evolution of this podcast. Sometimes it fucking blows my mind from like where we were to like where we are now. It's fucking insane. I feel like I have a little bit of a different attitude when we're talking about news stories than when we're say like doing a review too. Sure. Like when we're when we're doing news, I try to be like ninety percent objective, right? Like ten percent opinion as opposed to flip floppy now. If you were just saying. Fuck Henry Cavill the whole time. Like, what kind of conversation is that? Right? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm reining that in. I, I, you know, I've done a few subtle yeah. digs at him here and there, but yeah. it's like, it, sure. we're, we're trying to accomplish something. It, it is a fucking fascinating story. I'm always fascinated yeah. when these like big studio fucking like franchises have these like roadblocks in the, in the way and yeah. like what's really fucking going on. And it just gets weirder and weirder the more like, Social media comes into play and, you know, all these clickbait sites and everything. Just like the evolution of how these big movie franchises yeah. work and evolve compared to just even like five years ago. It's insane. It's, it's, yeah, very true. TMZ ran a headline. Uh, this was one of the last stories I saw. TMZ ran this headline saying, Henry Cavill Superman conflict is fake with three exclamation points. I was like, holy shit. So it goes on to say the social media firestorm over Henry Cavill's fate in the next installment of Superman turns out to be an invented conflict, TMZ has learned. Sources in the know tell TMZ there's no real discussion over the main role because there's no active Superman project. It's true. Cavill felt he was underpaid for the role, and that's an issue, as is what some say was an underwhelming performance. We're told if and when the next Superman project is greenlit, Cavill, along with others, would be in play if, for example, a director felt he was the perfect guy for the role. He could end up with another cape, assuming he and the studio could come to terms. The whole brouhaha started when Cavill turned down a cameo in Shazam and money, hold on, here we go, my fucking computer, and money 
and then accepted a Netflix deal for The Witcher. Apparently, some people thought he moved on from Superman, but the fact is there's no conflict because up to this point, there's no movie project. Jake, I feel like the more I'm thinking about this, I'm feeling the more that Cavill wants to know what his future is here and that he's got a fourth movie contracted and I felt I feel like maybe Warner Brothers was fully planning on having him for that fourth movie and he's saying right now like hey I want a deal right now I don't want to have to worry about my contract after the fourth movie I want to know that I'm going to be here long term do you want me or not it's like Robert Downey Jr. when he went into Iron Man 3, that was his last contracted film. And that's kind of like why that film ended the way it did with him like destroying all the suits. Because if RDJ did not come back after that, then we'd have our – that's the end. That's that's the end of Iron Man in this universe. But of course they worked out a deal. They they, they, they paid him the money. They, they brought a truckload of money to his house. And that's what happened. I feel like Cavill's just trying to get maybe a deal locked up here. Maybe do you think? Do you think that could be it? Yeah, I, I see advantages from either side, honestly, to um, fabricate this kind of this kind of media story, right? I mean, I completely agree with why Cavill would do it, from what you're saying. But even from like Warner Brothers' perspective, like hypothetically, if they're the ones that like threw this fake news out there, yeah. then I mean, it, it drums up people talking about Henry Cavill as Superman in the first place. You know, it kind of creates that fake sympathy that we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, where all the the Twitter followers yeah. and everyone is like, no, no, no. And it's like, you know, it, I feel like the character is a little bit tarnished. Mm-hmm. You know, Henry Cavill as the character. And this kind of stuff does bring goodwill to the character, you know, the outpouring. So I could see it being... Fuck! It could even be the both of them combined together to create this fake story. You well, know? Yeah, what's weird about it's this? It's hard fucking saying. It's so weird because I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so like, um, if 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 Robert Downey Jr. like came out like tomorrow and told like Kevin Feige and and, and Marvel Studios, like, hey, I want to do Iron Man four. They're they're green lighting it, right? Like immediately. Yeah, like they're green lighting it. Like you know, they're giving him a lot of cre- creative control. And it's and, and 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 I don't feel like Cavill like maybe Cavill feels like he's earned that and he's like I want I want Man of Steel too and they're like ah oh, we're several 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 years away from that they've got him contracted one more movie and maybe they're like hey we'll we'll reevaluate your contract after your next movie appearance and he's kind of like no I I want to I want to lock it up now. I want to, I want to do this now. So then like now they start throwing out different tactics. Like Warner Brothers tactic is to say like, okay, now we're going to, we're going to have a focus towards a, a Supergirl movie. And then Cavill's like, okay, well, I'm also going to, well, I'm, I'm going to do this Witcher thing. I've got other things going on right now. I'm going to do this Witcher thing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, it seems like Cavill's agent and him have like their own little strategy. And, and of course the studio's trying to, Trying to get them as cheap as they can. I, you know, I don't, I can't, I can't say that Cavill's earned it at this point. I kind of understand what Warner Brothers is doing here, you know? Yeah. So. Right. If, if, if that's Cavill's mindset, then I almost find him to be a tad bit delusional. I know we're just making up hypothetical scenarios yeah, and everything, yeah. but, but yeah, if his mindset is, oh, you know, I've got the pull of Robert Downey Jr. and I'm going to flex some muscle and make Man of Steel 2 happen. Then oh dude you got another thing coming right. like that's <laughs> you're not doing yourself any favors mm-hmm. yeah yeah agreed 
So yeah, um, a very humbling experience if that's the mindset he's got coming at it with. I'm sure. And that would, man, I mean, honestly, that would kind of explain the odd Instagram video if that was the mindset he was coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I guess I'm not as <laughs> able to move mountains as I thought I was. You know? Yeah. 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 Very true. Um, for those of you curious about the Superman Shazam cameo, Umberto Gonzalez from The Rap reported what it might have been. He said, uh, spoiler alert, for what it's worth, the Superman cameo in Shazam was supposed to be Clark at the end of the movie meeting with Billy Batson, the kid who becomes Shazam, and telling him, hey, we're going to keep an eye on you, that kind of thing. So that... That's what Umberto yeah. Gonzalez is saying. I feel like if we would have predicted what it was going to be, we both would have said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, well, well, the movie itself, like the trailer had like, uh, you know, like there was a, a Batman and Superman Easter eggs in there, like with, um, his, uh, foster brother's room, you know? So, um, you know, yeah. in my head, I imagined Superman giving, uh, Billy a good job kid too, you know? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I, yeah, this is, it's a soap opera, and, um, man, it's, it feels like the only thing that's for certain in the DC universe right now is that they're making this Joker movie and that we're getting Wonder Woman too. So, I mean, we'll find out in December how Aquaman does and how people, you know, react to Jason Momoa. Like, can he do this movie on his own? Did they give us a great movie here? I saw the trailer. I saw the trailer again, Jake. I saw the trailer, uh, before I watched. Uh, the Predator this week, they showed it in the Dolby Atmos on this huge screen. God damn it, that trailer looks fucking amazing, man. It, ma- it looks yeah, amazing. I mean, James Wan knows how to make a movie. There's no doubt there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, any final thoughts on the whole Cavill debacle? Yeah, I mean, just even even if this whole Shazam thing would have been fine, even that would have been weird, right? It would have been like the fourth tonal change for Superman. Like, do we even buy Superman going and talking to a an eight year old or a twelve year old with the pr- previous three movies we've seen? No, it's not like, really. Yeah, you have to get a fucking uh, kryptonite crowbar to pry him off of Amy Adams, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> even in the fucking Shazam movie, I'd be fine with a Superman cameo with yeah. a different actor. Symbolizing what Superman stands for. Yeah, I don't right. even know. The, import, the yeah. important part of that scene is Billy looking up to a hero, not Cavill. I'm kind of thinking along. You're kind of like I came in here thinking a little bit differently, and I'm kind of thinking along the same lines as you because I'm a yes man. But no, I'm, I'm I'm thinking at this point like maybe the best thing for Warner Brothers and for Cavill is like I'm hoping that Cavill gets this Bond role possibly. Honestly, I think Cavill should just do some indie films and like really work on on his craft and show people that he's got the chops. If he, you know, yeah, and I'm being very objective about about it. My reasons for getting Cavill out of the role has nothing to do with what I feel about him in the role. It's I just I don't think they can. I don't think there's anything that they can do to fix this at this point. Even Uh, if he put in his best performance ever, it would still be weird. Yeah, I think Affleck's got to go. Affleck's gotta go. Cavill, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I don't know. I think maybe he needs to go too. Maybe we need to get some fresh blood in there. But it's, um, but see, if you get rid of Cavill and you get somebody else in there, it's, it's, it is different. It's not like, it's not like replacing Rhodey, you know, in Iron Man 2 with Don Chadle. It's not like, you know, Terrence Howard's out, Don Chadle's in. Like, that's fine. You know, this is like a, this is a big deal. Yeah. Marvel replaced Bruce Banner and it worked. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 
You're right. You're right. I can't. I cannot. Uh, I cannot dispute that. So we'll I don't see. Think what, anyone gives a shit about Edward Norton at this point, as far as being Bruce Banner. <laughs> there are some Edward Norton holdovers, Jake. There are. They are out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't know why I thought there wouldn't be. <laughs> there are. There are. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Which is that's weird to say that we're coming back for Good Pop, Bad Pop, isn't it, Jake? At this point, it is in the very show. weird. Yeah, I didn't want to bury the lead this week, and just like I, because I felt like we would literally have like no energy towards the end where we get the DC news. We just kind of like we, I don't know. We'd give kind of like a. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna stop. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're a hundred. If you think I'm gonna be objective about Henry Cavill in hour four of PCL, <laughs> you got another thing coming. I was gonna say we're, we'll give a Henry Cavill performance in hour four. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like Henry Cavill. I, I I like him. I thought he was. I thought he was Mission Impossible Fallout. He was absolutely excellent in that movie. So we'll take a quick break and be right back with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Jake, I, earlier you said you wanted to make an announcement. We didn't talk about it at the top of the show, so I want you to be able to talk about it now. Oh, yeah, I for sure do. I am starting up something. Um, it's, it's very simple. It's not going to be a podcast or anything, but it's kind of going to be like basically a reading group slash blog. And what I want to do is I know there's a lot of people out there, especially people that listen to our podcast, that are big fans of the MCU, that try to like dabble into comics but just the whole thing is overwhelming, right? Either you go to the brick-and-mortar comic store, you go to Barnes & Nobles, you go on Amazon, and I think most people's first thought as a new comic fan trying to do this is, what the fuck? There's 8 million things. Where do I start? What do I have to read? What do I need to know? What's important is always a big question. And I want to start like a Marvel reading club so we can get new comic book readers to kind of start at one point, and we're going to as OCD nerdy as possible, chronologically start at one point and move to current Marvel. Um, we're g- we'll, we'll probably never reach current at this rate, but we're going to read up to 12 issues a week. And then I'll make a Facebook post where everyone can talk about what they read. And I'll announce the next thing that we're going to read. And it'll be just a lot of fun. We'll all read the same stuff together. Um, no matter where you start in Marvel, unless you start at the very beginning, there's always going to be some continuity questions. And we'll all be there to hold each other's hands and answer any weird questions and stuff. And it gives me a chance to reread a lot of stuff that I haven't read in probably 15 plus years that I absolutely love. And it gives a lot of other people a chance to read that stuff, too. And I'm also going to be reading stuff I haven't read for the first time. I put a lot of care into kind of figuring out the order and how to best chronologically move through the Marvel Universe. And what I've decided is to start at the Marvel Knights era, which is – and we're going to start with Inhumans 1 through 12, the uh, Jenkins Lee series – 
And then every week we're going to read another 12 issues. You know, eventually we'll get to Avengers Disassembled, Civil War. But like some of the early stuff we're going to be reading is going to be the Inhumans run, the first 12 issues of the Joe Kelly Deadpool run. We're going to be reading some Grant Morrison, New X-Men. We're going to be doing some Thunderbolts, some Kevin Smith, and then leading into Brian Michael Bendis, Daredevil. I mean, we're going to be reading a lot of juicy Marvel stuff from the late 90s and early 2000. And we're going to be reading reading it in an orderly way that everyone can follow along and enjoy stuff. And I, I think this is going to be really great for people that have never even read a comic just because of being intimidated. And um, on Facebook, if you search for it, it's called Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Um, in a couple days, we'll post a link on the Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. And like I said, we're gonna we're gonna start this Monday with Inhumans. I'll make a post, and then you have one week to read these comics, and then we'll make another post where everyone talks about it, and then we'll announce the next thing, and we'll just keep moving, man. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Marvel Unlimited has all the stuff we're gonna be reading. Shit's only like ten bucks a month, so it's super cheap to read a ton of great Marvel comics, and it'll be fun to do it in a big group and talking to everyone about it. I, I'm super excited. Okay, so uh, if somebody misses the first week, they're out, right? They can't ever join no. up. No, you can. The, for for one, it's on Facebook, so you'll be able to. It'll all be archived. You'll be able to see what we read before, and I. I encourage anyone to read comics, even if you don't do it through our reading club, to just dive in head first, man. That's how we all did it. You, it's it's boring to start at the beginning. You, you can't be OCD about it. It's like 50 fucking years of shit. You're all, there's always going to be the asterisk that tells you about something that ha- happened in a previous issue. You know, if you hear about this a year from now, I think you can jump in and just start where we're at. Yeah. I think it'll be fun at any point. And we're, we're going to be a big group. We'll always be there to answer what came before questions. So honestly, I think you can dive in at any time. And we're going to be all over the place. This isn't just an Avengers through line. You know what I'm saying? We're going to – every corner of the Marvel Universe we're going to touch in a chronological OCD manner. But we're still going to read everything in arcs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not going to be so nerdy that we're reading one issue of Spider-Man and reading one issue of Captain America and reading one issue of Iron Man and reading one issue of X-Men. No. We're, when we read extremists – Iron Man in two months. We're going to read every issue right then and there, and then we'll move on to the next thing. There you go. Um, go No, no, I was just going to say that's great. And it's like, it's like, uh, I know some of our listeners, like, I know our episodes are long. So like some of you are like a month behind you catch up and shit. So like, even though you're listening to this in like October or November, you can still jump in and do this. Yeah, exactly. And you can kind of look at what we've read already and just pick and choose what you want to read. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And even if you join from the start and what it's like the second week, we're going to read the first eight issues of the Joe Kelly Deadpool run. If you're like, man, I fucking hate Deadpool. I don't want any part of this. Then just skip it and come back next week when we're reading Captain Marvel or whatever, you know? Yeah, you antisocial fuck. (laughs) <laughs> but I think a lot of this, I'm going to try to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. And I'm going to read some stuff that I never even actually read Can you back then. please try the Greg Rucka Punisher run? Yeah, that's that's in there on my list. Awesome. Um, one thing I'm really excited to read that I think might actually be shitty is the first 15 issues of the Marvel Knights like title run, where they just cram all the Marvel Knights characters like in one team-up book together. Mm. So it's like Daredevil and Moon Knight and Punisher and like an Inhuman like teamed up as like a street gang. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to read some shitty Marvel comics too. It'll it'll be about 80 percent really good stuff. 
20% shit. If it's shit and doesn't matter to the continuity, we'll skip by it. Ah, you, can, you can just shit on it like we do on the show. We shit on a lot of things, right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited for this. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of good reads. Um, I'm excited to get to an event. Um, every now and again, the X-Men books will fuck us over where we will have to read stuff one issue at a time because that's how X-Men crossovers fucking work every now and again. But it, it'll be easy to follow along and we will hold everyone's hand and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it'll really enhance the future of the MCU movies you see getting some of this background and like origins of a lot of these characters. Yeah. Don't be shy. Join in. Don't be shy. Yeah. And it's a Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. And like I go. said, we'll post a link on the Facebook page sometime later this week. Yeah. You send me the link. I'll post it if you need me to. All right. Good shit. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to be jumping into. Yeah. Join up that group. All right. Don't, no, don't be a bystander, you stupid fuck. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait, man. I We're going to read those Thunderbolts issues and the, that George Perez Busiak yeah. Avengers run is in there, There you too. go. That's great shit. Oh, man. The first three months worth of shit is just like one classic after another from like my early 20s. And you get to talk to other people about it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm not really well-versed in the Morrison New X-Men stuff. I've read, like, the big issues, but I've never read the whole run. So Jake, I'm excited to do that for the first time, too. Jake recently watched that uh, that book club movie with the old women, and he, you, <laughs> you were inspired. You were like, What's that movie called? Is that the Joy Luck Club? No, it, there was the, uh, the, it was called The Book Club, and it just came out recently. I went to the theater, and I fucking watched it because I had a movie pass, and I'd seen everything else. And it had like, oh, I remember that. It had Jane Fonda in it, and it had uh, uh, Mary Steenburgen, and it had, uh, what's her name? She was Murphy Brown. She was in oh, it. Oh, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen was in it. Murphy Brown's coming back, Jake. Yeah, she's on the cover of my new Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you remember Marky Post? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it is now time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. Time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. All right, I got some things I'm going to knock out here real quick. Uh, I did watch The Deuce season two premiere on HBO. Uh, I am gonna give, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna give it a taste. I loved, uh, the Deuce season one. This is, the Deuce season two, we're, we've jumped ahead five years later. A lot's changed. And, uh, it's kind of just easing us into this season. And, um, I'm gonna give it a taste. It was not, it was not amazing. It was cool to see, like, what everybody's up to five years later. And, um, it's cool to see, like, you know, Maggie Gyllenhaal, she's now directing and trying to make some creative choices on her own and, and then things like that. But I'm just going to give this one a taste. It was not phenomenal. I still enjoyed it. I'm still going to continue watching it. And I'm not saying, like, it can't be a, um, a Tupperware by the end of the season because this was my favorite show last year. I'm just saying that, uh, it's, it's different. It's an adjustment because things have changed a little bit. And, uh, they're just jumping right back into this, in, into this season five years later. So I'll give it a taste. Do season two with, uh, yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Franco. So yeah, I've never seen the deuce, but when I watched all eight objects of sharp objects, they showed the trailer for season you two. You said when everyone. I watched, you said when I watched all eight objects of sharp objects. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> 
<laughs> when I held on, Jake, right. I don't. I only saying it, but I a hundred percent believe you. I only watched one deuce of season two of the deuce. <laughs> 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 oh man, but but yeah, it was the first footage of it I'd seen was that trailer, and it looked really fucking good to me. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show, dude. It's a really good show. I highly recommend it. Like, watch that first episode. The first episode, I believe, is an hour and a half, um, and I think it really sets up everything well. And I really think it's a great. I mean, this is the guy that did The Wire, David Simon, and um, you know, I I think it really shows you kind of like what nineteen uh, seventies New York was like you know, back then. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, these are based on true events. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, another show that I, I finished last week, I didn't talk about, but I watched, um, all, uh, 10 Ozarks of season two of Ozark. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to keep that joke up the whole episode. I'm done with it. All right. But, I don't think it works with the, uh, one name titled shows. No, as well. no, it doesn't. I watched, I watched, <laughs> I watched all objects of sharp <laughs> Man, I loved it. You were just, you were talking so fast. You didn't even notice it. It happened, but you didn't even I know, notice. I believe it. Like, I 100% believe it. I, it's, I do that every now and again. I don't remember saying it, but yeah, I know I did. Sure. Uh, yeah, I watched season two of Ozark. Um, I enjoyed the season um, more than I enjoyed season one. I think right out of the gate, this was just fantastic. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I'm not going to get into it too much. If you guys like Breaking Bad, you'll love Ozark. Laura Lenny's great in this season. Um, you know, the children have more of a story arc in this season. I talk a little bit more about Ozark season two on episode 100 of the Supercast with Joe Vitale. So definitely, if you want to hear more thoughts on my thoughts on Ozark season two, listen to episode 100 of the Supercast. I also, uh, I have watched, uh, three or four or five episodes of, uh, Norm MacDonald has a show on Netflix. Oh, how's that been? It, I, it dropped Friday. Jake, it's weird. Let me, let me, if, if you start off on the first episode, the first guest was, uh, this is a, uh, uh, interview show. Um, you know, it's Norm MacDonald. He's got his little sidekick, this guy named Adam. And then, you know, he has different guests come on and a lot of them are, uh, Netflix, uh, stars. You know, of course, you know, I watched, um, a lot of them are Netflix stars. I watched the first episode, which was David Spade, uh, second episode, which was Drew Barrymore. I talked about her earlier. And then, um, the third episode was Judge Judy. The fourth episode was David Letterman. And then I skipped ahead and I started, I haven't finished it yet, but I skipped ahead a few episodes and I've been watching the Michael Keaton episode. But it's, this show is, when you first, it's a very free form type of show. It's very free flowing and it's not like you're, it's not like you're watching like Jimmy Kimmel or, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon or, you know, like one of these sh- interview shows. It's very free flowing. They actually show the guests walking onto the set with Norm walking alongside them and they're talking the whole time. And it's just, it's really a guest kind of focus. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Norm McDonald in a while. I watched his last Netflix comedy special and it was okay. I wasn't like a huge fan of it. And, um, but, um, Norm McDonald just looks like really old. Like when I first saw him and I know people get old, people get old. And I saw when I first saw Norm, I was just like, Oh my God, why, like, why did, why is Norm McDonald's dad hosting this show? Cause like he, (laughs) he just looks older, you know, people get older. Um, I still love Norm McDonald, but 
it's it's a weird show. Like there's a lot of jokes that are just kind of like dad jokes that some work and some don't. Um the first episode was very loose with David Spade and I didn't like it. It was a fucking mess and it wasn't very fun. The second episode with Drew Barrymore, she was incredible and she's just so funny and so charming and she just saved that episode. She had some great stories and she's just got an infectious laugh and just a great personality. Um, the, the third episode, I, I enjoyed it was Judge Judy. She's talking about like her, the first time she met Judge Wapner, she's talking about her family and it was fun. Like Norm is not a great host. He really isn't. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the gag of it, right? But what, what I like about this show though, Jake, is the fact that like, Back in the day when there was these interview shows, they were, they were structured. Don't get me wrong. They were structured. This is looser than like, you know, you know, like, um, Fallon and Kimmel, but it, they don't have like, when the guests come on, it's not like they have their, it feels like they don't have like their handlers there to tell them like what they can and can't talk about and like getting them into wardrobe. Like Drew Barrymore just shows up and she just looks like she just, you know, she, she dressed herself that day and got on the show. David Spade is not dressed up. He's just wearing a hat and like a jacket and shit. It's not like they have handlers there and makeup and all this stuff. Like they just show up and it's very loose and free form, which is, which makes this show different. So like if you're used to like that structured fucking like, you know, um, you know, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, all this shit. It's completely different. And I kind of appreciate it for that. Like, it's not, it kind of takes you back to like the old Johnny Carson days, like back when he was doing shit in like the sixties and seventies, like when, when, when they'd get on the show and they'd be dressed like just wearing crazy shit, you know, like making some real crazy choices on like what they dressed and stuff like that back in the day. It doesn't feel like there's too many people involved in this as far as like, Handlers, it's like that. Like the agreement is like you come on, you be yourself, and you talk to Norm, right? And and, and that's what I kind of like about this is how like free form and flowing it is because it's it is different, man. It's cool to just watch them without like them trying to like plug every other fucking thing and only talking about certain things and skirting around stuff like. They, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I, I I'm, I'm kind of, I do it. If I would have just stopped at the state David Spade episode, I would have been like, I would have came in here and been like, this is a toss that I can't stand it. But like I stuck around and I watched the Drew Barrymore and I was like, this is fantastic. You know? So yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I, I I'm a big fan of Norm and I kind of get like the comedy that he's coming from. And yeah. that's really cool. It kind of, it kind of goes back to where we opened the show talking about the, who would you want to be trapped in the yeah. elevator with yeah. conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, David and Letterman. Had, have you have you seen David? You've watched like the the David Letterman Netflix show. Have you watched any of that? Yeah, I've seen um just two. I've only seen no. I have seen three. I've seen the Stern one and the Clooney one and the Obama one. Okay, I've seen this. Oh, I haven't seen the Stern one. I watched the what was that? I watched the Obama one, and I watched this. Uh, I think that's all I watched was the Obama one. Jeez, I need to get back to that. I love Letterman. You know, he started off yes. as a as a weatherman. Yeah, him and Stern have a really connected history, so that was really good. Yes, yes, they did. He was he was on Stern quite a bit. Uh, he was on uh, Letterman quite a bit. Stern was. Yeah, and the they, they you know they both had their issues with uh, WNBC. Oh yeah, yeah. When did David Letterman turn into a uh, Weight Watchers after photo for Santa Claus? Like when did that happen? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, yeah, Does that it? beard is great. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. He, he dresses the beard. He's like nobody in show business yet has told me like what the fuck with the beard, man. Like nobody said it yet. He said that on the show. I, I got a kick out of it. he. He looks like he does look like the after picture of Chris Kringle in a Weight Watchers ad. He just looks like a yeah, yeah. Santa Claus looks great. <laughs> Santa Claus, you look great. You know your 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 blood pressure's down. Your cholesterol's looking good. So you look you look good, Chris Kringle. You keep it up, Chris Kringle. That's tough to say. Anyway, yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, Norm Macdonald has a show on Netflix. Check it out. Maybe skip the Spade episode and go straight to Drew Barrymore. All right, that's my advice. Go back to the Spade stuff if you're a completist, but start. He's got Lorne Michaels on this season, so I can't wait to see that because that's going to be interesting. Because like Norm Macdonald kind of getting fired from SNL. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, that is super cool. So yeah. I wonder if any of that will be brought up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I watched the Studio 54 documentary on A&E. Uh, it's from A&E, A&E Pictures. And, nice. Uh, yeah, I watched it this week. I don't know where you can watch it. Maybe you can watch it on the A&E app. I watched it on uh, on something. So Just uh, but, one, one, two-hour thing? It's like a, a little over an hour, like an hour and 45 minutes. And um, it's it's a synopsis. Studio 54 was the epicenter for 70s hedonism, a place that not only re- redefined the nightclub, but also came to symbolize an entire era. Its co-owners, Ian Schrager and Steve Rubell, two friends from Brooklyn, seem to come out of nowhere to suddenly preside over a new kind of New York society. Now, 39 years after the velvet rope was first slung across the club's hollowed threshold a feature documentary tells the real story behind the greatest club of all time jake this is cool like i mean there's there's photos there's videos of of studio 54 i remember like the first time i ever heard of studio 54 was back in 98 when they did the ryan felipe nev campbell mike myers movie i i had no idea what studio 54 was until that movie came out so um, mm, I, I had a buddy when I was a kid who like kind of introduced me into like the talking heads and that kind of scene. He was yeah. like an Andy Warhol fan. And I, I had read about it in like my early teens and stuff. Yeah. I, I had no idea what this place was. And it was basically like the, you know, this, uh, and I didn't know, I knew Steve Rubell because like he's prominently featured as Mike Myers in, the uh, Ryan Felipe movie. But I didn't know like he had a silent partner, Ian Schrager. And like Ian Schrager is in this document. And this is the first time he's ever talked about any of this since this stuff like went down. They go over the whole story of the club and like how like this became like the, the premier discotheque in New York City. And it was only open for 33 months. And Steve Rubell was the guy in front of this club and like he would let you in. Like, and he would pick <laughs> who he wanted in the club. And so basically it was kind of like a, it was a, a place where celebrities would go, like Elizabeth Taylor, um, Michael Jackson. Um, I'm trying to think. There were so many celebrities. Sylvester Stallone. Um, but it was also like a place where a lot of like uh, gay and uh, trans uh, people would go to. And they were accepted there. Like they, they would talk. They had interviews of like gay and trans people talking about like, yeah, uh, six days a week, like we're treated like shit on the streets. But when we come here, we're accepted. This is our place. This is our safe haven. 
And the Steve Rubell was the guy that like did that, that, that made that environment. This, he was, um, he, he was a gay man himself and he, uh, Ian Schrager was like the business mind behind this, but Steve Rubell created the energy within the place. And there was no other club like this. It was only open for 33 months, but the stories are legendary. And, uh, you know, like, like if you got into Studio 54, it was a place where like a regular person could hang out with celebrities. You know, they had a woman there. I forget what her name was, but she was like a 70 year old woman and she was there every weekend. Like, and she would dance. She was just like a party girl. You know, she's just, she would dance. It's, dude, it was, and they talked about like how, um, you know, the kind of like, uh, Steve Rebell kind of like taunted the government and how it got shut down and, and everything. It it goes through all of Studio 54 from, and what the cool thing about this is, is the friendship between Ian Schrager and Steve Rebell. That's what's one of the coolest things about this whole thing is the friendship is cool. be- between these two guys and like what they did and um, the impact that it had. And uh, it's it's incredible, man. It's an it's an what, incredible. What kind of footage did they get, Brian? They got some footage from the inside of the club and people dancing. And a lot of it's through pictures. A lot of it's through pictures that we don't get. It's not like you get a ton of uh, footage of like nightlife in the club. Um, you do get a little bit here and there, but they do also have like interviews of like Steve Rubell hanging out with like a young Michael Jackson and talking to Michael Jackson, which is kind of crazy. Like Michael Jackson, like with like the huge like afro, you know, like before like all like the, the plastic surgery and everything. And, and, um, I mean the, the pictures of all the celebrities, it's absolutely incredible. And you, and you get to hear about people that work there. They also talk about like, how the HIV virus kind of like affected a lot of the people that were going to this club. And they talk about like half of the, half of the bartenders there are now not with us anymore because of HIV, you know? And Mm. it's dude, it was just, it was a crazy scene. They actually go into like how disco died and, and uh, they talk about like what Ian Schrager's up to now. Studio 54. It's, 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 it's like, uh, as far as like, uh, (sighs) You know, like anytime you hear a story about Studio 54, it's just like, you know, it's like, Studio 54 is like the unicorn of nightclubs, you know? Yeah, it like really, the first like real like invite yeah. only type place, right? Yeah, that you heard of, like legendary like that. And they would have like different themes for different parties and stuff like that. Nobody else was doing that. It was a, it was an escape. Everybody talked about like what an escape it was and, and how, what it, it was very hedonistic and, and freedom, the freedom that you had there. You could be... You could be who you wanted to be when you were at Studio 54. Nobody was judging you. You could, you could do anything you wanted to do. It was very freeing and, and also I, I was, you know, as I was like, like watching the documentary, Jake, I was like, I was remembering the movie with Ryan Felipe and I was, uh, I was looking up some stuff and apparently like they cut out a lot of stuff from that movie and there's a director's cut that actually came out just like a few years ago, which I've never seen. And people have talked about, talked about the director's cut and how much better it was. So hmm. that's the same movie. That's not the Mike Myers thing. It is. It's it's Ryan Felipe. Uh, he plays the bartender, and then uh, Mike Myers is uh, Steve Rubell. He plays Steve Rubell. Um, they really don't. I don't remember in that movie if they get into like Ian Schrager, like his partner. I feel. I felt like that movie was all Steve Rubell, and then Nev Campbell plays the famous actress that the Ryan Felipe bartender starts to you know get connected with. 
Okay, I don't I don't know that I've even ever seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen I I I've it's been over a decade since I've seen the movie, but it, if you find it, if you ever get curious and want to watch it, I would probably watch the director's cut from everything that I'm hearing that it's so much better. And oh, yeah, uh, makes uh sense. what's her name? What's her name? Um I can never think of her fucking name. She's in it too. Um she was Salma Hayek is in that movie as well. Oh wow! I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, I watched White Boy Rick. Oh, how was that? That's been getting pretty good reviews. It uh, I I actually watched a uh, I I actually watched a uh, documentary about White Boy Rick, the true story of White Boy Rick. This movie is actually pretty faithful to the documentary and how they tell the story. Um. And, uh, hold on, let me, I, I, since I just like, kind of like watched it today, like right before I got, I worked a half day and then I saw this movie and now we're recording. I, I don't even have notes written down about this one. Here we go. This is the new movie with, um, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Belle Powley, who was in a movie I reviewed uh, a couple years ago called, uh, the diary, the the diary of a teenager. What is it called? What is it? What is it? Listen, listen to me on the fly, Jake. I suck. I suck. I'm, I know. I, okay. wish, I wish I knew. I it's, could help you out. No, here. it's called the diary diary of a teenage girl. Very edgy movie, man. Very. It's like a teenage girl and it deals with sexuality. It's really really crazy fucking movie. But I remember you talking about that. now. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh's in this movie, and then uh, Rick, white boy Rick, is played by Richie Merritt. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's in this. Uh, yeah, Brian Tyree Henry from uh, Atlanta is in this. Uh, Rory Cochran is also in this. He was recently in Hostiles. He's you remember him as the long-haired hippie kid in Dazed and Confused. Everybody knows him as that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally. It's this movie is about the story of a teenager, Richard Wershe Jr., who became an undercover informant for the FBI during the 1980s and was ultimately arrested for drug trafficking and sentenced to life in prison. Yes, back in the day when it was the Nancy Reagan era, when she was saying, like, just say no to drugs. That was huge, Jake. Like Nancy Reagan showed up on an episode of Different Strokes with Arnold, you know, Gary Coleman. And she was on an episode of Different Strokes saying to the kids, just say no. You know, I mean, that episode, she actually said like, like this one uh, kid got so angry at his sister because she wouldn't she wouldn't buy give him money to buy pot that he like beat the shit out of her. That was like on the episode of Different Strokes, man. Like, hold on. I don't know. I don't know about that story. That sounds a little sounds a little. The, yeah, the sitcom. I'd love to watch like eight episodes in a row of the old yeah. sitcom, like a Growing Pains one yeah. where they teach you the mottos. Those yeah. are always the best. Oh, I remember the, I remember the, uh, I remember the, uh, episode of Growing Pains where it was, uh, you know, Mike, Mike Seaver played by, uh, now famous Christian, uh, activist, uh, Kirk Cameron. And he yeah. was, he was, uh, seeing this girl who he had the hots for and she was dressing like Madonna. And this was actually played by Different Strokes alumni, Dana Plato. And she played yeah. a, a, a girl that was trying to get Mike to fuck her. So Mike was like 15 and this girl was like, you know, she was kind of like, uh, like the trampy girl of school, I guess. <laughs> she was trying to get Mike to, you know, give her a deep dick and, and, uh, Mike, 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 Mike said no. He said no to sex. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fuck you. 
So wow, that took he he had to really stand up for that there, right? Yeah, he did. Valuable lesson. Valuable lesson. What? A, come on, just you know. I'm not. I'm not going to get into this anyway. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, what are you going to say? Did you know Dana Plato actually starred in a soft porn called Different Strokes? Oh, I believe it. Yeah. What else was she going to do? Um, what do you what do you mean in 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 the porno? No, I mean in her fucking career. I was going to say other people. I mean, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. In her career, her career kind of like went down the toilet. God damn it! She did that. Uh, she did a. You remember? You remember the Sega CD? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of like these. Remember those games where like it was all video. Remember Sewer Shark? It was all video. Yeah, Night Trap is the Night most Trap. Famous one. Yeah, she was in Night Trap. Oh, that's awesome. Dana Plato played one of those girls in the, in the Night Trap video game. I, 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 I had a Sega CD. I had the Sewer Shark. Even millennials have no idea what I'm talking about. This is video game history here, you little fuckers. Yeah, my buddy <laughs> had the Sega CD, so he was like my best friend, yeah. so it was, it was good enough, you know? Sega CD had the only version of Mortal Kombat where you didn't have to put in the blood code. Blood was just readily available for you on the Sega CD version of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah, but it had a shittier frame rate and it looked crappier. I, I had I had a lot of fun with it, so whatever. Oh yeah, I, I just remember yeah. that being the sad truth. It was like yeah. the Super Nintendo version without the blood was had more solid gameplay. A, and at the end of the day, yeah. that mattered. Was there a blood code for the Super Nintendo, or was that only just with the regular Genesis cartridge? I don't. I don't remember. I tell I, you my, what, my gut says there was. Sonic CD was fucking amazing. Oh yeah, Sonic CD was pretty good. Sonic CD was incredible. What was I talking? A white boy Rick. Yeah, this movie's. A- <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I forget when the tangents start. I'm like, oh yeah. How do we? How do we get to Dana Plato? And now we're talking about from Dana Plato to Sonic CD. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't even remember the connection either, to be honest with you. White Boy Rick, it, it's pretty faithful to uh, to the real story. Um, yeah, this guy actually just got parole last year in real life, Jake. It's crazy. Like, he got he was seven, 17 when he went into prison and uh, just literally just got parole last year. And this is the longest time that anybody has ever been in prison for for like this uh, like back in the day in Michigan if you got busted for over a certain amount of like cocaine or drugs or whatever it was a lifetime sentence because it was the Nancy Reagan era of just say no and they were really kind of like uh you know putting the clamp down on on uh, on drugs and so this he has spent 30 years now in prison this movie i'm going to give it i'm going to give it a taste it i i i, I I really, I thought Matthew McConaughey was fine. I thought Belle Powley, who played uh, White Boy Rick's sister, was incredible in this movie. And she's very, she's in it very limited. I think, like, the biggest problem with this movie is the direction, the way they tell the story. And then the actor that plays Richie Merritt, uh, excuse me, White Boy Rick, played by Richie Merritt, he's very just kind of like, I don't know, I just, I really didn't really care for his portrayal as the character. I never really cared for his acting in the movie. And um, after I got out of the movie, I was kind of like, I wish I would have seen A Simple Favor, the new Paul Feig thriller. Hmm. That's a shame. Yeah, I'm kind of... Yeah. It's, it's, it, I think it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's because it is an interesting story. 
but I just don't think that they did a sometimes I feel like they did tr- they really played it true to I think the the actual story they really did but sometimes I do want them to sensationalize stuff like kind of like a Scorsese Goodfellas you know I got you. It was a little bit to the detriment yeah. of, the, of the movie. Yeah. Especially after you probably, within the last 48 hours, just watched the documentary. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where, like, you know, for as much as I say, like, oh, you got to keep it true to the original story, and that's what I want to see. Don't change don't change things. I think, like, here they actually did kind of keep it to the real story, and I feel like maybe they should have sensationalized it a little bit. I don't know. Dude, what's crazy about this is they did drop the name. I was really surprised because in the documentary, like one of the guys that's kind of like involved in this whole like uh, drug scandal and everything like that was um, the guy who played the police chief in Beverly Hills Cop. If you remember that actor, his name was Gil. Oh, God. Oh, it's been so long. I Beverly don't. Beverly Hills Cop. Here we go. What's his name? Gil. Yeah, look this up. If you ever want to. Yeah, uh, Gil Hill. Gilbert R. Hill from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. If you ever watch the White Boy Rick documentary, it's just called White Boy Rick. Um, if you ever watch that documentary, they really get into Gilbert Hill into that one. He played the police chief in Beverly Hills Cop. He was actually like. Uh, oh, I just looked him up. I remember now. Yeah. 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 Anyway, White Boy Rick, I'd give it a taste. It, I, it's nothing that I'll probably ever watch again. It's just, I don't know. It, it didn't do it for me, man. It just really didn't. It was, it was, it was okay, but it just wasn't great, you know? Hmm. That's interesting. It's getting a lot of buzz, so. Yeah. Uh, I watched, uh, oh, Jake, I, hold on. I've been rat, I've been rattling off a bunch of shit. I just have, I have three more things. That, what do you have? What do you got? Oh shit! I I have not watched Jack and shit. I mean, I'm <laughs> wow. on the it's edge just... of my seat waiting to hear what you thought of Predator. Honestly. All right, yeah, let's get to the Predator. I was going to see it this morning, and I got this is like the second yeah. Sunday in a row I've got called into work. So it's like fuck. I'm on vacation next week, though, so I'll be I'll be able to see some moves. Okay, the predator from the outer reaches of space to the small town streets of suburbia, the hunt comes home. Now, the universe's most lethal hunters are stronger, smarter, and deadlier than ever before, having genetically upgraded themselves with DNA from other species. When a young boy accidentally triggers their return to Earth, only a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and a disgruntled science teacher can prevent the end of the human race. Um wanted to point this out didn't know if you knew this or if any of our listeners knew this uh the predator if you're still listening <laughs> i would i i probably would have tapped out by now too i totally understand i'm listening the predator uh continues the tradition of each film in the predator series uh since predator 1987 uh predators 2010 for uh having a runtime of one hour and 47 minutes long only predator 2 broke the tradition by being one hour and 48 minutes in length. That's a weird tradition. Isn't it? A little weird. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it might be um, not good for storytelling to force yourself <laughs> into a time like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. A little weird. Um, 
Yeah, this movie is directed by Shane Black. He played Hawkins in the uh, original Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down a cameo role in the film. Uh, he was actually going to show up at the end of this film. There was going to be like this, uh, you know, this big scene at the end of the film where uh, where a uh, helicopter. You see these lights and a helicopter lands and and there come there's Dutch Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's true. They, they they've talked about it, but he he turned down a role. He wanted a bigger part, is what he said. So he turned and it down. And everyone cheers. Yeah. So this movie stars Boyd Holbrook. And Boyd Holbrook, uh, apparently, Benicio Del Toro was originally supposed to star in the lead role. He he was replaced by Boyd, Boyd Holbrook due to scheduling conflicts. This movie also has Olivia Munn, uh, Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele. Uh, Sterling K. Brown uh, is in this movie. Um, Thomas Jane. Um, his character, he played a character who had Tourette's. And uh, a lot of people didn't really like appreciate like the portrayal of his character with Tourette's, but uh, little I, little known fact here: Shane Black, the director, made the character this way because Shane Black actually has Tourette's. Oh, interesting! Nah, so probably take not. That naysayers. Yeah, there's different there's different levels like different levels of Tourette's, and uh, Shane Black. I, I don't th- I don't think like his is like. Like a like a like a high level of Tourette's, but um, I I knew I I, I knew a, a kid in with, with Tourette's when I was younger. Yeah, me too. There was a kid that went to our high school that had it as well. Yeah, I remember like uh, um, I made him laugh. I made him laugh. He, we had a I made him laugh. I don't know. Like we would joke around. Like he knew he had Tourette's. He knew what he did. But I would make him laugh, and like every once in a while, it was, uh, uh, the one thing that I remember him saying was he would say, "Get off the bed, get off the bed." And like he didn't, he he didn't even know he was saying it, but he'd say, "Get off the bed." But like I, you know, I would always tell jokes and make him laugh, and so he's a good kid. So, you know, I I think it's one of those things. Like if you're not exposed to somebody with Tourette's and and, and you laugh at it, you know, I, I I get it. You know, you you don't see it all the time, but like once you get to know somebody that has Tourette's and and, and, and you start to get used to it, it's not it's not a big deal. You know? Yeah, I'm sure he'd rather have you laughing at it than be like completely off put and weirded out by it. So. Uh, I wouldn't tell jokes about his Tourette's. I would just tell him jokes. Oh, yeah. I would just tell him jokes and get him to laugh. You know? So he's a good kid. He's a good kid. Uh, Trevante Rhodes is in this. Jacob Tremblay is in this. Uh, he's the he was he played the little boy from Room, and um, in this film uh, he plays a character who's on the spectrum. So and that does play a significant part in the film. Jake Busey. He, uh, he's in this movie. He plays the son of Peter Keyes, the government official from Predator 2, who died during the hunt for the Predator. And uh, Peter Keyes was played by Gary Busey, who is Jake's father in real life. So there's a little oh, bit wow. of a connection there. Alfie Allen is in this movie from Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either until I started watching it. Um, and uh, this is the movie where uh, they cut. Edward James Almost was in this film. He was almost in this film because they cut every scene of Edward James Almost out of this film. <laughs> Edward James Almost in this film. <laughs> Edward James Almost in this movie. So yeah, he's gone. <laughs> they cut him. But um, let me talk about what, what did I think about the Predator? What did I think about the Predator? So I saw the Predator, and um, I absolutely loved the first forty-five minutes of this movie. Yeah, I, I did. I the first forty-five minutes of this movie are incredible. The movie starts with like this amazing, like, uh, just like the first movie. Like, the first movie actually starts with a scene from space and you kind of see like this ship, like, come to Earth. This actually kind of like, 
it starts with like a, a, a zoom in shot of space and you see two ships chasing it, like one ship chasing another ship. Uh, one, uh, one predator ship creates a wormhole, goes through a wormhole and then comes to earth. And so it starts off kind of like the original predator, but with like a little bit more look at like, you know, how the predator got to earth. And, um, and then you, of course we get Jacob Tremblay, the little kid, you know, he gets the package. Like we saw that in the trailer. He gets the, the best loot crate ever with, uh, with the predator, you know, armor <laughs> and all that shit, you know? And then, I, oh, fuck me. Um, the first 45 oh. minutes of this movie, the first 45 minutes, I was having a great time. I really was. I was having a blast. It was, it was absolutely fun. And like, I even forgave it for some of the shit. Like there's, like they, there's some callbacks to the jokes in the original Predator. Like there's this Travante Rhodes at one point, like he's pointing at some motorcycles and he says, get to the choppers. Mm. That was a little lame. I was like, that's fucking stupid. And then that is fucking stupid. And then there's one where Olivia Munn looks at a predator for the first time and she says, you are one beautiful motherfucker instead of Arnold's. You are one ugly motherfucker. Mm. Yeah, that's a little bit cheeky. But the, 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 but then there's call like those are like, like, really bad callbacks there's one that's really subtle and cool there's jokes that one character doesn't get in the movie and that's straight out of predator like when when i think it i think it was hawkins who was telling jokes and billy never got the jokes until later in the movie and in this movie the like, like there's like uh you know characters telling jokes and like thomas jane characters that doesn't get it and gets angry about it and i was like i kind of appreciated that that was kind of cool one of the jokes that keegan michael key says in this movie oh my god this movie is so not pc uh one of the jokes that keegan michael key says in this movie is like um how do you circumcise a homeless man and he says oh no <laughs> and he says you kick thomas jane's mother in the mouth <laughs> And uh, whatever his wow. character's name was. And I was just like, it took me a second. And I was like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so I was like, holy shit. But that's like, that's how military guys joke around with each other. So, you know, like the military, there's a lot of, there's a lot of F-bombs thrown. And there's like, there's a, you, yeah, yeah. If you've never it's been. It's a Predator movie. It should be a bit raw. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It's just when when they when we get into the last half of this movie, um, this movie falls apart for me. It really does, and they make some like blasphemous changes here. The movie introduces like the we've seen Predator Hounds in the Predators movie, the one with Adrian Brody. Like you know, people saw the Predator Hounds uh, come out in the Funko Pop toys. Um, this is not new. Like the Predator Hounds were in the Predators movie, which this movie actually makes. Aliens versus Predator canon too. There's a part in the movie where they show the alien tail spear that was used in Aliens versus Predator. It's actually hanging on a wall that they have. But anyway, uh, the, the Predator hounds in this movie start off and like that scene is pretty fucking cool. They're pretty terrifying. Then they make, then they make this stupid change to the Predator hounds, which makes them just a ridiculous joke. Um, they, Climate change becomes like a big part of this movie at one point in time and like the predator's motivations and moving into earth and stuff like that. And that was kind of fucking stupid. Um, 
the the little boy that has autism um that becomes like a big deal in this. I don't want to spoil it too much. I, I part of me really wants to kind of fucking spoil it, but part of me doesn't want to. The ending to this movie is absolutely ridiculous. The final scene in this movie is just the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Um I was Oh man, that kind of makes me excited. You got to watch it. It's just ridiculous. It's like it's basically like Shane Black. Uh, it's like it's like it fan, it's like fan fiction. It's fan <laughs> fiction. <sighs> This movie started off really fun, and then, like, the last half of this movie is just terrible, in my opinion. I'm going to give this a low, low taste it. Um, I don't have a problem with a movie being, like, a big, dumb action film, but, like, it's like when they alter the characters so much and, like, character motivations and story and stuff like that that I have a big problem with. I don't know. I, 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 I don't I just... Yeah, I don't know. This movie starts off really fun, and I was really getting into it, and then everything else at the end is just ridiculous. It's the it's just a big dumb action movie, and then just some That's, stupid choices. It kind of sucks. I feel I feel like they kind of got you a little bit there, right? Because I don't think you had the highest expectations going in, yeah. and then it sounds like you actually surprisingly had a lot of fun for a good forty forty five minutes. Yeah. So yeah. it almost hurts a bit more when the whole thing just kind of turns into drag. Yeah, and I'm 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 a predator purist, I guess, and, and, and I guess, and so like when they start making like some changes to predator motivations, and they start bringing climate change into it, and <laughs> and stuff like that, I was just kind of like ridiculous. Jake, got a question for you. So, low taste the predator. I don't have much to say. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Hopefully, you'll see it, Jake. Eventually, I don't expect you to go to the theater and watch it, but if you do watch it. Like to hear what your thoughts are. Do you know who the voice of the original Predator was in in the in the in the first Predator movie? I do not. Peter Cullen. Oh wow! The voice of Optimus Prime. Yes, Peter Cullen, uncredited, but he was the voice of the original Predator. Hmm. Can you hear it? Have you watched that recently? I literally watched Predator maybe two. No, like literally, probably like three weeks ago. Because I was like, I was like. For as much as, like, I wasn't as excited to see this movie, I was like, man, I'm going to watch Predator again. I'm going to watch Predator yeah, again. Yeah, Predator's yeah. still Predator, no matter how much they fucking make dumb remakes, right? Yeah, yeah. Predator, I don't know. Predator's badass. Anyway, I don't know. I know other people I, the Other people have contacted me on uh, social media and said that they've really, really enjoyed it. They thought it was fun. And hey, that's that's fantastic. That's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first 35 to 45 minutes of this movie, and then I was just ready for it to end. And that final scene is a fucking joke. That is like straight fucking bullshit fan fiction that you'd read on some bullshit Reddit post. <laughs> it's just the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh man, I might use my A list and see this. I kind of have to know. It's oh my god, Jake. I uh, yeah, I want to talk to you about this, and I want us to talk about it on the air, and we'll fucking like if you do watch it, like we'll save it for like a future episode, and like it'll be like post credit scene for me and you. Like after our music plays, me and you are just going to talk about this final scene because I, it's it's ridiculous. It is <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous what happens in this final scene. Oh. All right. All right. I'll make a note of it. I got to check that out. 
I don't want to hear it. Dude. I don't want to like read the uh, clickbait on it either. I kind of want to see the dumbness. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, you got to. I went Thursday. I went in the dude. I went to the Dolby Atmos theater in Champaign. I went to the Dolby Atmos. I was like, I want to see this on a huge screen with the amazing audio and the guns and the explosions. And it's like, you know, I was actually, I was actually like really happy with like the first 45 minutes of this movie. And, and there's some suspect CGI in this too, too. I mean, in this too, too, uh, in this movie as well. There's some suspect CGI that I was not a big fan of. There's, there's a part where like a predator's hurt and he's spitting up and it, he just looks fake. Like back in the day, man, you were looking at like a real, that's what I, I love about the predators, the design, the pre, like the, the actual design of the predator, the face, the way the mouth opens up, the, the prosthetic, the, the, the way it looks. Dude, this super predator literally is like, it's gotta be like 13 to 14 feet tall. This thing is fucking huge. It is absolutely humongous. It's crazy because, like, you see the super predator fight like a regular predator, and this thing like towers over that. Like, it looks like the original predator towering over Schwarzenegger. Like, Schwarzenegger's like six three, six four, and this thing looks like oh, it's it, it's gargantuan. It's actually it's just ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's all CGI or is it a person? It's CGI. It's CGI. Uh, it's CGI. Like they, they used a person for the movements, of course, like, you know, but it, it's all CGI. And you can tell like later in the movie, like there's a close up on the, on the thing's face and it just looks terrible. Like I, I miss like that prosthetic fucking like mask that they used in the first movie. Just silly. Yeah, there's something to be said about practical effects, especially when yeah. it comes to you're trying to like instill fear in people with like mm-hmm. a movie monster. Uh, Bojack Horseman season five came out on Netflix. I'm only four episodes in. I started the fifth episode. I'm not even going to give a rating yet. Um, I'm enjoying it. I can't. I can't give it a Tupperware yet because I'm not too far into the season. But this is great. I mean, Jake Bojack Horseman, man. I'm telling you, like this show explores like depression and relationships better than most actual live action shows you know it's crazy how good this show is it really is yeah it's like animation kind of gives you that freedom right where you can kind of explore some like taboo subjects yeah. that may seem a little bit off-putting when you're dealing with actual real actors and people right you can kind of go to that next level of exploration yeah. Fucking Will Arnett. Oh, uh, Rami Malek is in this season. He plays uh, Flip. What's his name? Flip McSomething or whatever. I don't know. Uh, Jimmy McFlipper. I don't know what the fuck his name is. But Rami Malek from uh, uh, he's going to be the uh, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. He's also the lead in uh, USA's Mr. Robot. Rami Malek plays a character in this season. He's really good. So, yeah, I'm going to continue watching BoJack Horseman. I'll probably give my full thoughts next week once I finished it. Um, kidding episode two on Showtime. Have you watched the second episode of Kidding, Jake? No, I thought that dropped on Sundays. It does drop on Sundays. Um, and this uh, um, last week was the second episode. Oh, I was confused by us getting to watch yes. the first episode early. early. Yeah, last week was the second episode. I'm going to tell you that the second episode was an absolute Tupperware, and the first fucking five minutes of this episode are brilliant i'm gonna spoil it for you you've got a character who's kind of like mr rogers here oh should i say anything i really want to oh man i really i really want to see like i i have i was planning on actually watching this like okay. when we finish okay. recording okay 
Okay. So will there be episode three for me tonight? Am I going to get to watch two? You're going to get to watch two. You're going to get to watch oh, two. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I won't say anything because, like, I want you to have the same reaction that I had when I watched the first five minutes of episode two because it was just, like, I loved it. It was so awesome. And it really has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. It was just a really cool thing for them to throw in. But yeah, like Jim Carrey is killing it on the Showtime series where he's kind of playing like a Mr. Rogers character who's kind of like losing his shit. He's lost his family and he lost a child. And this is just a, an incredible show. Kidding is so good. It's really, it's hitting its stride in the second episode, Jake. It really is, man. It's really good. Yeah, when Michael Gondry has a great idea, then it really comes through on the screen. Yeah, Jason Bateman's a producer on this. It's just, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, I watched all eight episodes of the new show Forever on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. They dropped eight episodes, 25 minute episodes. It's created by Matt Hubbard and Alan Yang. Uh, Matt Hubbard is best known as a writer and producer for 30 Rock and Parks and Recreation. Alan Young is best known as a writer and producer for Parks and Recreation, Master of None, and The Good Place. Uh, this series stars Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, two Saturday Night Live alumni, and they play June and Oscar, live a comfortable but very predictable wedded life that when suddenly they find themselves in a completely unexpected situation, raising questions about love and marriage. Um, at the beginning of the show, you kind of like see this montage and it's set to music. It kind of feels a little Wes Anderson, but kind of not. <laughs> I don't know. But you see this montage and it's set to music. Did you watch any of this, Jake? No, no. Okay. I did um, read kind of what the the deal was, though. Damn it. Oh, man. I Don't spoil it on the show because, like, I didn't know what it was going into it. And um, uh, one, that's one of the neatest things about this show. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. You're either going to get it or you don't. And there's this montage set to music at the beginning of the show of, like, how June and Oscar meet each other. And then you see them, like, doing all these different things together. Before it finally just like, you know, like, like here they are at the bowling alley. Here they are doing this. Here they are doing that. And then all of a sudden, like, you see, like, the montage change to them just sitting down every night and eating dinner together. Night after night. Nothing's changing. It's like, that's what happens, right? You know? Yeah, it's yeah, like same first, old, same old. Yeah. Hey, uh, this is what I do. You know, I'm into bowling. I like bowling. I like going out bowling. And then she's like, oh, I like going to musicals. And then you're doing your own thing. You're introducing each other to different worlds. And then you stop doing that. You get comfortable. And then every night it's like you're eating the same fucking dinner. And you're sitting down and you're doing nothing. And that's what, that's what this shows is this little montage. And that, and then, and then, um, this show is so bizarre, Jake. I I don't want to. I don't know if you read what I what I didn't know going into this, but you don't really find out what this show is about until the end of episode two. Until the end of episode two, if you stop at episode one and you're like, "Fuck this show! This show's bullshit. I'm not into it." You didn't. You don't even know what the show's about until you finish episode two, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. And I don't even know what to rate this show, Jake. This is the most bizarre show that I've seen all year. All I and know. You say you watched the whole run. I watched the whole fucking thing in one goddamn day because I couldn't stop because it, it's so fucking weird. Part of me just wants to give it a Tupperware because I couldn't stop watching it. 
Part, I mean, to me, that's the definition of a Tupperware, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you binge the whole goddamn thing. I but, but see, like the uh, on the flip side, it's like I can understand why somebody would watch this and get bored with it. I can understand why people would watch this and get bored with it. I totally get it. But on the flip side, I just I, I had to keep watching this. It is such a bizarre show, and it does have like these moments where you get to see like Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen doing what they do best, and like you know, yeah, giving us some great comedy here. You know, there's, there, there, there are some moments where they give us some great comedy. Like Maya Rudolph at one point tells like a, she's taking a skiing class and, uh, they couldn't take the adult skiing class. So they got stuck with the children's skiing class. She gets pissed off at a little boy, a 12 year old boy and tells him, tells a 12 year old boy to suck her dick. Like, you know, like we get, we get moments like that. And then we just get moments where like, where like Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen are just bouncing off one another. And it's just funny. You know, you get to, um, they talk about like what what is the best food to eat at a beach, and it's just like I love that. Like I love it. I love it when two creative people can bounce off one another and just have that kind of conversation. That just feels like it's a it's a it's a natural conversation between two funny fucking people. And uh, and those two specifically have had yeah. lots of experience in that field, even with each other, yeah. right? Yeah, Catherine Keener, who's in fucking uh, Catherine Keener, who's in uh, Kidding with Jim Carrey, is also a big part in this show. But I can't spoil this show. You either you're either gonna like it, you're either gonna hate it, or you're gonna love it. And I kind of love it, and I can't wait for the second season. I just I binge the fuck out of this thing. It's so weird. There's nothing like it. And I, I there, part of me like wants to compare it to another show, but if I compare it to that other show, I kind of give away what it is. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, watch this show. Don't go in thinking you know what the show's going to be like until you finish episode. Oh, sorry. Hi. Hi, Mike. Um, <laughs> don't go into this show thinking you know what it's about until you finish episode 2. But it's called Forever. And it's on Amazon Prime. Some of you people out there are going to hate it. And you're going to be like, what the fuck does Brian see in this thing? And I'm going to tell you that you're a simple-minded, foam mouth fucker. And you don't – and you <laughs> – I'm kidding. Whatever. Different <laughs> – going back to Dana Plato, different strokes for different folks, right? So I I really enjoyed it. I couldn't stop watching it. BoJack Horseman Season 5 was out. Norm MacDonald has a show was out. And I, I and and I was just gonna watch one episode of Forever and then start those, and then I couldn't stop watching Forever because it was just so weird and different that I had to keep watching it. And by the time I, I knew what was going on, I was like, I finished all eight episodes, and they're twenty five minutes, so it's easy to watch. Yeah, quick, like easy breezy, right? I can yeah. just see you hit next, 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 next. Yeah. I feel like I've been talking this. Good Pop Bad Pop has just been me, just rambling. How, how's that work, Jake? That's not fun, listening to me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to watch some fucking shit. No, I'm not, I'm not blaming you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of like apologizing to our audience for just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, it's, hey, it's been Brian's story time brought to you by Brian. Like the whole show like hinges on what I'm saying right now. Everything that I'm saying, a whole show hinges on it. And I'm probably talking about shit that nobody even gives a fuck about, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it. That's that's the nature of good pop, bad pop, right? Yeah. I mean, you just kind of like, it's not going to be 100%. Like, I, you know, I hate people that bitch about that aspect of our show. And, oh, they talked about this thing I didn't care about for a half an hour or whatever. Yeah. Like, that, it, 
it's a little bit of a hodgepodge potpourri over here. Jake, so. you just confirmed my greatest fears that I am the most boring person ever. <laughs> no, that, that is not. <laughs> listening to me is just, listening to me is like picking belly button lint. You know, it's just like it's not true. You're not, you're not the most boring person it's like ever. A, a menial task. Maybe like, the most boring person with a podcast. Yeah, but not like in all of humanity. You know, oh, just, oh, okay. So we've narrowed it down <laughs> to like podcasting in general. The one, the the thing that I'm doing right now. So like, hey, Brian, the thing that you're doing right now, you are the number one uh, boring person. You are the you, you yeah. You're you're, <laughs> you're destroying the craft. <laughs> <laughs> destroying the craft. <laughs> you're like, remember how cereal brought it up a couple notches? Yeah. Well, yeah. This is like the opposite of that. Yeah, exactly. You're bringing it down. You're bringing it down. <laughs> All right, that's all. I, that's all. That's all I got for Brian's good pop, bad pop. Um, <laughs> good pop, Brian pop, right? I like how you work the, the B into my name. <laughs> that's good stuff. Oh, I took a drink there. Stop it. Whew, whew, I'm glad we're having fun and no one else is. All right, that's all that's that counts. All that that's all. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's why we have no sponsors. <laughs> hey, we did. They, they, they went out of business. <laughs> one up box went out of business, Jake. Is that a true story? Yes, one up box sent me an email a few months ago saying that they uh, closed up shop. So they're done. I actually, I got sent a. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, saw, I actually sent you the email. We got asked to be a sponsor for uh, for those what are those carbon fiber wallets. <laughs> was it, wasn't that what it was? It was wallets. It was wallets. They, yeah, they, they I would work that in naturally. <laughs> they wanted us to talk about wallets. Oh my god! It's like part of me was just like, "Holy shit!" Should I just agree to this so I can get this? It's like an eighty dollar, ninety dollar wallet. They'll send it to me. But then I remembered, like you know, like Studio Sweden. They when they were a sponsor, they sent me the headphones, and literally after the first use, the the left side of the of of, of, of the of the headphone stopped working. I was like, "We can't, we can't sell these. These are terrible." Oh man, that is funny. The wallets. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, I never responded. I never responded. I was like part of me was like, fuck, I could get a free wallet out of this if I sell my soul to the wallet Satan. God, I love the history of our product placement so far. It's been pretty fucking hilarious. Well, the first 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 uh the first person that wanted to sponsor us was a was a hot sauce company. <laughs> They wanted us to sling hot sauce on the episode. Hey, uh, welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. Uh, you want something to make your chicken pop? That's <laughs> some yeah. hot sauce. Yeah. We can't talk about uh, Iron Man 3 right now because our mouths are fucking burning. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a break. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous. All right. Let's take a quick break and come back with the pop culture look. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's come back with the objects. <laughs> come back with, yeah, the, <laughs> with objects. Oh my gosh. I watched all, uh, all the objects for sharp objects. <laughs> 
I'm using yeah, it This all. is my favorite culture of uh, pop culture leftovers. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, some of my favorite words that we're using in this episode, this wordy episode. All right, we're going to take <laughs> a take a quick break and uh, come back and talk about the pop culture leftovers news. All right, hey, we are back, and it is now time for the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> Jake, is this episode <laughs> as terrible as I think it is? No, no. I don't. I think rarely is the episode as terrible as you think it is. That's a high. That's a high mark. I gotta think that people, after a while. People are listening and they're like, oh, Brian's just saying it's terrible because he wants the validation that it's not. And that's not the truth. <laughs> like I legit. No, no, I'll be your yes man here all day long. Yeah, you mean it. <laughs> I legit think it's a train wreck, you know? No, you seek no validation and in fact will get even more upset if people try to convince you otherwise. Yeah, we talk about these movies all the time. We talk about like how they, like the movie, ah, the news I'm hearing about this movie sounds like it's going to suck. Like, that's how I feel about 90% of our episodes. <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, we're like the latest Predator reboot. We are. We absolutely are. Yeah. You hope it could, it could be good. There's times when we have yeah. been good. Yes. Yes. There's times where, oh, we're on fire. And it's like, wow, man. And, uh, yeah, it's a weird episode. I feel like we we keep almost getting on fire, but not yeah. quite. Oh, I know. We're like it's like we've we've sunk two baskets in NBA Jam, but as soon as like we go for the third so we can get on fire, we totally don't. Yeah, yeah, we get the awkward moment of silence <laughs> joke from way. I think we're both um equally to blame this one too. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's a co op of <laughs> <laughs> We both landed a few duds, so I'm, it's uh, what, yeah. what are you gonna do? What are yeah. you gonna do? I we, mean, got, we still got news. Is is, ta- is talking about the uh, the subpar performance helping at all? Do you think? Do you think this um, is? Adding- I don't think this is the worst part of this episode. <laughs> if that answers the question, top five moment possibly of the podcast here. <laughs> Where we talk about how bad the podcast is. Can we just go back to my joke of trisexual? Can we, can, like, can, like, that was like the highlight, right? Yeah, that was good. That was good. There you, we were riding the high there. You know, we were like, woo, yeah, Brian, you're bringing it. And then that was one of those moments, yeah. though. If you rewind, we, we sink one basket, we sink two baskets, yes. and then we do not catch on fire. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, fuck my life. Hey, New York Comic Con announced that Hellboy will have a panel on October 6th, so that probably is going to mean that we're going to get finally get to see a trailer for the new David Harbour Hellboy reboot next month and on that date. So, yeah, I got it, I got it on my calendar. I circled the date there. I'm like, that's October 6th, guys. That's when they're having the Hellboy panel. October 6th, we're probably going to get that first Hellboy teaser trailer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually very excited to see this trailer um, just to get a better. We've been talking about this reboot for what seems like a long time now, yes. and it'll be nice to kind of have like everything tonally cemented in my head to what we're going to get. You know, can I let me let me refresh your memory here. Ian McShane is going to be in this movie, Jake. Oh, yeah, I love Ian McShane. So do I. So do I. I got to get back on the uh, Deadwood. I, I finished the first season. I absolutely loved it. I need to knock out the next two now that they're doing the, the Deadwood movie. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I'm probably long overdue for a Deadwood rewatch. I was a really big fan of it, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've watched it other than by yeah. the week-to-week thing. Sure. Hey, speaking of Deadwood, I want you to visualize my penis on the tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, bring it, bring it back. Don't tarnish Deadwood like that. <laughs> Appreciate the the, the uh, tricycle jokes, the <laughs> trisexual jokes. But. I know. I'm. Gosh, <laughs> don't make me. Uh, I don't want to do the Deadwood rewatch now. Yeah, I know. I just killed it. <laughs> I killed it. Hey, news from Bloody Disgusting about uh, a can- uh, about the Candyman franchise, Candyman, which has basically been dormant for twenty years. The writer for the article states, in poking around for a revival screening, I learned that the rights have become available once again. TriStar had released the first two films while Artisan was behind 1999's Day of the Dead. While I'm unsure who is the current rights holder, it may have reverted back to Clive Barker for all I know. I do know that Jordan Peele is in talks to produce a remake of the film through his Monkey Paw Productions. It's unclear if he plans to direct. So, Jake, Candyman reboot possibly um, from uh, Jordan Peele might be involved in this. Uh, Candyman was one of those movies when it came out when I was a kid and I rented it. Um, watched it at home. I never, I didn't see it in the theater, but I did watch it at home. It was one of those movies where after I got done, I absolutely loved the film and I was scared to go and look in a mirror and say Candyman five times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I'm the opposite of this. I always was kind of thought it was a stupid franchise. Really? Yeah. Like I, I think I love the actor that played Candyman, and I think he did a good job as kind of the movie yeah. monster in uh, that franchise uh, and everything. Tony Todd. Whole, Tony Todd. Oh, what's his name again? Tony Todd, who's actually going to be in that new Hellfest movie. He plays kind of like the uh, um, like the carnival barker at this Hellfest, which is like this haunted house experience. He's uh, yeah, he's going to be in Hellfest that movie. It comes out. Look, looks fun. I, I want to watch it. But yeah, Tony Todd's the actor. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He totally makes the role. and But it's just like, I don't know. As a kid, it was so similar to Bloody Mary mm-hmm. that it, it made me not scared by it. Like, it, it brought me out of the fantasy. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like the, the mythology and the lore of the character. Kind of like it, it was it, it was as cool as Freddy Krueger was to me. Like, how, how Freddy became Freddy and how Freddy would, like, haunt your nightmares. Like, this guy... It, it was, it had to deal with like, uh, you know, this guy and racism and, 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 and these people killing him and torturing him with the bees and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I have respect for the movie and yeah. especially kind of the social stuff it brings up and everything. Yeah. But, you know, as a, a fucking nine year old, you know, I'm not critically verified and it just, I don't know. It never did anything for me. It so came I, out in like, 92. It, it came out in 92. So you would have been 14. 14. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just remember being like, meh, about it. Sure. I saw, I remember seeing it in the theater, though. Yeah, okay, I didn't see it in the theater. I loved this movie when it came out. It was one of the, I don't know, I I absolutely love this movie. And, you know, I know reboots are kind of like frowned upon by a lot of people, you know, that uh, follow our show. But Jordan Peele doing this, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, the way he did Get Out, that was a horror film, and that dealt with race and social issues. Candyman is kind of the same thing. And the, the first director was a white director, 
And I think that this could be, he could, you know, Jordan Peele could reinvent this and uh, even make it more kind of like a, even make more social impact with this than, uh, than the original film. I, I, I don't know that. Yeah. You're selling me on it. I mean, I love Jordan Peele and, um, yeah, I, I could see that if, if using the name Candyman to, to like make this thing, give him more, more notoriety yeah. and more awareness to this movie, then, then I, I'm, I'm for it. Like it's not, yeah, but we can't, I mean, they, they we definitely can't, rebooted dumber shit. We can't be using CGI bees, right? We got to use actual bees like they did in the, in, in the movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the, got to get your bee guys on set. Yeah. <laughs> get the, maybe we get Jerry Seinfeld in there to play a bee, right? <laughs> oh man! What That's is the deal with movie. all these bees? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Weren't the bees? The bees were not practical in the original Candyman either, right? I thought they were. I thought they were using actual bees in that movie. I don't know. Maybe. I was just, <laughs> oh man! I think you've got fourteen-year-old eyes thinking <laughs> about Candyman one. Fourteen-year-old eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was bad CGI then too. Really? Uh, bad, like back in ninety, was it ninety one, ninety two? Like the bad CGI uh, was like in the Lawnmower Man, where they did the first virtual virtual reality. Like that was terrible. I and like, oh, do you remember? Remember the video for Def Leppard? Let's get rocked. You remember that? Remember? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. For I don't sure. know. I felt like I, the, maybe not CGI, but it's like it's like other footage, like superimposed onto other footage type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think there's, like, a guy with his mouth open and literal shit shooting out, though. I thought it was some kind of fucked up effect. Didn't they use, didn't they use just, like, uh, didn't they, uh, like, Aunt B from, uh, from, from the Andy Griffith show? Didn't they? (laughs) I, sometimes I hate when I really think you're getting ready to, like, drop some knowledge on me. And and they pull out. And it's something really dumb instead. Aunt B from, my dad was a big fan of the Andy Griffith show, so my oh, dad. Man. I was know, like you, legitimate, like, oh, what do you? Oh, me, me and my and sister. It's an Aunt B joke. Aunt B joke. Me and my sister, when we were kids, like for my dad's birthday one year, we pitched in and bought him uh, Andy Griffith trading cards, like the whole set. <laughs> That's kind of fucking awesome. Don't eat the gum. My dad was a big fan. My dad went to the actual town of like where they filmed Mayberry and all that stuff. And my dad was a huge Andy Griffith fan. I I bought my dad a Don Knotts signed autograph before Don Knotts died. So. Listen, the bees were bred specifically for the movie Candyman. They They needed to make sure that the bees were only 12 hours old so they looked like mature bees. Yeah, you fucking know. Are you getting into facts, like actual facts of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking this up? Are you Wikipedia yeah, and this I was, shit? I was, re- I was talking to you and reading about how they did the bee shit. Hey, man, yeah. Do you think that, like, when you look up facts about bees, do you go to Wikipedia? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's one. Two more, and we're on fire. Oh shit! No, all the pre- <laughs> the pressure, the pressure. Oh my god. <laughs> Jake, you're killing me, man. Don't put me under this pressure. I- <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. Game show time. Tony Tony Todd did three Candyman movies, okay? Yeah. How many times was he stung by real movies no. in the making of all three movies? Oh, shit. I would say 34 times. Ooh, lower. I can get three oh, guesses. lower. We're going lower. I'm going to go with 12. Higher. I'm going to go with 17. 
Uh, it's the magic number 23. Tony Todd was stung by bees 23 times oh, during man. this phase of filming all three candy he, movies. He got, he, yeah, Michael Jordan's number. He got, he got Jordan throughout that production. <laughs> yeah, that's a man dead. That's a method acted, right? Acting right there. Mm. Dedicated to his craft. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 12 hour old bees. So their stinger wouldn't be powerful enough to do real damage. So they were specifically breeding bees, and then the moment they were 12 hours old, they were filming the scenes. That's fucked up. Hey, welcome to the world <laughs> 12 hours later, and now you're, you know... Because bees die once they sting somebody, you know? Yeah, it is super fucked up, and they're probably scared. Where's, like, <laughs> bee, like, PETA? Where's beta? <laughs> Right? Beta? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're on fire! <laughs> no, that's just two, I think. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we need that one. Beta. That is super <laughs> fucked up, though, man. Those, it's like, they're just literally, like, raising bees to fucking, like, torture in the making of this Candyman movie. Yeah. Do you remember when, like, there, there were people that were, like, these healers that were, like, poking people with bees and they were saying, like, that this would heal you? Do you remember yeah, that? I do remember that. Remember That's that? fucked up. That is fucked up. That's fucked up. Yeah, look it up, people. There's a whole episode of King of the Hill on it with, uh, you know, the Hank Hill and the Bobby Hill and the, the Dale. Uh, they did a whole episode on it. It's funny stuff. Anyway. <laughs> Listen to the, some of the Candyman trivia I'm reading is the dumbest shit ever. Candyman's coat is a very dark purple, emulating a certain Candyman of a different kind, Willy Wonka. What? what the fuck, guys? Someone's looking a little bit too far. Yeah. <laughs> how many? Pe- how many people? Like you know, you know, is that on IMDb or Wikipedia? Yeah. IMDb. IMDb. Yeah, give that the thumbs down because you can give them the thumbs down. <laughs> yeah. I did you find this helpful? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that's true. That's someone adding. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, final. Yeah. Wow. Not a lot of news this week. Uh, final. You're thing. Like, we'll get through this quick, and then we talk for a half an hour about no. Candyman. Candyman. I, I enjoyed the Candyman movie, but you know, then again, I'm looking through it with my 14 year old eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Like sometimes, every now and again, I revisit a movie that I haven't seen since I was a mm-hmm. kid, and sometimes yeah. it's fucking brilliant and still is amazing, you know. But every now yeah. and again, you're like, oh my god. Sure. Every, sometimes I, sometimes I view a movie through my 14 year old eyes. Other times I, I view a movie through my Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying for every back to the future, there's a spaced invaders. That's true. That is very true. That's true. I loved Candyman though. I don't know. I, I was back then. It, I, I, I was more into horror back then when I, when I was a kid, cause like they really had to do all the practical effects and. I'm not, I don't like the the new the new CGI horror that's been coming out. So anyway. yeah, yeah. I used to see all the horror when I was like, um, my grandpa took me to everything. I remember specifically my friend Chris came with me when we saw Candyman and him mm-hmm. just being like super nervous and excited that he was seeing an R-rated movie in the theater, and it was very old hat to me already. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow, that was a weird noise that came out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> it happened. There we go. We're back. <laughs> We lost our streak. <laughs> that came to a halt. <laughs> no, I, dude, I honestly, I think we came to a halt a long time ago. Um, but anyway, I was being nice. I was being nice. If you were a fan of uh, Conan O'Brien back in the day, 
like I was. I'm still a fan, but I don't watch Conan anymore. I got to be honest. I'm not watching TBS Conan. You hear they're going to do like a 30 minute Conan thing going forward. Like he's only gonna yeah, do- they're they're yeah. cutting the music guest out, which is really sad for me because I'm. I found a lot of my favorite musicians through Conan O'Brien's music. Yeah, but the thing is, I think Conan is like – he knows that a lot of this stuff is going online. So he's spending more time doing like online videos now too. So he's like, I'm going to do 30-minute shows and the future is like online streaming and all this shit. So I think – Yeah, he, viral videos that you can replay on the show. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, this news comes from ARS Technica. 25 years ago, NBC NBC gave us one of its coveted late-night hosting slots to uh, a complete Hollywood unknown with only a few TV series writing credits to his name. So, yeah, Conan O'Brien, like, my first introduction to him before I even knew it was he was a writer on Saturday Night Live. And, like, he used to actually, like, be in some certain sketches uh, during, like, Saturday Night Live as, you know, he wasn't a cast member, but he was a writer. And, like, going back and watching old SNL sketches, like, there would be sketches, for, like, where they'd have, like, somebody from the crowd ask a question to, like, whoever was, like, the host of the episode. And every once in a while, you'd see, like, a very young Conan O'Brien ask a question to, like, the host of SNL. So, mm-hmm. you know, Conan O'Brien was, he was a writer. And he was, the, the the big thing that they were talking about before Conan O'Brien became the host of the uh, of Late Night after Letterman went to CBS is Conan O'Brien was the writer that made all the other writers laugh. Like that was his big claim to fame. So Conan O'Brien, it was very controversial. It was, it was, it was a huge deal. I thought it was really cool when fucking Letterman had all that shit with NBC go down. Cause like Letterman wanted to take over the tonight show, but it, Instead, it went to Jay Leno, who was like, you know, kind of like the Jay Leno was the the comic that would host the Tonight Show when Johnny was sick. But, you know, Letterman had been doing it for years. And so Letterman wanted the Tonight Show. That was his dream. He wanted the Tonight Show, didn't get the Tonight Show. Leno got the Tonight Show. So Letterman was like, fuck this and moved over to CBS to compete with them. Um, and so that's when Conan O'Brien. I thought it was cool, though, that Letterman came back that first year to late night with Conan O'Brien and was one of his guests on that first season. And that was, that was Conan's biggest guest because if you remember, like Conan wasn't getting big name guests that first season. No. Yeah. It was like, even the headline guest was like a very D list guest. It'd be like Kathy Griffin or something. Yeah, dude. I remember like fucking like, I still loved it though for how raw it was. Like I, like he would get like, okay, tonight's guests are Dweezil and Ahmet Zappa. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Cause I, those guys, it was the comedy sketches that kept drawing me in though. They were so adult compared to anything else you'd seen. Well, fucking like uh, when he had Pimp Bot, Pimp Bot, you remember Pimp Bot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna cut you. Yeah. Pimp Bot was hilarious. And then like that masturbating bear, the masturbating bear, um, Conan the blank Aryan and like they'd have like because like everybody would make fun of Conan's name as like Conan and Conan the Barbarian so like they had this whole like Conan the blank Aryan where you could like actually write into Conan and like give him like like um like a suggestion for like what they would use so I remember my friend uh my friend Amy was a huge Conan fan that first year and she wrote Conan O'Brien and Conan O'Brien sent her a headshot and signed it and sent it to her. I was like, how uh, fucking cool is that? 
Yeah, that is fucking cool. Yeah, I loved Conan. I used to watch it all the time. Like, I'd record it all the time. I actually used to have a DVD recorder machine, and I would record just the comedy sketches from the episode, and I made, like, three compilations of those. I have a bunch of old Conans on VHS that I haven't watched in years because I don't have a VHS player, but I have a bunch of – I have – I have most of the Conan Babies episodes recorded. Remember, oh, that's hilarious. Remember my, Con- one of my favorite gimmicks is um, the Conan. I remember the Conan Babies. Yeah, it was a cartoon, and it was like him and uh, a, a baby Max Weinberg and a, a baby Andy Richter, and they would go on little adventures and meet up with dinosaurs and shit. And it was like Muppet Babies, but Conan Babies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Shme- Robert Schmeagel was heavily involved in Conan back in those first four to five years with yeah. the comedy and the yeah. animation inside of it and everything. So I, that was kind of his stuff. I loved the failed mascots every year because they would legitimately every year they would do a segment where they would bring out seven or eight like characters that the writers came up with that they deemed not good enough. Yes. And they would actually yeah. trot them all out every year and just yeah. see just how ridiculous some of those things were. It was oh. just the best. Do you remember in the year 2000? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And they did it for a really long time, even post-2000, which was great. They did it post-2000. They would talk about things that would happen in the year 2000. And I actually have the Conan O'Brien book called In the Year 2000. So, yeah. Um, That's awesome. Triumph debut there. And Triumph yes. is still one of my favorite things fucking ever. Triumph the comic insult dog. Yes, Fucking, I love Conan, and so there was a huge announcement that came this week. We don't know all the details, but um, basically, uh, the uh, there was a uh, they're going to have the complete online archive of Conan's twenty five years in late night available coming in January 2019. The announcement does not include clarification of exactly where the video archive will be hosted, which could prove slightly complicated since that 25-year span includes work for both NBC and TBS. Um, Whether that means the full archive will land on a network-specific video hub on YouTube or on O'Brien's own Team Coco site remains to be seen as the announcement didn't include further details. Dude, I am so – I have not watched a lot of those old Conan episodes since I was a teenager. Jake, I watched the first episode of Conan O'Brien live the night that it aired. I was so ready and so excited to to see what he was going to bring to late night TV because that's back when late night TV meant something. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. I read this announcement this week. I'm super excited to have this library completely accessible. Um, honestly, I hope it lands on the Team Coco app. Um, mm-hmm. The Team Coco app is already just absolutely brilliant yeah. and very easy to navigate. And I like how you can watch the entire episodes and it has like like featured clips every week. And they already do a really great job on the Team Coco app of showing clips from the past yeah and it seems like they're allowed to do some of the older um nbc stuff on there still because they feature a lot of like older conan sketches all the time on the team coco app that would just be like the best place to watch it do you remember so i'm excited about that i can't wait to watch a lot of those old conan episodes like i remember watching like the dweezil and amet zappa episodes and just cracking up um and I want to watch the last week of The Tonight Show again. I hope that's available. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cause that was off the fucking rails. Yeah. He only had it for like three weeks and exactly. we got fired. He still, we knew he was fired and he still had to do it for a week. And mm-hmm. woof, yep. he was off the rails that week. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame him. I mean, it was a fucked up situation, you know, bringing Leno back and him losing everything. It was insane. So, um, did you ever, do you remember live stream at all? Oh, what is that? Like a medium? This was like, okay, there was, okay, before there was Facebook, like, what was it? Like, what is the, is it Facebook Live where you can get on and like record yourself? I don't do that shit. Is that it? Facebook Live? Is that what it yeah, is? Okay. Yeah, Facebook Video or Facebook, Facebook video Live. Or Facebook Live. And then like, what's the, what's the, uh, fucking Twitter one where you record yourself and you do shit? Uh, Periscope. Periscope. Yeah, I don't do any of that stuff, but like, I know like that was a thing. Before Periscope and Facebook Live and before, there were two services. There was one called Vetal and Vetal you could get on on Vetal and you could, re- you could just record whatever. Like, I actually used Vetal. I would just like, um, when I was working, I would actually just set up like a Vetal, like my Vetal of like, uh, where I was at work and just have like a street view and people could watch what was going. Cause I had like a, a street view from my office. And I just set it up there and there'd be people watching cars drive by and people walk by. And that's, that was my Vita live stream. And this was like, I'm talking about like eight, nine years ago, I was doing this and there was Vita and live stream. Well, Conan O'Brien was like trying to stay ahead of everybody and he did a live stream. And after the Conan O'Brien show would end, you could continue to watch what was going on in the studio on live stream and he would have People that were in the studio audience that night stay in the studio and sleep overnight. They actually had a uh, a mattress that they would pull out on the same stu- Conan O'Brien set, and they would put the mattress down, and people would sleep there for the night. And while they're sleeping, like just different things would happen throughout the night. I remember like watching this, and uh, it was after like the first season of American Horror Story, and like the person would come out there with like the, the weird leather gimp outfit, you know, and like walk by their bed. I remember Mr. Peanut made an appearance and was like swinging his cane by their bed. There was like a guy dressed up in like a bear costume that would come over by their bed, this mattress. But it was it was cool to watch. Like you could watch it 24 hours a day and there was just different weird things going on. You could watch the people set up the set for that night's show. But it was a constant. Now that you bring it up, I, I do remember it because um, I never actually watched the stream. Yeah. But I, I remember Conan plugging it. Yes. And, like sometimes on episodes of the show, they, they would show like yes. some of the highlights. Exactly. I would actually just sit there and kind of like out of boredom, just have it like I would have something else on. But I would also have like the Conan's uh, live stream just like playing on my phone as I'm watching other things. And I would just check it randomly and intermittently. But it was crazy. It was a lot of fun. I fucking love Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. Um, man, yeah, I'm excited for this. I, I, I can't wait to see it. I hope it, the layout is, just, I really hope it lands on Team Coco because then it'll be really easy to just navigate yeah. watching the skits and yeah. the, the music acts and the, the interviews I want to see, you know? Yeah. I got two other stories, but I'm going fuck them. Let's move on. So let's move on to Marvel News, right? Do it. Fuck these, <laughs> fuck these other stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck those stories. <laughs> They ain't Conan. They ain't Conan. Yeah, you can't follow Conan. <laughs> anyway, Marvel News. Let's move into Marvel News. 
Marvel news. Holy shit, dude! I'm gl- I'm so glad that that bumper is so long because like I I made a, a <laughs> I, I ran out of beer and I made like a trip to my refrigerator and I was like kind of like listening through it like the headphones as I'm I'm like oh my gosh I made it back in time I was I was gonna be so embarrassed if I got like tripped up and I I wasn't back here in time. Yeah, I wouldn't have known what was going on. Yeah. It would have been awkward silence for sure. It would have been totally weird. Weird for everybody. As if this episode's not weird enough. <laughs> this episode's okay. Uh, okay. I'm, yeah, that's I'm what liking we, it again. Yeah, we, we strive for okay. <laughs> I, I thought that's basically exactly what we you did. Yeah, <laughs> every, every parent at the end of the day hopes that they did an okay job raising their kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing okay job managing my sobriety, Jake. <laughs> I mean, that's all I hope for. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna OD, you know, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Marvel news. Hey, uh, last uh, what? Oh yeah, uh, in quick news, uh, Netflix Thailand may have given away the release date for Daredevil season three. They tweeted, "I was dying as a devil. I live a better life as Matthew Murdoch." October nineteenth, meet Daredevil season three. So yeah, wow, that's a lot sooner than I would have expected. Dude, they're not even giving any breathing room between uh, Iron Fist season two and Daredevil season three at that point. I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Do you think they're fast tracking these Netflix shows because they're not going to be on for much longer? No, I think I know, I know that that's not yeah. what we've heard. But. Yeah, I think they're sticking around on Netflix. I, I, Disney, with it being the family friendly service that they're talking about, I don't, I don't see these shows making an appearance on there. Yeah, I guess you're right. I think the, you're right. <clears throat> the plan was always to fast track these shows, right? That's why they fucking greenlit yeah. four of them at the same time in the first place. Well, Netflix has to pay for these rights anyway, and I think it only helps Disney. You know, to get this extra money. Disney's going to be losing money for a while. They make like, what was it? I said like a couple weeks ago, I talked about them losing like $2.6 billion by not licensing out a lot of these uh, movies and shows to other services or other networks, you know? So, yeah. The, you're talking about the transition from them licensing yeah. things out to them giving them away on their own service. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not going to be a smooth transition at first, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Yahoo Movies UK, they talked with Charlie Cox. He plays Matt Murdock, Daredevil, in the series. He did tease this about season three. He said, the only thing that I am excited about is that we did we do have a scene in the show that is an homage to the corridor scene from series one. I'm very excited about the fans <laughs> to see that. I know. Every Netflix Marvel series ever had an homage to that scene? No fucking shit, dude. I'm done with these fucking hallway corridor scenes. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I can't believe he was actually trying to say that sincerely. I know. It's I don't know. God damn it. That first one was so great, but it's like... You know, like, you know, it's kind of like what that reminds me of, Jake, is like trying to capture the magic again, trying to capture that magic in a bottle again. Right. That 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 lightning in a bottle where it was like you you had the you had the quicksilver scene in the first, uh, you know, days of future past. I couldn't even tell you what the the, the quicksilver scene was in uh, in in Apocalypse. I don't even remember. It It was in the mansion. He was doing something in the mansion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 80s music was playing. Yeah. He was saving kids from the X Mansion exploding. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. That sounds right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. All we remember about like I, uh, Daredevil season one was like him saving that 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 kid, and it was an it was an amazing fight scene. There was like no cuts, and it was just you know action packed yeah. and amazing. And it's like in and out of the doors. Yeah. The choreography was so good. It's not that I, I don't know. It's just it's just so weird the way they're promoting just that scene further on, like three seasons later. And, well, he says the one thing I'm excited about that we did was paying homage to the corridor scene. <laughs> yeah. Of course you did. You pay homage to every time. I mean, they did it in the second season, too. I forget how. Yeah, they it did. It was the they did. stairwell scene in yeah. the second season. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, I think the quotes were like, oh, we're going to one-up the stairwell scene. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm, okay. Jake, that was funny. Yeah, I had to interrupt you as soon as you as soon as I heard that quote. I was like, I about fell out of my chair. That's why I had to read it. I knew you were going to laugh your ass off. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I had to read it. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We talked about uh, Venom's possible PG thirteen rating last week on the show, Jake. Um, yeah. Me and Rebecca and Dan talked about this, and I was kind of a. Uh, I was saying, like, yeah, I, 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 they're probably going to pull back on this and give us this PG-13 rating. And then, and then, Jake, we've even talked about it, how they're going to, uh, you know, pull back on the on the R rating and give us a PG-13 Venom. And this, this comes from Screen Rant. They said that the, the, uh, the page for the film on the AMC Theaters website says Venom is PG-13 and runs 112 minutes. It should be noted the MPAA has not officially possible, has not officially possible this confirmed this information um it's simply a placeholder until the actual details come out screen rant has contacted sony and will update this post accordingly so what basically what happened i was really following this um apparently they they labeled it as pg-13 and then uh, i went back to the website a couple days ago and uh it said nothing. It just said the runtime is 112 minutes. It didn't say PG-13. You clicked on info. You went onto the website. It said nothing. And then as of yesterday, at around noon, it was back up as PG-13. It, I, I'm guessing it's. I'm guessing that this will be the official MPAA rating for Venom. And I'm reading from every other site now that it is going to be PG-13. Um, Eric Davis from Fandango said the reason is so that Venom and Spider-Man can face off at some point down the line. If the movie is R, it's hard to do that. We've talked about that, Jake. Like once you have it out there, at the, this is like the this is what Venom does. Venom like you know you know bites off guys' limbs and there's blood all over the f- place. Like once you put that out there, like once you okay, like once you like uh, push out all the toothpaste out of the tube. Can you can you get the toothpaste back in, Jake? Is it is it easy? Yeah, no, no, no you yeah. Can't. So like that's that you can't pull back on that once we've seen that. Um, so I think it's a bit of both too, and I think Sony just thinks like even with like successes like Deadpool and Logan, I still think Sony thinks that they're gonna at the end of the day they're gonna make more money with the PG thirteen rating. Well, I talked I talked about this on the Supercast a little bit. I said I said I said. I think that the Sony executives have had a screening of the movie the way it is now. It's not locked yet, but I, I think the Sony executives have seen it, and they don't have confidence in the film. And they don't believe that it's a great movie that kind of stands on its own, like Logan or Deadpool, and they want it to reach that broader audience now. 
and so they went with the PG-13 rating. And yeah, course, that's a great point. And then they also want, of course, they want to have, like, we had the John Schnapp rumor. John Schnapp, before he passed away, said that, yeah, they filmed scenes with Tom Holland, not as Spider-Man, but Tom Holland as Peter Parker, possibly showing up in this Venom movie. And uh, if they're talking about, if Eric Davis from Fandango is correct here, that uh, they want Venom and Spider-Man to face off at some point down the line, then that also kind of, like, has to be a factor in this whole situation. Jake, like, I understand, like, some people, I, I get it. Like, you don't have to make an R-rated movie. You don't have to make an R-rated Venom to make it a great movie. You don't. There's a way to make a Venom movie great without having it being rated R. There is. The problem is that they never initially said that they were going to have Spider-Man in this universe, and they promised a rated uh, they promised us promised us a rated R version of this movie out of the get-go. They promised their main actor Tom Hardy that this was going to be rated R, and part of me, like honestly, like the the way the, think about this, Jake, the way that like Logan started with Logan drunk, passed out in the limo. And the guys are fucking like, you know, jacking the car and like taking the hubcaps and all this shit. And Logan's like, fuck guys, don't do this. Not today. Come on. Just give me a fucking break here. And then he has to fucking kick these guys' asses and kill them and shit. Like, it was gory as fuck, but man, god damn it, if it wasn't awesome. Like, they could do shit like that with this Venom movie with punks trying to take on Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy fucking like biting their limbs off shit getting really fucking gory and make it really stylized and cool not just gore for gore but just for gore's sake but just like make it so that like it's like oh my god holy shit and shocking it would be shocking to see this in a fucking Venom movie it really would be when we first see Venom like do some of these horrific things that we've kind of like wanted to see him do. I think it would be kind of cool. They're pulling back on this. They apparently filmed this as a rated R movie, Jake. And now, now they're trying to shoehorn it to be a PG 13 movie. It sounds like a lot of reshoots and it sounds like a lot of tonal changes. And it sounds like a fucking uh, clusterfuck of a movie to me, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you on, on almost all those points there, man. I just, Oh, that's a real shame. I, I think you right at the beginning you really nailed it. Like it's if it's going to be R, it kind of has to be decent, or it's going to have a hard time making money, right? Like the R in itself is kind of a level of confidence that for a comic book movie at least that this movie's good enough to sustain its budget and mm. be marketable and make money as an R movie. And pulling back from that is definitely, I agree with you, a sign that they don't have faith in their product. Yeah, I, I talked about this uh, last week. I talked about it on the Supercast, and one of the things that had me worried about them, and this was before they announced the rating being changed to PG-13, I said on I said on uh, last week's episode that one of the things that always kind of had me worried about this, Jake, was the fact that we had not seen a red band trailer for Venom. Yeah, they were holding back on that. They weren't ever going to acknowledge that that was the deal right away. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, check this out, dude. And I kind of called this actually like two or three weeks ago. The Venom director, Ruben Fleischer, talked with Fandango and said, don't rule out an unrated version. 
What did I tell you? I talked about this stupid unrated unrated version shit a few weeks ago, and I thought that this could happen. And here he is talking about it. Like, like this is confirmation it's going to be PG-13, and then we're going to get this fucking unrated version. Unrated version to me is a fucking pile of shit. We got an unrated version of Spawn, which came out later after we got the PG-13 version. And then uh, back in 96, 97, whenever that movie came out. And then we the Batman v Superman unrated version. It's bullshit. The unrated version to me means nothing. Give me a fucking hard R version, like out of the gate, if that's what you promised us, Jake. Yeah, it's like not canon. It, 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 yeah. It's not admittedly like you know canon and in the universe when they do it like the way you're talking. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's like if they would have came out from the get go and said we're doing a PG thirteen Venom, and I would I would know what to expect. But the fact that they said like they promised from the get go. That you're gonna get this, you know, Tom Hardy came out, like, we're gonna get this R-rated Venom. The fact that they pull back on that so close to the release date makes me think that they don't have confidence in what they have and they feel like the only way to kind of like make up for that is to open it up to a broader audience, which means like your parents will have no problems like, you know, taking their kids to maybe see a PG-13 movie because the Marvel movies are rated PG-13. You can take your kids to go see Ant-Man and Wasp and that's PG-13. So like it'll put more butts in seats. But see, you know, like Deadpool was rated R and I had plenty of kids at my showing of Deadpool. So I I don't know, man. Yeah, I... (sighs) I definitely, man, I, I still think right away you nailed it. It definitely smells of a lack of confidence, especially knowing that Hardy, like the stuff that he said about it, you know, being what the fans wanted and mm-hmm. it being our. Yes. I don't know, man. It's, and I, I think the Hardy's the type that he's only going to play ball for so long. If this, the more this starts looking like a shit show, this may just be like a one and done fucking thing. Oh, dude, I, I can't, like, if this movie just gets, like, just trashed. I, I, Jake, I'm calling it right now. It's not going to get a fresh rating. This is going to be like a, a 34, th- uh, 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 excuse me, a 35 to 45% fresh rating. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not fresh rating, but rotten rating. 35 to 45. I, I don't have a good feeling about this. I really don't. If I had to guess, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to think that low. I was thinking it was going to be more like a 50 to 60 type of thing, but you could be, it could be a total shit show. I, I would not be shocked. Hmm. We'll see. I, I hope I'm wrong. I want it to be great, man. I've got my, <laughs> I've got my, I got AMC A list right now. I've got my ticket purchased on the AMC A list app. I'm going to see this at the, uh, um, uh, the AMC 13 in Champaign in the Dolby Atmos on a huge fucking screen. So I'm going to give it the best shot I can. So we'll see. We will see. This, I got this next Marvel story. It's from Ain't It Cool News. And take this with a huge grain of salt. Uh, I didn't see a lot of other uh, news outlets reporting this. This this really came from Ain't It Cool News. But uh, uh, here's what they said. Today some rumored news flew across the Great Pond from a mysterious UK spy I shall refer to as Super Grip. The report is so cool, I just had to share it. Whether 
Real or not, it is a fun thought to bounce around one's noggin. Here's what Supergrip had to say. Hey there, I work at various movie studios in the UK and have been situated at Pinewood for a few weeks, and I'm moving to Cardiff on a project soon. I haven't seen anything about this online anywhere, so I thought I'd send the info on to you. Space at Pinewood has been booked for November and December 2018 to hold auditions for a Marvel project called Captain Britain and the Black Knight. The name of the director booked in for all these dates is Guy Ritchie. Marvel seems to be moving fast with it to fill the space left behind by Danny Boyle's aborted Bond 25. Everyone is excited because it looks like another few months of solid work when we thought we would have to wait for a while. So, uh, Captain Britain and the Black Knight. Captain Britain, also known as Brian Braddock, is a British hero who is gifted with various superpowers via the mighty Merlin the Magician and his daughter Roma, who is an omniversal guardian. Braddock then vows to protect and uphold the laws and ideas of Britain. Captain Britain first appeared in Marvel UK's universe back in 1976. Many remember the artist Alan Davis's work on the character and the infamous writer Chris Claremont and Alan Moore's literary contributions to the character. The Black Knight, a.k.a. Dane Whitman, is the carrier of the cursed magical sword that has been passed down since the days of King Arthur. Whitman's uncle passed the sword onto him in hopes he could regain the family's honor after his uncle had used the powers of the Black Knight for evil. Um, Jake, so, dude, this kind of came out of nowhere. I, I'm taking this with a huge grain of salt, but... Um, Guy Ritchie is Yeah, I'm a mixed bag with this one, man. I love these characters, yes. both Captain Britain and Black Knight, but yeah. ugh, I just have such disdain for fucking Guy Ritchie right now. Well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, Guy Ritchie has a relationship now with Disney. Does Disney, are they happy with what he's doing with, uh, he's doing the, uh, is he doing the uh, Aladdin? Aladdin? He's doing the Aladdin thing. Are they happy with what they see here? See, that's the thing. It's like, I would have thought, like, after, like, the whole misstep with uh, the big franchise, the IP King Arthur, that Disney wouldn't want to touch this guy with a 10 foot pole, but like apparently like Disney hires him, does the Aladdin thing. Disney, are they happy with like what he's done with Aladdin? So they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pass the reins of Captain Britain to you in the Marvel universe and give you a, uh, Captain Britain, a uh, Captain Britain fucking, uh, MCU movie. Like I, I felt like the, like Cap, uh, I don't know, Jake. What do you think? I mean, are we getting another captain? We got we, Captain America, Captain Marvel. Now we're getting Captain. Br- I love Captain Britain, dude. Yeah, I mean, they must. I, I, they must be happy, right? He, uh, they couldn't. They must not think Aladdin's a big giant stink pile. If this is well, if they're, if they're yeah. really moving forward with this. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know about you know, like this. What? what who did this come from? This uh, ain't it cool news? And this comes from a from a. Dude, some of, some of, sometimes these sources are correct. You know, mm-hmm. like there was a story, dude, Jake, I don't, I, you probably remember this, but there was a story years ago. I'll talk about it maybe one day, but there was a story years ago that, um, that broke back in like 2015 and me and you got the scoop on it before everybody else. I didn't know if I could believe it. And I know I, but my source told me not to 
not to write an article about it. And like, I actually had an article written up on, on our website to post it. I'll, I'll remind you after the episode's over. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, like we had heard like, like some, (laughs) I don't want to get into that because it, I don't think it really matters anymore, but like we had heard, we had heard like something that actually did happen. We had heard from somebody like this is going to happen. Um, they worked for, they worked for, uh, the company that, 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 that the news was going to break from. And, and we heard it was huge news, huge news. And like, I really wanted to report it, but like our source said, like, I don't want to get somebody in trouble. So I said, I'm not going to report it. So I didn't. I actually have like the article saved on our fucking website, Jake, and I never it was it was never published. I never clicked the publish on it. Oh man, yeah, that's too bad. But like sometimes man, it is too bad. It is too bad. And this was like months before the story broke, and it was a huge fucking story. I I've never even mentioned this on an episode. Like you are literally the only person that knows this. And um but like, but like this, I mean, this could be true. This could be a legitimate source that we're getting a Captain Britain movie. We don't know until, you know, I don't know. I just felt like, you know, I felt like they were going to go with um, more of the cosmic side, especially with Captain Marvel and stuff like that. And I'm not saying Captain Britain doesn't tie into like Marvel cosmic at all because he, you know, he, he certainly does in, in certain ways, but I don't know, man. Guy Ritchie is kind of like the 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 one hang up that I have with this. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I'm I'm really scared about what that Aladdin's going to be like, and um, I've never really been a big fan of Guy Ritchie to begin with. I mean, I thought Lockstock was pretty good, but yes. everything after that's been like below a C. Yeah, I'm a huge fan actually of Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. I love that movie. I own it on DVD. Never did the Blu-ray upgrade. But everything after that, I've never been a big fan of. I know Aaron Claude Miller from Nerds Podcast. I love Aaron. Aaron loves Snatch. Maybe I need to watch Snatch again. But, like, I didn't. Dude, I was, like, so hyped to watch, like, his sophomore fucking movie. And I watched Snatch, and I was like, this is trash. I didn't like it. (laughs) So. Yeah, I had the same reaction to it. It did nothing for me. Did nothing. Dude, fucking uh, Captain Britain, though? I mean. I want to yeah, see it. Bla- I love Black Knight a lot too. Those yeah. are both characters I really love. Yeah. So yeah, that's that would be really cool. Let's let's do it without Guy Ritchie though. Yeah. You think we'd ever get like an Excalibur movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I think money. You know, if if one movie is a success, then the next thing happens, right? Yeah. I think if the, I think we would definitely get the Captain Britain Black Knight thing first, and then if it's a giant goes over really well then of course we'd get it right you know what That's i want the to logical see? next step i want to see a taika watiti alpha flight movie yeah that would be cool what i'd it? rather see him give get something that is just straight up goofy like yeah. i'd rather see a taika watiti great lakes avengers movie <laughs> oh shit oh my god yes oh fucking <laughs> uh, uh fucking uh taika watiti west coast avengers Oh yeah, that that's good too. I just went full cheek though. You know oh, yeah, what I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh I yeah, it's a little bit sacrilegious. I think people get upset when you take something like Alpha Flight and it gets its first like on screen, but yet it's going to be. Not that I have a problem with it, but yeah. it's going to be Taika Waititi kind of. You know, you saw how some of the the you know the Thor detractors sure. really don't like the Taika Waititi cheekiness. Right. I loved it. So. Yeah, not big shake weight fans, the uh, Thor detractors. News from TrailerTrack.com this week is that, and we're gonna, uh, Jake, I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, Brie Larson is set to uh, 
uh, premiere the first Captain Marvel trailer Tuesday, September 18th on her Good Morning American appearance. She's going to be on Good Morning America, and they're basically saying, like, you know, uh, the first Captain Marvel trailer is going to be, it's going to drop that morning, Tuesday, September 18th, Jake, literally two days from now, uh, we're going to get our first Captain Marvel trailer. That's going to fucking blow up. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll be off work. I'm on vacation. I'll probably just tune in and watch that Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, oh, fuck. I, I See, I'll probably be working and I'll be in my car and I have to watch it on my goddamn iPhone. Yeah, it's been a long time since I was able to like watch the you know the actor or actress come on mm-hmm. the um, one of the shows and debut a trailer. That, I, I'm excited for that. I hope it really is as reported what's really going to happen. I hope it happens too. I hope it happens too. So, um, Jake, if the movie comes out, you know we're getting the scrolls in this, right? Yeah, and the scrolls can like they can shape shift and like look like different people, right? Correct. Okay. What if we find out in the Captain Marvel movie that Skrillex was a scroll? Can we call him <laughs> Skrillex at that point? <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> <When> I- <laughs> oh, man. Do you like Skrillex music? Are you a fan? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it depends on my mood. You know, music. Good workout music. Yeah, music depends on my mood. I mean, it really does. Like sometimes I want to listen to like seventies classic rock, and sometimes I want to listen to Skrillex. You know, it just depends. Sometimes I want to like listen to like nineties R and B. You know, it just. I don't know. It just depends on my mood. You know, like I'm. I grew up a big fan of like rock and heavy metal, but I've kind of like expanded like my music, uh, since then, you know, and I've, mm-hmm. I've, you know, like all the stuff that I was embarrassed to say that I liked, you know, that came out of the eighties. Now I love, and I'm happy to admit that I love that kind of stuff, you know, cause like back in the day you would ask me like, Oh, what are you listening to? I'm like, Oh, nine inch nails and uh typo negative and fucking, you know, white zombie power man, 5,000 and shit. Like now it's like, no, you know, I'll, I'll fucking, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I'll listen to anything. Yeah. I'll listen to Ario Speedwagon. Fuck you. I'll listen to the Speedwagon. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I, I've always been very open musically myself. It's I, like, if you I, fucking I, like it, it's good. Yeah. I, no, back, uh, I, I am now. I've always been open musically, but some of it's been closet. Like I would not let anybody know that I'm listening to this. Right? <laughs> so it's not like, it's not the whole, it's not like I'm letting everybody know back in like 1990, uh, 1991 that I am secretly listening to Wilson Phillips. Like that's not happening, right? Like that's, that's, I'm not admitting that, but come on, baby. Come on, baby. You you know, I was listening to the Wilson Phillips song. What are they, what are they saying? What did Wilson Phillips do? Uh, Come on, baby. One more day. Come on, baby. Yeah. What? Yeah. One more day. Hold on. Hold on for one more day. One more day. Yeah. And then you had them all like, there we go. Hanging out on the beach and, and doing their, doing their stuff. Like, uh, was it the word? One of them was the Wilson Phillips. It was Brian Wilson's daughter from uh, Beach Boys. Yeah, right? Car- Carney Wilson. Carney Wilson. She was on an. Wasn't she on the Surreal World? Or was she on? What was she on? Celebrity something. Mm, you're right about that. She was on one of those goofy like put put all the 
celebrities in a house shows. Yeah, it's like, the real life. There's Carney Wilson and Maureen McCormick who played Marsha Brady, and here they are, and you know, maybe they get drunk and make out one night. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that Maureen McCormick and and Carney Wilson making out. No, she was on Celebrity Fit Club. Oh, there you go. I never watched that. Oh God, I love Celebrity Fit Club. Especially the season where Dustin Diamond was on. Oh, the season where fucking the guy who played Buddy from Charles in Charge. Ha! What was his name? He was a dickhead. Oh, I, I, the only one I remember is the main guy. Oh, uh, Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. He was Bob Loblaw on uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, Scott Bayo. Kind of a dick now, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Mm. <laughs> kind of. It seems like he's been kind of a dick for like the last 15 years. That's true, but it's all coming out now. Didn't <laughs> yeah. it, Why is that? <laughs> didn't didn't Nicole Eggert say like he was like a complete asshole? They dated for a while, but didn't she say like he was like a, I don't know, he's kind of a dick? No, I don't. I, I'm not fully up on my Scott Bayo gossip. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, I know. I should have. I should have prepared you. I, <laughs> Jake, we're going to be talking about Scott Bayo in hour four of PCL. Yeah, get all your dirt fucking in line. Yeah, I know. Nicole Eggert, man. <laughs> Charles in yeah, that's charge. A blast and, from the past. Yeah, and then she went to uh, Nicole Eggert. Then she went to uh, Baywatch there for a little bit. Oh really? Yeah, Nicole Eggert was on the Baywatch. Oh hi, uh, my beer, my beer met the microphone there. Hello, how you doing? My beer and the microphone were butt fucking each other there for a moment. Uh, DC, oh, yeah, DC. I'm gonna play the DC bumper. I haven't done it in a couple weeks. Here we go. Let's get the shit out of the way. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina, and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. I have destroyed this episode, haven't I, Jake? Yeah. The DC Destroy sound effect is my one of my favorite sound effects in the entire show. That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, it's very quick. <laughs> DC Universe, have you been on it that much, Jake? I have, actually. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it seems very slim. Um, but I mean, it's nice. I like it enough. I'm blown away by the, um, HD restorations of Batman, the animated series. Yeah. I mean, we, we read that they've done that, but to like see it live and large on my TV is another thing. And that's pretty fucking cool. Um, but I don't know. It feels like a little bit of a rook job charging people, um, $8 a month for what they're given actually, in my opinion. Um, a lot of that stuff seems pretty readily available other places and there's really nothing too exclusive as of yet and i'll always be a hater of the comic books unless they give it all to us like you know yeah so yeah i don't know it's if you're a super dc fan then you have to have this um but if you're not i think this is one of those things where you can kind of probably dip in like three months out of 12 months a year and probably watch everything and even with the original content i kind of see that be in the foreseeable future for a couple years Oh man, that's that's what I'm waiting for. It's like I've had a good time, kind of like uh, I went back and I watched like a couple episodes of Super Friends, and uh, watched a little bit of the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, and uh, I'm definitely gonna jump on and watch like the Lois and Clark stuff because I haven't watched that since like the '90s, to be honest with you. But um, I'm really ready just for like the the original content, the Teen Titans. I'm ready for like this stuff to get rolling out. I'm ready for. 
I'm ready for Swamp Thing. Jake, I talked about this last week, but they, James Wan's not directing the first episode. They got Len, Len Weissman directing. Oh, I'm fine with that. That's great. Are you still, Len, I can't stand Len Weissman. <laughs> I'm not a, I mean, I, I'm, I think the Swamp Thing is very promising. I think they have the right intentions for that show. Yeah. So I, I'm still really excited for it. They announced that it's going to be a mix, the suit, it sounds like the suit is going to be a mix of practical and CG effects, which has me excited. And it's going to be ba- like more based on like the Alan Moore run, which is really cool. But I'm not a fan of Len Weissman. Len Weissman did like, uh, the, he did Underworld, Underworld Evolution. He did, um, Live Free or Die Hard. He's doing the upcoming McLean movie. What else did he do? A bunch of movies that I did not care for. Like I'm, I think those movies look fine, though, right? The problem with those movies isn't, like, necessarily the direction. It's more the pen and the paper. It's just, it's just the fact that, like, I wanted James Wan to direct the first episode to really set the tone of the series. Because I feel like yeah. Len Weissman has come in and done some episodes of shows. Like he did like Gifted for Fox's show. He did like Sleepy Hollow. He did some, what was it, some other shows that he's done. And it's like, it's fine to come in there and kind of like do shit midstream. That's fine because like, you know, like what the show's about. Um, they're kind of on autopilot at that point. But like for him to like be the one to like, set this show off kind of worries me a little bit. I'm not, I don't know. I, I hope it's good. And I, you know, like James Wan is still kind of like the guy behind this, but I'm not the biggest Len Weissman fan. I think he's kind of fucking generic, dude. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It's very, the DC streaming is crazy. I almost think they should have not charged people for this first month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I that mean, would've... I tried to get on the, like, the beta testing, but they only gave, like, the beta testing to, like, fucking, you know, like, big, like, ooh, like, the big dicks of the press, you know, so. <laughs> no, you know, it's like, we're not big dicks in the press universe, Jake. No, this is true. Yeah. This is true. I, yeah, even the beta testing, though, now that, now that we're on and it's not beta testing, who really yeah. would have cared about that? Other than that, that, you know, watching those HD remastered Batman animated series. Like I, and I guess the wonder woman's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. there's neat stuff on there if you're a diehard, but there's so much out there. Well, I'm, I'm like, going to do a complete like young justice, like seasons one and two rewatch. I loved watching that when it was originally yeah, I, I actually, on. that's something I've already watched as I watched the first episode of that again yeah. on there myself already. I was going to do a rewatch of that before the new season too. Wasn't like I mean, the, like I said, the not, first episode. I'm not excited okay. about stuff that's coming on there, yeah. but it's just, I don't know. As of now, I, I would not recommend paying for it. So it's, it's kind of like a wait and see for you. Yeah. Or I yeah. feel like you wait to me. Like if you're trying to save money, you could subscribe to a month of this like every once every four months and binge all the content and then yeah. duck out and then come back again. Gotcha, gotcha. I did the uh the, what was it, the eighty bucks and you get the fifteen months. So I feel you know, I don't know. I mean I haven't been on it that much. It's that's the thing about doing this show, Jake, is like I, I wanna I wanna be like on the on the pulse of everything. So it's like I watch all this other stuff and I gotta, you know, I haven't really dove into like the DC Universe app. So like on my day off, like that'll be something that I kind of like get around to. So, 
But yeah, it, uh, um, as far as the app itself, the, uh, the app is actually very nice. Um, I have it both on my iPhone and on my Apple TV. They don't have it. See, that's another thing. They don't have a PS4 app for it yet. And Kevin Smith dodged that fucking question. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was laughing about that. Um, I think that's coming, though. Yeah. They're, they're, they must be running into some kind of issue with that or something. Hey, did you see the rumor today? You saw the picture of uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in the new Todd Phillips Joker film, right? Yes. Did you see the name reveal of what the character's name's going to be? I did not. Arthur Fleck. Ew. Hold on. What's that from? Well, take the uh, Arthur and then Fleck. Take uh, the initial of the first name. A. Fleck. Affleck. Oh. Kevin Smith put that together. Affleck. Hmm. That's kind of bizarre. <laughs> the Well, the original rumor for Arthur Fleck comes from that hashtag show, and you kind of know how I feel about that news site. Yes. I, I don't think that, like, a lot of, some of the stuff that they say comes to fruition, but most of the stuff that I've ever reported on our show does not happen. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what Todd Phillips, we'll see, I, I, Hopefully we'll have confirmation on this. I think it's silly. Arthur Fleck? Like, why would they do the A-Fleck? Affleck? Why would they do that? That's silly. Yeah, that is silly. Is that like a fake name, do you think, at the end of the day? I've never, I've never heard, uh, nobody's ever called the Joker Arthur Fleck. This is like, that's a totally new thing. Like, like we heard, like, what was it? Jack Napier in, in Tim Burton's version, correct? Yeah, I guess everything has to start somewhere, right? That was new for that movie and is mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable now. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wait and see kind of attitude with that whole fucking thing. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about this? Uh, John Hamm came out and said, "Hey, I'll I'll play Batman." He told yeah, T- uh, THR. Of he says he will. <laughs> he says uh, it depends on the script, what the story is. You know, that's a thing. It's not like. You know, everybody, whenever they ask somebody, like, hey, would you play this? Everybody's like, yeah, if the script is good. Like, like who's going to say, oh, I'll only play if the script is complete shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it for fucking, if you pay me enough, I'll do that shit right now. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like, did they ask Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan that question when they said, hey, would you ever play Reed Richards or, or the Human Torch? And they're like, only if the script is good. Well, did you read that fucking script then? <laughs> when you took that part and did that Josh Trank movie? Because that Josh Trank movie, Josh Stank, buddy. Because <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. There's no way Michael B. Jordan read that script. Oh, before God. Before he signed on to that movie. No way in fucking hell. Well, like, even if he... Yeah, I agree. I, I think they, I don't know. I mean, and, and that was kind of like early on in his career. That was like post Fruitvale Station, which was a great movie. But that was, it was like, you know, that, that was the thing. It's like everybody wants to get to be a part of that next hot comic book franchise, right? Yeah, exactly. It seemed like good on paper, right? He knew who Trank was. He sure. had a good working experience with him before. He worked on it's a hot Marvel comic franchise. Yeah. 
You don't need to read a script to sign on to that shit. No, no, exactly. Hot young director did Chronicle with him. They've had a they've had work. See, and you know, but then he did to redeem himself as uh, Killmonger in uh, in Black Panther. So I don't know, man. I get silly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, John Hamm. I'll take him. I'll take anybody over Affleck at this point. I don't give a fuck. I know. I know some of you people just love Affleck as Batman. I know you love him. I know you love him as Batman, but I am not a fan. I think Affleck is a talented director. I love Affleck in certain things. I, one of my favorite movies that I ever loved him in was fucking Chasing Amy. I love him in Chasing Amy. I think he's fantastic. I don't know. It's just, I, he's not my Batman. He's not my Bruce Wayne. He's not that detective I want. Um, I think a lot of the obsession that people have over Affleck is like some of the action scenes that they gave us in those movies. And, I think anybody can kind of pull that off, really. I don't think it really has to do anything much with, like, Affleck's performance as Batman. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I know you're a big fan of having an actor that actually really wants to and enjoys being that character. And that's that's definitely John Hamm when it comes to Batman, right? Well, like ben, a- hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, let me, let me, let me. Bring this in here real quick. Uh, ben Affleck is a huge fan of Batman. He was introduced to like Kevin Smith kind of like turned him on to Batman. I think Kevin Smith gave him like his copy of The Dark Knight. I might be wrong, but Kevin Smith gave him his copy of The Dark Knight. Ben Affleck's home, his original like his first home that he bought, he like made like a like a bat cave in it, dude. Like he loves Batman. Yeah, I, I just I, the attitude now doesn't seem like he's very enthusiastic about what's going on. Well, he's got a thing. lot of other shit going on, dude. He needs to work on his sobriety. Like he needs to take care of himself first, right? So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Step away, let someone else do this shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just you know, I'm ready for a new Batman. I really am. I don't know. I don't need Kit Harrington as my Batman. I love Kit Harrington. I love him as John Snow. I hated him as John Snow at first. I think it took me four seasons before I started like liking Kit Harrington as John Snow. I fucking hated John Snow at first. Yeah, I was in the same boat with that. Yeah. Yeah, game. So, yeah, you really yeah. warm up to him when like all the wall stuff happens in season four. Oh god, season four is still my favorite season of Game of Thrones. That's the season that turned me onto the series, and it's still my favorite season. I love season four. Oh my yeah, god, I agree. I agree. It definitely peaks right there. Oh my god, it's so good. Anyway, Phantom Wire had an exclusive this week. Batgirl series coming to DC Universe. Uh, Phantom Wire has learned that the ever-expanding roster of original shows being developed for the DC Universe digital streaming has just gotten larger via our very own DC correspondent, Lance Ausfresser, also who runs over a dozen DC-based groups on social media. Uh, inside sources have stated that Warner Brothers Television has ordered a 13-episode live-action series starring iconic DC heroine Batgirl for the DC Universe streaming service. Not much is currently known about when the series will premiere, what the first season is based on, if it is connected to the other DC Universe shows, and more importantly, who will be portraying Batman's female protege. The only thing that has been presently been disclosed is when cameras will start to roll on the Bat-based series. Batgirl is set to start filming in February 2019 with a potential 2020 release date alongside the animated adult Harley Quinn series that is also speculated to premiere on the service in 2020. There is no showrunner attached as of yet. So yeah, they're looking at 
Uh, the rumor from Fandom Wire is a Batgirl series coming to the DC universe. Jake, I talked about this on the Supercast. I am uh, 100% behind this. I know they're talking about like the Batgirl movie. Um, you know, Joss Whedon was once attached. Now they got the writer for the Bumblebee movie. They got her as like the director for this going forward if it does happen. But I think like a Batgirl series coming to the DC universe, it can work. Um, Flash has a TV series on the CW. Flash is also in the movie universe. They can do this. It's not like they can't do it. Um, and I, you know, the Joelle Jones Batgirl is very popular. And I think like if they kind of like do a Joelle Jones version of Batgirl on the DC universe, it could bring in a lot of like, um, young teenage girl viewers to the Batgirl series. I'm not saying like adult men wouldn't watch it. I'm just saying like if they if they do a a Batgirl series kind of like based on that Joel Jones series, like it it would bring in like a younger it would bring it in a different demographic that would want to su- subscribe to DC Universe to watch this show. I think it's a smart move. Yeah, I they definitely need to like have I think one of the biggest like problems they may have with the DC streaming service is providing a, a big enough variety for a wide enough range of different types of consumers. And I, yeah. I completely agree with you that this is a great step towards like avoiding that problem yeah. and getting like different kinds of audiences onto the streaming service. Yeah, I know companies do this all the time, and I think like if if if, if DC is tackling this right now, it's a smart move. Like. For years, Disney, like, knew that they had, like, the young girl market locked up, right? Jake, like, the Disney princesses, like, girls love Disney princesses, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did Disney not have? They did not have the boy market wrapped up. So, like, what did they do? They they bought Marvel, right? Okay. What did they do after that? They're like, oh, shit, we need some more boys in here. Uh, they bought Star Wars. So... I think DC Universe, like, they need to kind of do the same thing. I think, like, the Titans show and – and I'm not saying girls don't like Titans and girls won't like Swamp Thing. But I'm, I am saying that there are, there are girls that will be brought into – I'm sorry. Uh, traditionally, girls do like Barbie and boys like G.I. Joe. Right, Jake? Yeah, and Batgirl is hardly like the Barbie equivalent either, too, yeah. right? It's like, you know. Right, exactly. Girls want to see themselves in those male roles. Exactly. Too, of- and everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody needs Everybody needs and wants representation in film and in television. It's the fucking truth. We all need representation in film and television. The problem has been that there's been it has been white male dominated okay we we've had we had our time under the sun jake i mean you know we captain america and iron man and superman and batman you know they they it's been white male dominated other you know there's 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 other ethnicities and and, and gender and, and a whole other gender that needs to be represented um you know you know it's like it, when you role play and you and you're out there like i remember being on the on the you know as a kid you know, going to like um, the playground and 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 playing pretend, and you know, as a white kid, as a white boy, I could pretty much pick any superhero that I wanted to, Jake. 
You know? Yeah, exactly. Like you had the whole list. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're, there needs to be representation. And I mean, you know, so like I think DC's, if they do like a Batgirl series on the DC universe, it's a smart, it's a really smart move. And it's, it's, it's going to, I mean, it's going to get like a, a lot of new people kind of like subscribing to the service and wanting to watch that. You know, it's going to get a lot more girls wanting to watch the service. And, you know, if they have a Batgirl series, I'll, I'll fucking watch and give it a shot. Absolutely. I love Barbara Gordon. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much all in on the DC Universe thing. Like I, any original series they put on there, yeah. I'm willing to at least watch the pilot. Exactly. exactly. That's how we were when like the, the Marvel Netflix stuff came out. Like, hey, let's see what this new thing's about, right? So yeah. yeah, and it sounds more promising because I think where the Marvel Netflix stuff kind of failed, at least for me, is where everything is kind of tonally exactly the same. Mm. Yeah, it's like five different series that all have the exact same tone, mm-hmm. and I just kind of get bored with it. And I'm not saying that it's the quality isn't there, but just me personally, I just kind of want to move on to something new. And I think DC Universe is making good strides in avoiding that problem with announcements like this. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you're Swamp right. Swamp Thing feels different. Yes. Star Girl feels different. Yes. The Harley Quinn cartoon feels different. Very much. Then the Young Justice cartoon, which is a totally different audience than the Harley Quinn yeah. thing. And I think DC is doing that right so far with the streaming service. Yeah. I had no problem. See, that's the thing with the DC, like the DC universe. Like when I did, when I did that, the 80 bucks for the 15 months, I had no problem waiting a month for the Titans. I felt like I was getting that month free anyway. You know? Yeah, I, I think if you're buying in for the year, that's, is the year thing always that price? Like even now that it's launched, do you still get that price or was that a pre-launch price only? I don't know. I you feel like, don't know that. I feel like it's introductory right now. I don't know if it's ended, but I feel like it's introductory right now and it will go away and then it'll be like 80 bucks for like a year. I feel like right now I'm just getting three free months, you know? Yeah. It's very odd to me that they don't have um, not a single DCEU movie on there, though. Like, not even, like, Man of Steel, right? It feels like that's old enough now that that should be on there. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like, uh, with those movies, like, are they still on, like, maybe, like, a, like a Stars or an HBO or something? I, I get that. Yeah. Like, a Justice League or maybe even a Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad still, but really, yeah. Man of Steel still on some kind of TNT license? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, because... Is is uh is the Nolan trilogy all on there now? All but rises. All but rises. And I was feeling like they. I felt like they purposely held back a few things just so they can be like we're premiering rises on sure. this universe in October or whatever yeah. the fuck you know. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's plenty to watch right now. You know, it'll keep you busy for a while, right? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Just like I said, just the animation selection alone. There's a great selection of the DC um, animated movies, and there's like a lot of the brand new shits on there, like the brand new Death of Superman ones. Yeah, on there, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that Do, yet. I'm oh, really excited God. to check that out. Watch the watch that. Uh, it's going to be two parts. I I don't has a second part. Did they, the first part is on there because like I, I watched that and I actually I really enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it was really mm-hmm. good. I saw Batman Ninja is going to be on there really soon, which I've heard yeah. is quite the train wreck. I haven't seen it yet. And I want to watch Gotham by Gaslight. I started it, but I never finished it. I hate it when I do that. It's a, yeah. I, every time I start to masturbate, I always finish. 
But it's like with movies and you know, it's not like you just like, eh, you know, and you're just like, okay, yeah, all right, let's drop this whole like hands on penis thing. Um, you know, let's eat some mac and cheese right now and go to bed. It, no, I always finish. I'm always I'm always diligent when it comes to masturbation. But when it comes to like television and movies, like every once in a while, I'll start something, I'll stop, and I mean to come back to it. It's not like I like I'm start I start masturbating and then I get sidetracked with like oh shit you know yeah. something well, else maybe going if on. you like stopped halfway through a movie and you felt like groanal pain then you would be a little bit more uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. to finish the movie right that's true so okay I started are you talking about starting a movie and then and then and then it's it's going to transition into masturbation no 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 yeah. I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, the side effects of you not finishing the movie, if they were more comparable to the side effects of you not finishing masturbating. Oh, yeah. You don't get blue balls from fucking, like, not, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that's a, yeah, you don't get blue balls from not, like, finishing a movie. Yeah, there's no, like, great, like, threat. From like, that's what I'm saying. You'd be more inclined yeah. to finish the movie if there was. There like- are times where like it's a time crunch, and I watch something, and it's so goddamn amazing. But then I have to like I have prior engagements, and I have to get away, and I have to do those things, and like all day on my mind is like going back to that movie or that TV show and finishing it. Like, oh, how does that end? How does that wrap up? Um, but more to yeah, more, more times, it's still different than it is different movie. And now you're going to have a hard time peeing for the next 30 minutes. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, for all you fucking women out there, that don't think that blue balls is a thing. You're out of your goddamn mind. Blue balls is a fucking thing. And it's painful, isn't it, Jake? It, it, it very much can be. It can be. And even after, hold on, but I am gonna fucking, I am gonna, uh, call out, call out the guys here. Even if you have blue balls, and even after you do have, like, your, your orgasm, and you, you know, you just fucking, like, you know, like, that happens, you still, it still hurts though, right? For a while. Oh yeah. It, it, Yes, definitely. Yeah, there's not. It's not, a, it's not an end all be all cure. But it's it not. Helps. No, no. So like, yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. I sold you out, guys. I'm sorry. Even though you, even <laughs> though, yeah, even though there was that release, you know, and you had your. This is the place to sell them out, though. At the end of a PCL episode. <laughs> Nobody's listening at this point, anyway. Especially women. <laughs> 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 so true. That's so true. <laughs> what's the, what's the percentage of uh, women, uh, of female listeners we have, Jake? I don't. I don't. I think we have a pretty diverse listening audience. I was more commenting on being at this point of the episode. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to know how many of our listeners listen to a hundred percent of our episodes. Oh, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you fuckers that hit that fifteen second skip thing. Fuck you. Oh, yeah. Okay, they're going to talk about this bullshit. (laughs) Brian's talking about this show I don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) That's my impersonation of that guy, Jake. That sounds like most of our listeners right there. (laughs) It does. That sounds like 90% of them. I don't know. I'm done, Jake. I ain't got any Star Wars news. Yeah, fuck Star Wars. Fuck Star Wars. I've always said yeah. that. They've ruined it. It's over. Ryan Johnson, you've, 
You, 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 you. No, I blame. I, my, I solely blame Darth Maul. Ryan Johnson's okay with me. Yeah, I love. Right, Ray Park's been shooting his mouth off this week, hasn't he? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it's a really weird advertising by Disney that they're showing the Darth Maul scene all over the place. Yeah. Before the release of Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, well, Darth Maul, uh, what is it? I called him Darth Maul. Ray Park has been talking. Oh, <laughs> I want to see, I want to see Darth Maul meet up with Boba Fett. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. I want to see Darth Maul take, a po- <laughs> I want to see Darth Maul take a pottery class. <laughs> You know? What about Darth Maul and Wolverine getting it on together? Yeah, what, what, what about uh, Darth Maul learning how to uh, fly fish? Okay. What about Darth Maul going, uh, uh, going into uh, trucking school and getting his uh, CDL? How about that? <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Ray Park's agent is being truthful with him about how Solo did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I can't break that. I can't, I can't hurt this guy's feelings. <laughs> yeah, but it's like sometimes it's better to hit him with the truth because now he's making a fool of himself and he has no fucking idea, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> he, no, his agent is so protective, though. That's that's almost a good quality, isn't it, RJ? Yeah, keeps him in his bubble. Keeps him in his little bubble. <laughs> uh, he was in the biggest blockbuster movie of 2018. Yeah. yeah, he's like he's like I don't want to tell him right now. I'm gonna Darth stall. Uh, Ooh, Darth uh, stall. I like it. Uh, Uh, The whole thing's just so crazy anyway, right? It's just such fan service because it's like right in the middle of an already finished story. Yeah, It's already foretold how it's going to end. It's already been foretold how it began. So it's just like, yay, Darth Maul. I'll never forgive it. I fucking hate Solo. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. It is silly. It's like I I felt like the whole like the whole Darth Maul reveal was kind of like pumping up like uh they they wanted to pump up like a a a darth maul uh ben kenobi another fight between them and i'm like i saw it in rebels i yeah yeah it's like they would contradict themselves by doing that right so a fight before the final fight that they had i don't yeah it's silly it's silly it's silly i don't know whatever yeah i guess the only good thing like to make lemonade out of lemons is it kind of has separated the star wars like idiots like they the people that haven't put the pieces together and can't figure it out it's like oh you you're not you don't know what the fuck's going on oh just like basically forcing people to know that like yeah there was a whole like series called the clone wars yeah yeah exactly the people that are pontificating what's going to happen to darth maul in the future that don't realize that that's already foretold the people that don't even understand why they're seeing him in the first place yeah that's kind of interesting yeah it's an yeah 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 i get it you were pissed the fuck off when they did that i remember when we recorded solo you were so mad at that yeah, I, I still don't. I still hate it. I, I didn't. I, I think I would have been better off if it would have been spoiled for me than mm-hmm. just having it come out of nowhere. I was. It was audacious to me. 
Dude, yeah, I don't know. Part of me was kind of like uh, happy that I didn't know about that. It's, it, there's very rare instances when like we go into a movie and we're actually shocked, right? Yeah, I just didn't feel like it serviced the story, right? Dude, I know. I re- solo, yeah. I remember you during our solo review. You were like, "Star Wars lied to me." You said that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, they did lie to me. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, yeah, you sounded. Wow, you were pissed. I remember that. Yeah, Holy I said shit. It was, to me, this was like, at this point, why can't Ezra be Snoke? Wow. If we're going to rely on this much fucking knowledge of fucking kids' cartoons, then why can't Ezra be Snoke? I can't argue with you. Like, I, you know, like for me, it was forgivable because I did watch The Clone Wars, but like you, you, you were looking at it as like a casual fan and you were just like, what the fuck? I get it. I get it. Yeah, I should, I should be able to go see this fucking popcorn movie based off of fucking Han Solo, the most popcorn aspect of the original Star Wars. I movies. shouldn't have to like leave the fucking movie, get in my car, and then uh, fucking go to Wikipedia to find out what the fuck just happened. Like, well, how? Yeah, is it? yeah, should, yeah. Well, how was Darth Maul? How did Darth Maul right. survive? Yeah, I shouldn't have to read any of that dumb shit. And if like if they're gonna incorporate Darth Maul, then within the frame of the movie, they should explain to you where we're at now and why Darth Maul is still alive. Yeah. It's just bad storytelling. It's garbage. Complete fan service with no storytelling. How do you, th- how do you think George Lucas felt about that? Because George Lucas, like, I know George Lucas brought the character back. George Lucas was highly involved in that first season of like the Clone Wars and everything. So like George Lucas had a hand in like everything as far as like, you know, stop. I don't think George Lucas was probably I don't think George Lucas would have done it. I think we've kind of seen the history of George Lucas. He's always willing to revisit stuff in different mediums like um, comics, cartoons and books. But it always felt like on the movie side, he was always trying to do a new thing every time. Right. Mm-hmm. I think his final reveal would have been something we'd never even seen before. Yeah. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting enough knowing that Kira was working with the bad guys and it even takes away from that being interesting having it be Darth Maul it's just so like distracting oh it, it was one of those things where like okay who are we gonna make you know uh Voss's Voss's boss Voss's boss who are we gonna you know like who are we gonna make his vo- his his boss his boss and it's like ooh Darth Maul like ooh that's our big reveal and like yeah, like you get the shot, like first, uh, ooh, the robot legs, and then here we got, like, you know, like Ray Park coming back and everything, but. Yeah, I got more to make fun of on it, too. I just watched this scene again, because, like I said, Disney's, like, pumping it all over the place in anticipation of the physical copy of Solo coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, links, like, from official Disney, like, Facebook and Twitter sites are, like, you know, click here to watch the Darth Maul scene. And I'm like, oh, let's watch this fucking bullshit again. And so I just watched it again. I think it's only the second time I've ever seen it because I did Mm -hmm. not see Solo a second time. Mm -hmm. And um, he, like, lights his lightsaber, too, which is really fucking stupid to me, too. I didn't really pick up on that the first time. And he he just, like, lights it to fucking – it's more just fan service bullshit. And, like, he just holds it out and is like, hey, look, I still got my cool lightsaber, too. Like, what's who's he showing that to? Kira doesn't give a fuck. Oh, man, it's so dumb. I hate that scene. Yeah, I don't know. Is it, now that we know how the movie performed and, like, 
they still don't even know if it's going to get a sequel. Like, what's the point? So I don't know. It's silly. Yeah, I guess I guess like the Darth Maul Uber fans get like a little bit of closure and they can write some more fan fiction about what Darth Maul was doing in between episode one and his demise again. So, yeah, but too bad. I, I mean, we got enough. Yeah, I don't know. Like, part of me was. It's exci- not even. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, part of me was excited to kind of like see like Ray Park back in the role when I first watched this. But like, another part of me does realize that we got enough of his story in the Clone Wars, and of course, like Rebels kind of like wrapped it up for me. Like that's all I really needed. So. Yeah, it's not even that I'm that all opposed to seeing Ray Park. Reprise the role as Darth Maul, like in a in the right context, that could be very cool. It, it's just so much the shoehorning way they did it. Like I'd love to see like Dan Vermeer in live action and some stuff like that. Like that yeah. could be really cool. But God, just the way they shoehorned it into this movie is just what was so off putting to me. What if they? Okay, what if like okay? So basically, you've got they're gonna reveal they're gonna do the reveal and they show. Ray Park, Darth Maul, his penis on a tricycle. (laughs) (laughs) It's better than lighting the lightsaber and waving it around. (laughs) You thought, did you, did, did I, did I, did I zig when you thought I was going to zag there, Jay? Yeah, I was not, I was not ready for that. I know. I was like, man, I was just like, man, this, I sound so convincing right now. I was like, (laughs) I was metaphorically like stroking my own cock as I was getting ready to say this. I knew what I was going to say the whole time. I was so impressed. It didn't didn't upset me that time like it did earlier. Because I wasn't like on the edge of my seat about being the star ball shit, so I, I welcomed the joke. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine, fair enough. All right, hey guys, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us for episode two fifty. We did nothing special for two fifty. <laughs> oh, this is two fifty. Yeah. Oh man, I retro tossed solo in celebration of uh, episode two fifty. I, I still give solo a taste that I haven't revisited, it, so I can't really, I can't really give you a new rating on it. My my rating stays the same. Yeah. The fact that I never really want to revisit it is why I'm retro tossing it. I love the further away Jake gets from certain movies, the more he hates it. He stews. I love how you. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love. I love how. And it's not like it's not like it's it's the one thing that you'll stew on. It's the one. It's the one detail that you'll stew on that really makes. I know. You angry. And like I said, that's so confusing to me that disney's like really like oh here's the thing you hate the most about the movie and we're going to use that to promote the shit out of it i'm like you motherfuckers it's like i fucking hate this can't you give me can't you give me more information about uh rio durant the little the little chapukan monkey john favreau guy you know, <laughs> anything, anything that actually pertains to the title character of the movie. What, what about Han and Chewie's first meeting? Give me some more fun factoids about that. No, you got, you got, you got to focus on the one thing Jake hates, which is going to make him retro toss your film. You fucking assholes. I don't know. Don't you think it would have been cooler? Like, let's acknowledge that we're going to do a Darth Maul movie uh-huh. that takes place between when he demised in Episode One and when he demised in Fucking Rebels, and that would be fun. Like. And we'd get to see a lot of cool stuff in his fucking crime syndicate and all the Darth Maul fanboys would be happy. And fuck, even I might enjoy that movie. But yeah, to do it like this, so stupid. And now they've like ruined it, right? Because like all of all of this talk of his Bubba Fett team up movie, probably none of that shit is going to happen now because they shoehorned it into their fucking first stinker. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the first mistake with Darth Maul is the fact that you 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 uh, cut him in half in uh, episode one. Yeah, I see that though, but I don't know. I I like ballsy moves, and that's that's so ballsy. <laughs> Lucas like knew everyone was gonna love the shit out of Darth Maul too. You could tell by the way they promoted. But now, I mean, dude, I've had I've had over twenty years to accept it. Right. I mean, so I've yeah. had over 20 years to accept it, but like back then, like if you asked like, you know, like the Brian that went in to watch the Phantom Menace for the first time, like I would have told you like the criminal thing that you did was kill off like the coolest part of the movie for me. I, I love Darth Maul. Darth Maul was amazing. Yeah. I think we're, I, I'm such a fanboy into the story that I loved Obi-Wan and so much that for him to like get his vengeance for his master being slain, I, I'm, I wanted that more than Darth Maul to live. Yeah, no, I I understand that side of it as well. I absolutely do. I absolutely understand that as well. I want I want more uh, Qui Gon Jinn stories. I want to know more about his past too. Yeah, yeah. He Liam seems very open to that too from recent interviews from what I've read. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Hey, you know. Hey, let's. Can we kill this episode like Darth Maul? Yeah, yeah, sure. And unlike Darth Maul, we're not going to shoehorn us back into some bullshit later. We're done. No, you'll, you'll, we'll shoehorn us back into uh, the bullshit we call episode 251 next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man, that'll probably be more of a fucking extravaganza than this bullshit. Yeah, hopefully we'll be talking about a Captain Marvel trailer. So Yeah, that'll be exciting. Yeah, this is... Uh, Episode was uh, as as Venom would eloquently put it, a turd in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck wrote that shit? <laughs> oh man! Sometimes I feel like movies are written by like Mad Libs. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and they were thinking like to themselves like, uh, yeah, this is what we're gonna put out for the. <laughs> put this up in the trailer i understand that it got people talking about the movie but like sometimes you gotta understand like even though like stuff gets talked about and gets turned into memes like it also it's also bad in a way i don't know whatever yeah we're so fickle though i mean it gets to a point where you probably can't please us no matter what you do so Uh, especially when it comes to trailers right like expectations always like completely are different than the final product yeah. Whether good or bad. That's true. That's true. We're fickle fucking fuckers. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. more inclined to say something is stupid on first impact. Yeah. Remember Deep Impact? You remember that movie, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, I, I like that movie, okay. Yeah, they were like, uh, you know, look, they all that weird. There's all these movies coming out around at the same time that had to do with the same thing. Deep Impact and Armageddon. Same movie, just different cast and different, you know, little... Little different details. And then Volcano and Dante's Inferno. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dante's Peak, right? Dante's Peak. Oh, Jake. What a pull. <laughs> what a pull. Deep cut yeah, there, buddy. I think Volcano is a hilarious movie. Yeah. Was that was that Tommy Lee Jones and then Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah. Dante's Peak is definitely the better movie. Volcano looks like there's, yeah. like, a fan machine just right off camera, like, blowing the stupid shit around the whole movie. Both of those movies could also be the titles for pornos, right? Oh, definitely. Volcano. Which one would you rather watch? Dante's Peak. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. I said it so quickly and so confident. I know. I'm just convinced. (laughs) 
was, I was like, I got to choose quickly. It's not one of those moments where you ask me the question. I'm like, oh, I don't know. No, definitely Dante's Peak. Let me pull that over. All right, we got porn to watch. Let's get out of here. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. Just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bags, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patronage. We'll see you next week with episode 251. See ya. Laters. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcast that originally good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, and lower the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say it's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. And the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.